three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 167 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the horrible moods cock, a.k.a. moods. Yeah. And of course, I got my two necrophiliacs. The only way Jeremy can get pussy in the place to be, Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP, and of course the Jew himself, Livestream Larry, a.k.a. Jeremy. And finally, back in the house for the very first time, we have the kid that started those problem child films in the 90s, the love child of Molly Ringwald and Chucky, Jeremy, the gingivitis goofball, a.k.a. Jeremy Herring. What's going on, motherfuckers? Yeah. He's a fag. <laughs> he he named like Jeremy. all things I don't like and combined them into fucking. <laughs> you know, yeah, you called him Jeremy, thing. not Jerry. You fucking idiot! Don't compare yeah, it him with that like piece of shit, bro. Everything possible, like I don't want to be compared with him. Yeah, why would you compare me to a guy who couldn't get laid from a fucking Chernobyl fleshlight? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Radiation and all. Oh yeah, dude. It fucking would be like, no, I'm not trying to fucking. Oh, oh, but his way, my dick as small as yours. So hookers in Russia aren't desperate enough to fuck. Did I call Jerry? Did I call Jerry Jeremy? You know that's gonna happen during the show. It's just too fucking close. I used to, dude. Before I knew Jerry, I called Jeremy Jerry. Well, it's like I mean, I say Jeremy how many times in a show? So I mean, this is it's definitely gonna happen and shit. But really, you don't like Problem Child? I mean, come on, man. I don't know you that well, no, and and just like, me and just me picking out Problem Child and Molly Ringwald when, and Chuck, I mean Molly Ringwald and Chucky. That's kind of funny. Molly right? Ringwald is great. <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I like I, I like Problem Child. Now I watch it and I'm just like, someone commit murder on this child. Yeah, <laughs> you. What do you mean, me? What are you, you talking someone, about? You're in Problem Child, and someone should commit murder, and that's against you. No, people like me. It's weird. No, I don't think so. <laughs> And Jeremy's the most liked person in the podcast yeah, world, right. too. Right? People love me. You're just misconceptions. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell we're getting. Are we getting Jeremy or are we getting the fucking, you know, the character? The figment, I don't know Jeremy. Getting, I guess I you're going to – I don't know if you're going to get a phony. I guess you'll have to figure it out. Are we getting live stream Larry? Are we oh, getting I Jeremy? Know. I don't know. All I know is I contested this episode for about six years now and this is bullshit. <laughs> How do I have to be on the airwaves with such garbage named Jerry, you know? Well, the only good thing that's ever come out of Jerry is the porn that his mom's in. You're you're the cabin that didn't even make sense of podcasting. I was trying to comprehend that too. <laughs> Jeremy know. says jokes that just don't make sense sometimes at all. He has a thing for my mom, which you know it's fair. My mom, you know, she's a good looking woman. Her husband's uh, like fucking six months younger than me. She'd be out there getting <laughs> it, uh, but Christ. she would she still wouldn't have sex with you, Jeremy. So we gotta find you someone who will have sex with you, because jacking off to my mom's Wait, porn willingly? vids. 
Will, uh, yes, we already went over is, this. Like Chernobyl, necro- fuck, fuck me. We okay. went over this. Speaking of one of the movies tonight, is necrophilia considered rape or not? Oh, man, I've had that conversation before. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. <laughs> That's because like technically she's like, not yeah. saying no she's technically Listen, not saying if no if jeremy ever went into like mortuary school i would have red flags everywhere yeah i don't understand why jeremy doesn't go to chicago and get him a little little prostitute there's thoughts all up in there dude With i don't even see why he does from making movies. well first of all there's jerry probably... you would have to pay for the prostitute there's no way that he's putting any loot down yeah, for no that. way Right. Well, quit giving the Patreon money to Mood so we can waste it on fucking importing movies. Exactly. The other way around. Well, just put it this way. If Family Video started offering up hookers, he'd be all over that shit, man. Oh, yeah. Dollar fifty, <laughs> like bro. Two, two for three bucks. And oh, yeah, man. But... I think Jerry's mom hangs out on the front. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So, Jerry, man, welcome to the show. Very first time on. You yeah, started? I've been on live streams. That's right. uh, After a bad 36-hour live stream, which was the worst decision of me and JP's life. You saved us, though, I have to say. Yeah. I think I vaguely well, remember. When I came on, you immediately turned off your camera? <laughs> no, we were just, I was, I don't remember anything that happened that day. Dude, it is like a blur. And I do remember when Jerry came in, I felt like I didn't have to talk as much for a little bit. And it felt pretty good, because I was dead. Yeah. I've been on a live stream with you, Jerry, and I can't remember what it was what were we doing uh, I, I think it might have been a night where we were supposed to record and something <laughs> happened and then we ended up just doing a live stream i'm probably thinking it was that but i do remember doing one with you but probably. vaguely but i was probably really drunk so I don't oh care. yeah i think jeremy got mad because we started talking hip-hop <laughs> well that completely makes sense yeah yeah because that's totally something i'm totally knowledgeable and can talk oh yeah okay. i do you remember don't that. Have to know everything i didn't know shit about hockey earlier and ask moods a bunch of dumb questions you just gotta Oh, fucking dude, ask to find it, out. it was fucking priceless, man. So we're talking in this chat and uh, Jerry asked if the if hockey teams play f- just in Canada or they play the U.S. teams, too. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I thought he was there's fucking only with four teams in Canada. Uh, well, no, I, no, I mean, no, there's seven it, teams in Canada. Dude, <laughs> Calgary, there's seven. Ottawa, Guaranteed Toronto, Canadians, Vancouver, Canadians. Winnipeg. Ottawa, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. The Oilers. There's seven. Yeah, there's. Seven. What a dumbass. Fuck so, you, Jake. So, Isn't that like your second favorite sport? See, I thought he was fucking so? with me, but then he told me that he doesn't know anything about sports. And then he was confused yeah, by the know. national hockey. He's like, if it's national, it shouldn't just be in the same country, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, man. When it comes to sports, I guess there's just no border. You know, I mean. Yeah, th- so we, where is my Latin, um, where Central America Latin hockey team? JP, get on this. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that they're they're taking uh, they're thinking about taking the Chargers to London. Yeah, I heard that too. That's wait, no one you likes can't have hockey in London. No one. No, no, this football. is football. That, that's football. Oh, <laughs> well, you can't have that kind of football in London. They do the other kind of football. Yeah, I know. That, uh, surprisingly, the NFL does pretty big numbers over games. there. Yeah, they do a few uh, games there every year, and yeah, it does really, really well. Surprisingly, it must have be conf- confusing. They're like, yeah, I'm going to the football game there, honey. And it's like, what? Soccer? The football? This? Like, they're oh, so confused because they, yeah. JP's favorite team can't go over there. Steelers can't go over there because you can't been, have guns over there. They've been over there. How? 
Did y'all leave your guns at home? Yeah. <laughs> yep. They I have played, no idea. If uh, I think we played three years ago against Minnesota, I want to say. We played there, and then when we came back, we never won another game. So you, played, you played there a few times. I kind of dig that, actually, that you know these leagues are doing these out-of-country games and stuff. Oh, I, mean, I love it, dude. People hate it, and they talk mad smack on it. I love it. I want there to be more NFL teams. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, man. I think it's the only way to defeat communism. I think it's good. I think it's good for for sport. Like in the NHL, man, they start the season usually like in Japan or something like that. I think it's kind of cool Germany this year. Yeah, Germany, like different countries and shit. I like that. Idea. If uh, cool. moods, if the NFL expanded and put and did like a Canadian team like Toronto or just something like that, would you then become a fan of that or would you stick with the Bills? No, I would stick with the Bills. I know the I Bills are the Ravens because like they had purple jerseys. The Ravens are fucking good. Yeah, I chose them because they had cool jerseys, and my dad gave me a jersey, and he was like, here, this guy got stabbed by his girlfriend and died or some shit. So I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a jersey of some Ray Ravens Lewis. football player that was murdered. <laughs> no, he Ray didn't Lewis beat murders. someone. He Somebody got else. <laughs> like, his girlfriend murdered him. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, shit. Uh, Jerry, crazy. you know why they're called the Ravens. Uh, because they're fans of gothic literature. No, well, it's close. Yeah, that's really close, actually. Because it's, it's Edgar Allan Poe, and he's yeah, from he's Baltimore. From he's, yep, there you go. exactly. He figured yeah, it out. I think is one of the cooler reasons to name your team that. I don't know anything about uh, pigskins, but I know stuff about guys who want to bang their dead cousins. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he banged his live cousin, right? I don't. Really and know. when she was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't rape because he had consent beforehand. <laughs> oh God, uh, that's scary. Ah, oh, yeah, man. So, what we do when we have a new guest on here, man? We do five questions. <clears throat> got to do them. We, we got to do them. Is this, dude, were you listening to Sway in the morning? And you were like, "We've got to do fuck this." Fuck is Sway in the morning, Jeremy? Suit your phone. You, you, you have XM. Is that somebody like Yo Yo? Do you know what I am saying? Kind of radio, dude. Stop being racist, man. That is I got ridiculous. To be <laughs> you don't have to be racist at all, man. Sway, Sway and Tech Man are dope. Yeah, don't tell me, Jeremy. Would, if if a black good girl interviews, man. offered to have sex with you, don't tell me you would say no. But are you saying that I should know? I'm like the whitest no, person alive. No, but you can just shut the fuck up. I didn't say shit when y'all were talking about the Oilers going to London because they <laughs> fucking sell cheeseburgers or some shit. I shut the fuck up and listen and learn. You opened your mouth. Dude, that, that's you had how, to add funny commentary. You didn't open your mouth to add funny commentary. See that's how Jerry figured out the whole Baltimore Ravens thing. Ah, see, yeah. Listening. Paying attention. Good stuff. Good stuff. What are you going to say? Yeah, what oh. were you going to say about uh, the Sway? Oh, yeah. Were you inspired by Sway to, to do your five questions? Is it like the five questions of death? No, no. These are no. – it's, it's honestly more questions just for us. I mean, personally, I, I don't – like I said before, I don't really know you that well. I don't actually don't even know the answers to some of these questions. Like some of the guests we have on here, I generally know some of them. But it's more for like the listeners and stuff just to, oh, to kind okay. of know. Well, if, say they don't number one, I was born in Alabama, but I have not had sex with a dog or a relative. <laughs> Uh, really? Sure. I, I thought that was just how it was. <laughs> no, uh, it's Kentucky is the state that they actually fo- enforce that by law. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Alabama changed it in 1982. 
it was the uh, Jerome versus uh, Vesper case, and uh, they overthrew the law so that people <laughs> would stop so- doing it because. This guy fucked a German shepherd to death. I don't death. know. Me and Mood saw a girl <laughs> suck a dog off one time. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yes, oh, it's seen, so gross. We've all seen the Loveless no, video. No, but that, that one is bad, on. though. That is one of the worst ones because it's just way too long. Way too long. <laughs> just, like, she's she really going to town. The whole time. Oh. She's, like, really fucking blowing this dog. It's fucked but, up. Yeah. 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 That you video was particularly bad. I'll tell you what. If you need to watch that at hand, when you get done with this, go watch Mr. Hands, and it'll make you feel much better. <laughs> Ah, fuck, man. Kentucky cum grass over there, man. Jesus Christ. Ugh. That's gross. All right. Five questions with Jerry. Um, You know, they're kind of all over the place. Some of them are, you know, you've probably heard these before. And a no, to answer your question, I was not influenced by Sway for five questions. Um, I don't know when I started doing the five questions. Probably years ago. But I'm sure Who he's been doing it longer. Questions? I don't know. Who said? Um, okay. They start off easy, man. They start off really, really easy. And again, I actually don't know the the answers to this question in particular. Um, favorite horror film and favorite genre of horror films? Uh, favorite horror film is Jaws. Really? It is. Yeah, it's been uh, there back in the uh, 90s. Blockbuster used to do this thing called Kid Prince. And you take your kid in there and they would interview the kid. What's your favorite movie? How old are you? So if you got kidnapped, uh, they could show the video and be like, have you seen this child? beaten and raped on the street by some homeless guy <laughs> and it would make it easier to find you wow. so i did one and i still have the vhs tape and one day i'm going to transfer it to digital but they're sitting there and they're like how old are you and i'm like five and they're like what's your favorite movie and and like moods kids i answer everything with i don't My know is porno. <laughs> I, I just said <laughs> i don't know my mom didn't make pornos back then it was too expensive it's very cheap now um like jeremy's dates because it's his hand um, so the, my mom off the side was like, what about Wizard of Oz? And I was like, no, it's Jaws. Just <laughs> Jaws. Nice. So there's an actual video of me saying this and That's I'll, pretty one cool. day I'll get it transferred, but it's Jaws. Favorite uh, subgenre in horror? Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, I guess it would be creature feature. I knew I, I I didn't think it would even be hard. I, I was gonna guess that for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I I also separate creature features into two different categories. I have natural creature features and unnatural creature features. Yeah. So like I can divulge even deeper into that, but like yeah, creature features. I like giant alligators and pumpkinhead. Like do you do you consider like kaiju films to be like a subgenre or just no. fall into creature features? Uh, kaiju right films are their own because most kaiju films are sci-fi and not horror. Though there are some that are horror, like uh, the original Godzilla, uh, that is horror, much like the original King Kong to me is horror. Mm-hmm. But mm. there, but mo- and there's a few other Godzilla movies that are horror. I have a criteria that they have to meet to be horror. They have to show direct death. It has to be done in a way that impacts you. It, the monsters can't be acting like fucking superheroes. <laughs> um, so, like, I have, I, I don't label ninety five percent of Godzilla movies horror. They're all. Yeah, I don't really think about it too hard with when it comes to Godzilla. I just like my Godzilla co- collection is in my horror section because they're just giant lizards, you know, um, tearing I, shit up I have and stuff. Separate. But, yeah. All my kaiju stuff goes in a. It goes with my anime. Oh, interesting. Uh, what's your least favorite subgenre? Um, you know what? I, I, this used to be a lot easier because I used to just say found footage. 
I know. I, fu- I struggle like, with this question too, actually. I've been really fucking enjoying some found footage movies. Found footage is good, bro. You just have to um, watch the good ones. So, my least favorite, uh, Stanley Kubrick. It's probably oh, my least favorite. Oh, oh wow. Uh, I just don't, I don't think, I, he's a great filmmaker. I wouldn't, I'm not going to sit here and say he sucks, but um, I really don't enjoy The Shining. And I did a podcast on The Shining where I spent like fucking a week where I watched the movie four times and watched this stupid fucking documentary. And then, oh, that movie's I, horrible. That, oh, that, and then that, I, that shit is so much fun, man. Yeah. I love it. And then I did all this fucking research and then I created my own theory of what fucking The Shining meant to show how easy it is to create theories for that movie. And I was just burnt out. I'm like, I'm never going to watch that movie again. So, um, so you're so like, so you're saying The Shining is like your life force, <laughs> like JP. <laughs> uh, I'm saying The Shining <laughs> is. I can recognize it that it is a great film. Well, like, it's, I can it, it look goes at without. you, Jeremy, and go, Jeremy, you're such a good person. I wouldn't fuck you though, because it would be the the least entertaining thing possible. <laughs> I would rather dig up a puppy and suck its dick than to have to sit in a room with you and eat Olive Garden leftovers. <laughs> And make eye contact. Olive Garden leftovers. Now, God. do you like Olive Garden? That is the it, real it, question. It just sounds yeah, really bad. Actually, I, it sounds I, really I get bad. The, so you I are get real the redneck then. Chicken Parmesan shit, but I take off the fucking red sauce and I make them put Alfredo on it. I mean, oh, that's so redneck, bro. Okay, so yeah. is his favorite Maybe? or least favorite subgenre um, is Stanley Kubrick uh, a, a subgenre or what? <laughs> can, it, it, technically, Stanley Kubrick can do everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, then technically he can be. Yeah, but subject. have you no. seen other Stanley Kubrick films? Like you don't like Full Metal yes. Jacket? Um, I like the first half of Full Metal Jacket. Oh come on! Oh. I don't like the second half. Exactly. Uh, I was actually going to ask that too because I think Kubrick uh, has made. Oh, amazing you know films. what? Uh, I like I do, Orange. I uh, see. I don't. Here's my like problem with Clockwork Orange. Orange. I need a British person or someone who understands British slang to stand next to me and <laughs> just. Explain to me what the fuck they're saying. Trans- See, I felt like that when I was watching Cracker Jack. I had no idea what the fuck <clears throat> was going on. What the fuck is Cracker Jack? Is there was, there was too much slang in there, man. Too much Ebonics for him. He it just couldn't like, figure it out. It was like all like ghetto slang. I had no idea what the fuck they it's were talking about. Ebonics. Just oh, try, okay, to, try gotcha. to be politi- uh, half no, politically I, correct here. I guess I could say I'm not a big fan of the zombie subgenre. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like some of the like big names, but like because I'm not a big fan of like most zombie movies, like I don't like Walking Dead and I don't like a lot of the newer zombie movies that come out. Mm-hmm. Like I still haven't watched Train to Busan and everyone says that's like Korean Korean Jesus Christ movie. So I need to see it. You know what? And I haven't. I think it's really good. Parasite is Korean Jesus Christ movie. I, I want to see that because it's from the fucking director of the host, and I didn't know about this movie until yesterday when my fiance told me about it. Well, it's I won't lie, man. When it comes to modern zombie films, like even this year. I mean, there's been a couple films that have been on my radar, but then, I, you know, I read the synopsis and I'm like, oh, there's zombie films, blah, blah. I just really don't even yeah. bother. I, but I, I am pretty happy that uh, zombie films have slowed down. You know, I think that has a lot to do with maybe The Walking Dead started to suck so much and people aren't as interested in their... It's, yeah. it's, it's a tired it's a tired subgenre too, though. But this year hasn't produced a lot of them, which has been a good thing. But on the flip side of that, this year has been pretty weak as a whole. Anyways, maybe we probably could have used some decent zombie films. But I get what you're saying, man. There was a time. Wasn't there one at Shutter that was good from One yeah, Cut of the one Dead? One Cut of the Dead. I think I've watched, you know, I'm close, nearing 100 films this year. And I think I've maybe watched two zombie films. It's really crazy, actually. I've watched that 11. Is a good, 
2019 films, and that is me guessing. Crazy. That's 11? That, that's, yeah, probably yeah, like 11. He, I don't he watch doesn't do the modern shit like we do. Yeah. I, I paced myself quite well this year. I started in January and just kind of... But, you know, the zombie genre, I mean, the one I did see was pretty good, so I can't really complain. But a few years ago, I was just, it was the same with found footage films. It goes through these, these kind of periods, you know, it kind of goes through these motions where they oversaturate the market and then they just kind of die out and shit. And there was a time where I was like, fuck found footage, fuck found footage, because you were yeah. watching, it was just because the oversaturation was, you know, four or five bad ones to every decent one, right? And. It wasn't even that. It's just I saw the Blair Witch Project and I was uh, like, this "Fuck sucks. you, Jerry." I knew it. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I've, uh, I've, I I like the 2016 movie better. I have really. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus, my God. this is gonna be good. I really, really fucking <laughs> don't even get me started on that fucking movie. Uh, but. I fucked JP over so bad in the uh, fucking uh, podcast 90s. under the stairs '90s series during the round table. We had to like rate all like 20 fucking films uh and the lower it got like it would get like the lowest points so i purposely put the blair witch project as the very last one to get revenge on him for him fucking me over on perfect blue (laughs) we're supposed to do perfect blue this summer but oh no never mind wrong i'm saying deep lucy i'm retarded i can see that uh well i've already made moods do perfect blue I don't know. JP's it's really man. good, man. It's really good. Actually, it's really, really good. I don't know it's if I didn't like it. It was a little bit too weird for me. I never got to like formally thank no, you about like that, it. but that was I watched weird. it. I reviewed it on the show. Gummo. How the fuck is it too weird for you? That's not my favorite <laughs> movie. That's just a 2000. Trying to understand joke. Jeremy's taste in films is like. <sighs> It's See, all you you See, all you fuckers you get, I refute Perfect Blue on the show. You don't even remember. <laughs> you know what? what? I refuted it on the show, yeah. This summer, or last summer. or I refuted it on the show. I don't know. I pay you. Moods extra money, uh, so he sends me a copy of the show that has you edited. Find it. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, Jerry. You so, piece of shit. So, so. Jerry, I never got to formally thank you, you for... A, he gets a special show delivered each I refuted on episode 159, the William Castle show. Oh. Well, I guess I'll have to get Moods to... Well, you don't have to reset. I can go find it on the regular feed. So I can go listen to your review of Perfect Blue. I don't even... Blue. like. I, yeah, fuck. But yeah, you thanks for the Perfect, perfect Blue, though, man. Because that, that was kind of like... You know, I, I'd seen anime films before, but that was kind of like the reintroduction that kind of got me hooked on watching... You know, oh. just animated films in general recently. And, Watched quite a few, and, you know. And y'all did y'all's anime show uh, recently, and it was really good. And um, I, like, because when it comes to anime, a lot of people are just automatically turned off. And that's yeah. why yeah, a yeah, lot of reasons, sure. if I'm going to make someone watch anime, there's two movies, depending on their taste, that I, I'll, I'll make them watch. Akira and Perfect Blue to show them mm-hmm. that, no, this can be a legit movie. It does like, it's not just like anime, Goku, power up, shoot shit. You know, it can be like a real thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> those are great choices, man, completely, because those are actually like bonafide fucking films. Like Vampire Hunter D, you know, it's it's a film, but it's more you know, fan- like, like perfect blue, man. You, you, if you take the context of the film, it's it plays out like a fucking real giallo. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it seems so real. So I, I get what you're oh, saying completely. Uh, it's a great example. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, the mm-hmm. sequel, mm-hmm. plays out like a like kind of updated uh sci-fi horror hammer film like if horror hammer film had like some fucking cyberpunk shit in it that would be vampire hunter deep bloodlust and Mm -hmm. the animation for that is fucking 
gorgeous. Jesus, you say fuck more than me, bro. That was one of the first comments a lot of people left. Well, besides anime horror, question mark, question mark. Like, I got that, like, a million times when we dropped shit, that episode. Man, but, We've but got then, two anime horror episodes on Kill the Cast. They need to get their shit together. Yeah. Learn and then, about it. And then the second comment was, yeah, you guys, y'all need to see... Uh, you know, the sequel bloodlust. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I, I like the first one. So I got to check it out. It, it'll, it'll eventually happen. I mean, we'll probably end up doing another anime show way down the line. Who knows? It probably won't be the sequel. It'll probably be other films Ooh, and stuff like that. But bloodlust and wicked city. Y'all need some weird tentacle shit in there. Yeah. Wicked city is actually one I've had in my list to buy forever. I've never actually seen that one, but you know, so I've heard, well, you know, I, about it. I may or may not be able to hook you up with a, a copy that only exists in a digital file. Um, so, you know, if you so need you it, it's you like, stolen, it is not stolen. I ripped it from a DVD that uh, I own. That's bullshit. I don't believe that. There you go, man. I do want I believe me to go that get the fucking it. DVD and show it to you. <laughs> I do. No, because who it. could see it besides me and you? So what's the fucking point? I'll post it in Twitter. I will post it <laughs> and I will post two novels from Shut the up, Wicked Boots. City fucking uh, series. <laughs> I've got two novels and the fucking movie on DVD. Don't fuck with me, boy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That along all your hip hop singles and all the other usual shit you got. Y'all remember that time that I threw the oh. black coat's daughter in the trash can? Oh man. I, I like how Jeremy, when he's not into something, everything just sucks and is useless. He just I didn't say you it had was the most closed mind. But you just said it was useless. It's not useless, man. It's music. <clears throat> Come on. Music is not useless if you're into that. Um, um Okay. Yeah. So that's that least yeah, favorite yep. subgenre. Okay. Um, <laughs> so who is your favorite ginger actor or character in a horror film? Uh, the guy who screams outlander and children of the corn. <laughs> Courtney Gaines. Courtney Gaines. Yeah. Yes. Mordecai. He's, he's also in uh, Malachi. Malachi. That's it. Yeah. He Mordecai was in a movie that, uh, I think JP did it with us. We did a commentary for it. It, might have been King Cobra, but I think it, it was, was King Cobra. King Cobra. Yeah, and he was in that. the bathroom, like, shooting up the shit. And I made a joke about it being Dan Chase. And it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Uh-oh. Torrance is in the new Doctor Sleeps movie. It's fucking awesome. Stop fucking what telling we... people shit, Dan. Dude, it's a cameo. I, and you know okay. I, but, I mean, you should oh, like the actor that actually hate, plays him? I hate it? when you do that. Like, let me be surprised, motherfucker. You're not even fun. <laughs> that is, I'm literally trying you to have fun. Pissed you're off if to you're gonna spoil life. shit, dude. You wouldn't miss it. You wouldn't know what the fuck he looks like unless I okay, tell you. Okay, hey, possibly. Hey, Jeremy, I really hope uh, a slut makes a cameo in your life. Oh, good one, Jerry. <laughs> uh, that's 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 good though, man. Courtney Gaines. That's like the perfect ginger. Like, I mean, that's like everyone's childhood. He's probably the one coolest ginger. Even though I want to point out that uh, I'm as much of the Shermanator. I want to point out that I'm as much of a ginger as Moods is because we both don't have red hair except in our facial hair. Yeah, it's for the longest time. I, I know we discussed that and I was like, really? I totally thought you had red hair. Crazy. So nope. I but have, I get that all the time because I know I'm always wearing a hat, right? Body. So, yeah. That makes sense. But um, yeah, I, I also pretty much mostly wear beanies. So a lot of times you can't see my hair or it's tucked up in. A man bun? Well, I shave my yeah, head. Yeah, I rock a man bun, Jeremy. I have a horseshoe. I have a horseshoe, and, and so I... My sound bite it. in the beginning's proven. I, You know what? Here's the thing, though. I rock that man bun, and when this show is over, I can go get a blowjob from a woman tonight. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. And I don't have to do it at gunpoint. 
in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy doesn't live in Chicago. Man. Should, he lives in the suburbs. There's no guns from, out there. Uh, from I'm Jerry. nicer. Because he actually has a girlfriend. Yeah, we already yeah, we've already established that. She's got a ring on her finger. Yeah, she's, and she's actually you know decent looking. She's not. She's in there playing Death Stranding right now, so she's watching a movie technically. What's the bitch rate on that? Jerry could probably teach you something. <laughs> Jeremy with a girlfriend. Oh my god, that's a, that's a conversation for a whole show. <laughs> Fuck. That uh, new Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just picturing weird science right now jeremy's that kid yep. it's eventually what he's gonna do just create one okay favorite media label doing big things right now who do you like oh are we talking about like uh putting out blu-rays and shit yeah i i know it, it's it's gonna be kind of a common answer but arrow has the best packaging in the game mm-hmm. well, i vinegar syndrome does packaging <laughs> No, that package slip covers are awesome. Nah, Dude, I, I think covers. I think Arrow's packaging, Arrow's box set. Well, nobody has better slip covers than Vinegar Syndrome. It's just the quality of those things is insane. Yeah, but Vin- or Arrow's box sets are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flat out. Period. They're, I am in love with their boxes. Their limited edition boxes. I just got the old boy limited edition box. Which I was supposed to get that steel case thing, yeah. but I guess they changed it on me, and I'm I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And but yeah, you look at like their fucking Candyman box or like the Cat of Nine Tails box, um, because those are both starting with C's and they're right next to me. Those they're just so fucking good looking. Mm-hmm. I just I'm a sucker for it, for it. And yeah. in fact, I haven't bought anything Arrow in a while because they haven't put out anything I really wanted. But they did put out, like, you know, the Bloodthirsty Trilogy, and no one else was fucking doing that, and they hooked me up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I give it to Arrow because they have the best packaging in the game. They hook I, you up for what? Because no one else was going to put fucking Japanese Hammer Horror-style films on Blu-ray. It was a, it was kind of a shocking release for them. I was, I was quite compelled at that, but I was, you know, thanking the Lord that they did that, because that's amazing. But I do agree, man. Arrow overall... You know, between special features and presentation, man, they are they do really, really great things, man. But nobody has better slip covers in the game than Vinegar Syndrome. And their and Vinegar Syndrome's transfers are ridiculous. Yeah, but the man. thing about I can't give Vinegar Syndrome that much props because you pay five fucking dollars for the slipcover alone. Well, dude, I mean it depends They're high quality. Though. But it depends if you want slipcovers or not. I mean, there's people Look that do. I personally don't give a shit if like but their JP's transfers, a dude, fake are collector. Off, they're you pay five dollars the f- for a slipcover. That's a fake collector. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't see honestly when it comes to that. Like, I don't, the only the only thing that kind of annoys if you get a slipcover for like say a screen fact or you don't get one for a screen fact, that's kind of annoying. But um, you know, for slipcovers in general, I don't really give a shit. But uh, in fact, a lot of my releases, like my eighty-eight film, my Italian collection, I took them all off because the I had only them, thing I had them sporadically. Well, so yeah, I would take them all off too. I took them if all I off. had that. Um, the thing I liked about the thing that annoys me about the Scream Factory ones is because if you get to have both art essentially, right? You get the new art, and if you flip the art on the disc, then you have the slipcover which has the new art, and then the so if you're missing the slipcover, you can only display the one art, which sucks. Mm. Um, the only company I truly care about slipcovers for right now is probably Vestron. I knew you were going to say Vestron. They're fucking numbered. Yeah. Um, there used to be a cool podcast that covered fucking yep. Vestron. Movies, I'm working but... on another episode right now. <laughs> of course he is, man. <laughs> Fuck. 
Um, but actually, man, Vinegar Syndrome is pretty cool, man, because, you know, even with some of the releases, they actually have double-sided slipcovers, too. And, they're, they're, you know, you guys know, you've seen them. They're like fucking, you know, cardboard, man. Those things are, those things yeah. are amazing. But, I also I mean, you know, want to say the Synapse release of Suspiria is the best looking blu-ray transfer i've ever fucking seen just wait till it hits 4k bro oh yeah, dude i can't it does look it does look it ridiculous. looks better than most of my fucking 4k movies already i need that 4k to drop to at least 30 fucking dollars before i jump on it it's at well, like 37 now i'm sure jeremy will sniff it out when it happens it should look amazing considering how much work they put into that and the color um like redoing the colors and shit like that they spent what two years doing that shit it's crazy but yeah, I think for yeah, transfer and, wise and, overall as a company, though, Vinegar Syndrome's right at the top. Like it's yeah. it's just incredible what they're doing with some of these movies. It, it fucking blows my mind to be honest. But yeah. there's just so many good labels out there putting out so much good shit. But yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, you can't argue with Arrow, really. Best box and you know, I'm a sucker for box sets. I'm a box set collector. Yeah. So every time they put out something that I you know, I some of the new special editions like the uh, Werewolf in London kind of, you know, special edition. I actually didn't pre-order that because I'm actually not a big fan of the movie. I'm just going to wait for the standard release of it and I'll, I'll grab it. But I didn't want to spend, yeah. you know, like 40 bucks it's- on that. And I've passed on a few like the Necromantics because I have the epic, um, the cult epic releases and stuff. I'm like, you know, whatever. I don't need these premium editions for that. But mm-hmm. as for box sets and stuff, like, like I pretty much have them all. I love Arrow's box sets. But I got to say, man, Screen Factory is definitely stepping up their box sets. I know a lot of people aren't too fond of like the Vincent Price ones and, you know, those what? kind of like single Look fat packs. I love my fucking three volumes of Vincent Price. No, me- I think he means the quality of the no 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 not box. yeah it's it's not the quality oh of the films yeah no and, that it's it's a sleeve it's, it's just the same it, thing as a fucking sleeve it's just the presentation right i mean i'm cool with it yeah. it saves a lot of room because that's kind of thing that i but, deal with with all of us collectors but i will say they stepped up their shit with the the omen box set it's oh, very yeah, it's very reminiscent mine. of the house box set by arrow you know it's the same yeah. thing it's a hard box well, with the with the individual and the critters box the set was like, like that too and the so critters the and the and the rack yeah and so that's what i was leading that so yeah they've stepped it up with those type of box sets so you know i'm curious to see what they're doing and well, um, their nightbreed box set was that good thick cardboard yeah, that was their but best I, early one well they, i will say they did that with creep show too um, scream factory you fucked me over because you were putting out the black cat from 1931 on blu-ray and i was so fucking excited and then the like the presentation not the movies itself but like the case and the box and the artwork you fucked that up we had this beautiful artwork from joel robinson and over some shit because i'm still not sure what happened they threw away all that artwork and they gave us this like really puny release damn yeah on the the universal sets yeah yeah but I mean, you know, overall, like I, I'm digging those Universal sets. You know, it's nice to have all those films and stuff. And I have actually watched all the movies in there. And fuck, dude, I, I always forget how amazing that film is. The Black Cat. Well, the like Black Cat oh, from thirty. Oh my from thirty-one. Top ten favorite film of all time. It's really we do the Black Cat, and we didn't like it that much. It, it's Y'all are just cat people. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, the Black Cat. This is a really interesting interpretation of the of the post story. It's really dark for like 1931 for them to do that oh, and be that well, dark pre, with it. It's pre haze code. Yeah. It literally came out right before the pre for the fucking haze code hit. Yeah, true. and it was yeah. and it sucks because we never got to see this director go on to do anything great. Mm-hmm. What the fuck could, is the haze code? The haze like code is when they were like, yeah, it would. They they were like. You can't make movies where the monster doesn't die at the end. You and can't, you can't make a movie somebody kissing for longer than three seconds. Yeah, yeah. there was all these stupid no. fucking things. Yeah, it was. Oh, so you mean like right now? 
pretty yeah. much. Um, but the director, <laughs> it's a, it's a he never got to do anything good after that because mm-hmm. he banged one of the producers at Universal Studios' wife and ended up getting her to leave him to get with him. And he got blacklisted and made shitty movies for the rest of his life because he couldn't work at any big studio. Yeah, exactly. That's why guys only think with their dicks. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, you're better than Besides me, yes, we know. But I mean, just the performances by Karloff and... Oh and and fucking Lugosi and that it's just it's such a great film like I had rewatched I hadn't seen it in years and then just watching it with this beautiful new transfer and stuff I was like fuck man it, but it's the story is so damn dark you just don't see shit from that era like that very that's often how I, that's how I felt watching the uh, the wax museum House movie. of Wax House of Wax that shit is fucking good man yeah, I didn't know uh, that was that good it's really recently good, yeah. recently done on Kill the Cast check that episode out we'll give you all that sexy information and it's Jeremy Free yep <laughs> Jerry do you still buy DVDs are you, are you just like a f- Blu-ray type guy I will buy a DVD if it is cheap and I don't see it coming out on Blu-ray for a long time like if I come across like Carnosaur three on DVD, I'll buy it. Even though like I have it on Laserdisc, if I find it on DVD, I'll buy it because it's it. I don't think the Carnosaur films are going to come out on Blu-ray for a long time. And the quality is probably the same as the Laserdisc anyway. To be honest, it's funny probably. that those Carnosaur films always get brought up in like I don't. I don't go through the Screen Factory pages anymore because I always get banned if I do <laughs> read their shit and comment. But I always see people commenting about Car- the Carnosaur films. And Dude, I, I wouldn't be surprised too. if those actually eventually come out from somebody. I mean, I could see somebody Doesn't, like Vinegar Syndrome putting those Aren't they in the Corman up. library? Yeah, yeah, they're, cor- they, yeah they're in the Corman they, library. And yeah. Carnosaur 1 is fucking awesome. Carnosaur 2 is the fucking aliens of dinosaur films. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's a minute, awesome. man. I have all the movies. It's been a minute since I've seen them, but I remember really digging the first one. It's pretty fun. So what, yeah. what were the, what were the, like the, the pseudo sequels, like the Raptor films? Are those like... Uh, oh, uh, Raptor and yeah. fuck, was Eden something. Yeah, yeah. Something. I, I remember Matt telling me about it. I was like, really? I didn't even know that one was connected. Yeah. I just knew Raptor was like the unofficial fourth one or some shit like yeah. that. I don't like yeah. fuck. That's like the Scanner movies, right? You got the three Scanners and then you got scanner like cop. the Scanner Cop chill, uh, two films. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Scanner Wait, Cop. There's a Scanner's Cop. Scanner Cop, the first Scanner Cop is better than Scanners 2 and 3 put together. Fuck those movies. I like Scanners that's, 2 and 3. That's the worst double feature Screen Factory ever put out, is that double features of Scanners 2 and 3. <laughs> it's gross. Hey, man. Somebody are, needs to put out The Watcher with Ham. Yeah, man. It's fun. I watched that earlier this year. Danny actually bought me a copy of that, and it's, fuck, that's a fun movie, man. It is a fun movie. It is, yeah. That, that I wouldn't be surprised that eventually comes out, because I believe the, the DVD here has been out of print forever. So. Oh yeah, um, are you four gay yet? Jerry? Me? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm four K. Cool. I uh, I I go to Five Guys. I load up there. <laughs> then I get home. I uh, <laughs> put on my uh, four gay and uh, light a candle. How do those four gays look in four gay? Oh, oh they God. look amazing. They look so good. Have you ever pictured the opposite of Jeremy? There's so much veins. <laughs> I can see all the veins. Gross. Like, I was like, looking, watching something, and I was like, I think I can see the vein about to burst in this fucking dude's eyeball right now. <laughs> now, now you got me picturing Jeremy in four gay eating fucking chicken McNuggets in his Jeep. Fuck. I would like to see <laughs> just Jeremy shoving him eat, down. Uh, 
chili cheese fries with a fork. Nah, I don't like chili, so... And you don't, I don't like chili. Fuck what you like. You do what we say. Who the fuck doesn't okay? like chili? What a weird thing not to like. That's get the Hormel chili with no beans. That's, I don't like beans, so I just get it with no beans, man. Yeah, but everywhere probably already has the fucking beans, so... No, you can, no go to Sonic. Sonic doesn't put beans in their chili. Bam. Go get chili, yeah, chili, chili cheese fries like, in there and do yeah, a live stream where you're oh, eating I it. I love beans, man. I fucking eat beans. Oh, yeah, that's why you fucking fart all the time. They're fucking healthy as shit, dude. Anyways, um, how long have you been collecting yeah, for, Jerry? you lost 40 pounds, you fucking asshole from eating oh. just strictly beans yeah man that's yeah what, that's what you do all it's, beans. Just, it's high protein and fucking yeah actually it's funny if you eat enough beans you just don't fart anymore it's weird he, it's he, like the weirdest he thing eats beans and does the tybo vhs tape <laughs> of course i do <laughs> it's the best workout ever man fucking billy blanks over here um how long you been collecting for uh movies yeah um, were you one of those no, late video bloom- games? Were you one of those late bloomers and got into it like in the last ten years, or did you start like, say, the beginning of DVDs back? In- well, how old are you, Jerry? I am thirty-one. So you were born eighty-eight. Oh, yeah, so, so you were born in eighty-eight. Yeah, that was a fun year. Yeah. So I'm uh, thinking by ninety-seven when DVDs came out, you were eight. I doubt you were collecting them. So uh, I do remember what my first two DVDs were. Mm-hmm. It was. The shitty movie Shark Hunter <laughs> and Akira. What? Uh, wow! Decent start. What was your What was your first? What was everybody's first DVD? Oh my I don't, I remember my first Blu-ray. What <laughs> was your first Blu-ray? I absolutely Midnight did. movie. Midnight. I think my really? first. Oh wow! Crazy. Blu-ray was Pirates of the Caribbean three. Or yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean three. I think was my first Blu-ray because I was like, I'm not getting into Blu-ray. I've got all these fucking DVDs. You can't get Godzilla on Blu-ray. What was what yours? Was your uh, 4K. Oh. Um, my first blue. My I don't remember my first DVD, um, but it was probably a. It was honestly probably like Leprechaun Four or something. Wow, that's I a terrible by, start. I would have just gave like, up collecting <laughs> DVDs at that point. <laughs> it was one. It said like special edition on the side. Yeah, those are. Hey, ugly. JT those are was so very ugly. excited to see someone his size could make it in the movie industry. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it actually didn't have a single special feature on it, but it had special edition like in a huge chunk on the side of the case. That's how the Hellraiser three DVD came out too. It was that, like that same company, same yeah. company, um, but. Uh, the, my first Blu-ray was actually American Psycho in 2010. I bought got my first Blu-ray player in 2010. Uh, first oh. Blu-ray was American Psycho. Actually, I know what mine was. Which I don't even really care for. And then my first 4K was um, Halloween. Wow, you don't like American Psycho. I really need to go return some VHS tapes right now. It's crazy, man. It's it's He's not a big fan of The Shining, which you're not either. But then the American Psycho thing just it's weird to me. Um, my very first I DVDs. JP gave The Shining a ten out of ten. <laughs> I I just because I rate it high does not mean I'm a big fan of it. We know. Yeah, I give I give The Shining on a, on a ten class bag. It's a ten out of ten without a doubt. I wish it didn't involve so much about the dude having his son blow him, but you know it's a good movie. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, my very first DVDs, man. I pre-ordered the Nightmare on Elm Street box set uh-huh. in, in 1999. So you made a bad decision. No, <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite it's, items I own to this day. You know, it's funny Why? because you you can get that set for like suck. twenty bucks now. No, dude. Oh, that's right. You're not a nightmare fan. It's my, favorite, it, it's my favorite franchise, hands down. But you know, you know, the funny thing is, I pre-ordered that for my Rogers video back in 1999 for a hundred dollars. It's crazy. 
That yeah. actually seems kind of cheap to me. It, it really does it, seem. It, it cheap. may have been 120. I don't know. It was it was 100 plus, but maybe 120. But I digress. But the funny thing is, I never got a DVD player until 2002. <laughs> so I remember watching these oh, over wow. over at my buddy's house. Is that you didn't just his, get a PS2 like we all did? We just got PS2s. Um, yep. I don't. That was I, my first DVD player. I think I got my PS2. I think that was my no. Maybe it was 2001. I don't know, but yeah, I did have a PS2. But anyways, actually, it, I don't think I owned a fucking actual DVD player in my whole fucking life. Well, when did the, <laughs> when did the PS2 come out? 2001. 2001. Yeah. So I got yeah, I got one in 2000. So yeah, so whatever. The point is, I couldn't watch them right away. I had to watch them over at my buddy's house and things like that. I I do remember what my first Blu-ray was. It was actually when I got my PlayStation Three. And I, rem- 3. I remember getting this PlayStation 3 and they had this weird kind of offer thing where if, when you bought this thing, you could pick like, I think it was 10 Blu-ray or 8 Blu-rays from this list. You oh, send it yeah. In. I and see, we just that. got, we just got Spider-Man too. 3 packed in with it. Yeah, see, I didn't get that. So I, I picked out like, I think it was 8 or 10. I don't know. But anyways, when the, when the Blu-rays came to me, um, I only got like half of the ones I picked because all the other ones, and it did say while well, quantities last, so you weren't guaranteed to get all the ones you picked kind of thing. And I'm like, okay. So I got like four or five, and the very first one I pulled out of the pack was fucking House of a Thousand Corpses. And now the interesting thing about that Blu-ray is still one of the best looking Blu-rays ever. And this is like mm-hmm. back in the beginning of 2007, I want to say, right when Blu-rays, but I didn't really even start buying Blu-rays regularly until probably 2010, 11. Like I was still like DVD and still watching VHS tapes and shit. And I was like, Fuck this Blu-ray because they were so expensive. When did when did Blu-ray like launch? Oh six. Oh six. Yeah. See, I was way behind on Blu-ray. I didn't get Blu-ray until 2010. But the thing is, I waited because remember it was the battle between HD DVD and Blu-ray, and then when yeah, that only lasted a little bit though, right? It's because it's because PlayStation put out the Blu-ray or they had the Blu-ray player in the PlayStation threes, and then just it fucking won. It won the battle. Yeah, if the Xbox would have had HD DVD. In it the did. fucking Xbox, no, you had to buy a separate thing. Yeah, but I'm saying if it if it was like in built yeah. in, it could have changed the entire format more. I think that I still think PlayStation would overtake it with Blu-ray, though. To be honest, well, I've got a I can send you a like video that, that kind of goes through the whole Blu-ray versus HD DVD thing, and it breaks it down. Mm-hmm. And HD DVD is still the only way to get half baked on HD. That's funny yeah, that that yeah, hasn't been re released. It's weird, right? Nope. It's the only way to get it in HDs. And uh, P2, it's the only way to get it on HDs. I wonder why that one hasn't been re-released. I see those every once in a while. I was thinking about buying them one day and and buying a player just for fun. I remember seeing the clearance sale at Future Shop before it became Best Buy, and there was 25-cent fucking HD DVDs. (laughs) It was, like, full, and I was like, nah, pass. Almost as good as the uh, old... Did y'all ever see those, like, DVDs and Blu-rays that were, like biodegradable and you can yeah. only watch them like one or two times and yeah. then they destroy themselves yeah <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck you could get yeah. them in circuit city they were like trying yep. to uh they were trying to uh get rid of like rental houses so you would go to circuit city and buy them and then once you take the disc out of the case they would the air would like activate something in the, the disc fuck? and it would and it would eat it after you put it on the laser once your laser hit it it That's would like ridiculous. eat it That's the yeah, stupidest it, thing I've ever heard <laughs> ridiculous well there's, it did a, there's not a youtube video of it try and find it i'm pretty sure you and i probably watched the same youtube video yeah wow but Divi i X. can't show you an awesome fucking video that explains the fucking blu-ray hd dd hd dvd thing mm-hmm. uh and how like they had uh like 
different movie studios yeah, back I saw that too. Uh, the I think it was the Stop Skeletons from Fighting Channel. It's fucking man. That, yeah, that the video format awesome. wars are a cool thing. I, I like looking into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still haven't gone for a gay yet. So have I done all the questions yet? Uh, no. These are like sub questions. Yeah. Do, oh, okay. Do you have a favorite media release in your collection? Ah, uh, who? She's ha ha. I'll tell you one thing. It's not new Criterion Godzilla set. <laughs> You're not uh, digging that we packaging either. Down right? on that. I know. Why? Why would you put Heisei Godzilla on a Showa Godzilla set? Like, I'm not gonna blame Criterion for the shit that Toho did because I know Toho always does this shit, and that's why we didn't get fucking teacher dubs and AIP dubs and other and the only dubs we got for like four of the fucking. 15 or all the shitty international does because toho is a cocksucker i don't also understand why, the the logic behind that <clears throat> toho doesn't want anything that they don't have control over out there anymore so they do not like dude they uh like will will be like you can't put this commentary track on on the dvd when godzilla versus megalon came out on dvd yeah um like fucking 10 years ago they had to scrap all the special features last minute because Toho was like, no, we don't approve any of these. So they had to scrap them, but then there was a mix-up at the factory and a bunch of the DVDs got out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Pressed the wrong one because I have one of those DVDs. With the... But Toho just does all that shit. Uh, it fucking... So yeah, I don't blame them for that. See, I don't understand... I don't understand the whole logic behind so like it. like David mean, Lynch. I, I don't understand the whole logic. You know, Tahoe is, you know, the they're basically Tahoe. renting... A, <laughs> ta- what's that? He said Tahoe. Whatever. So they're, rent, they're renting out the rights oh, to funny. their movies, you know, it's a fucking, you know, criterion. You know, they're they're going to fucking recoup those rights in no time kind of thing. Um, I don't understand. They're just making money off this shit. What does it matter to them anyways about the features? Toho is still pissed off about 1998 TriStar Godzilla. I'll be honest with you. That really, like, they fucking were so pissed off about that that mm. after that, they, if you want to do anything with Godzilla, like when Legendary went to go make another Godzilla movie, they were handed a Godzilla Bible. And they were like, you have to fit all of this criteria. Are you, are they perfect. forgetting that these are Godzilla films? Bro, you know Like, they're treating on? it like it's the holy, Godzilla. like, I mean, I like Godzilla Didn't films, but come on, man. Money this Godzilla is ridiculous. Makes? Oh, Godzilla for sure. Fucking makes bank. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I mean, still, they're gonna put, they're letting Criterion put their films <laughs> out, but not the features and stuff. Like, where's the logic yeah. in this? It doesn't even it make does. sense oh, to me. The special features on the Criterion set are also fucking garbage. Especially since I know that they bought some of the rights from the classic media mm-hmm. uh, DVD releases. So why weren't those commentaries fucking on there? Well, that's that's like, my yeah, point. That, that that whole set was a mess. Like we were we, when it was announced, like because. Derek and Sam and all them are big Godzilla fans. We were talking in chat, and I was like, "I was like, wow, this is not a good set. This is not Criterion quality. No, like, Criterion is it is the not. best. You it know is, what I mean? It, At least that's how they were perceived for years. It's pitiful, but you know what? I'm a sucker, and I bought it. So you know, there's that. I, I mean, I just it's not on. the only thing you suck. I think it was oh, a lot no. of people bought that set, man. What'd you end up paying for that thing? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, so everyone's getting it now for what, like one seventeen, one twelve forty nine, one twelve forty nine. That's a fair price. So yeah, it's pretty I good for what it. getting. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, for one hundred bucks, it's it's not bad for fifteen movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I paid a hundred and like 
75 for it. Fuck. That was a yeah, pre- that was bad. a pre-order? That was a pre-order? I, yeah, pre-order. I pre-ordered through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like the lowest it ever got was like 160 something. So with that plus fucking tax, it was it was like 175 or some shit. Damn. And um Yeah, I was not happy and it was just one of those things where it's just like sometimes you pay the price for being up too much of a fan of something. Yeah. Because with other like I was I don't know. I've been burned on Godzilla releases before in the way that they come out and then they go out of print so fucking fast. Yeah, for sure. That they yeah. shoot up in price like the Godzilla versus Biolante Blu-ray. And I guess I was scared that, that was going to happen. Dude, that's the typical mind of a collector though, man. Because once you get into this game and you start to recognize the trends of these certain type of movies and shit, you're like, fuck, I need to get this right away because it's going. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and, yeah you know, I, and you know for a fact that Criterion only has the rights to this for very little time. So yeah, like, I know how Toho plays. They don't, exactly. You know that shit is Isn't it a limit? It's a limited, isn't it? I believe so. I never but really looked still, into it. Like, I, I, even from the Criterion fanboys who were like all pissed off, like, why is Godzilla number 1,000? I agree with you. I understand it's a big release, but like, why is this your 1,000th release when you literally put less effort than fucking Jeremy getting laid. Oh my God, it's like the 10th late joke. Jesus Christ, I get it. Um, He's starting to get butt hurt now. Oh! I don't know what my favorite release is. Like, I, I kind of want to say the Arrow Hellraiser box set because... Which one? The standard or the... Bitch, no. We got that fancy shit. Yeah, the Scarlet Gauntlet. Yeah, we over here like fucking Cameron in the fucking pink jacket with this motherfucker. Honestly, that Scarlet Box is one of my favorite oh, releases. God, so see, good. I personally did. I actually like the. See, I, I like box sets, but I do like them a little bit more plain, like just straight up box. You know, keep cases in there and shit. Like I like that shit. I like fancy ones yeah, too, but that one just I, it seemed a little bit odd to me, just the way it was kind of designed and stuff. And I was like, and it was it say, was fucking expensive too. And I was like, you know what, I might want to just wait for the standard ones. I want to so. gripe something real quick. Yep. Uh, Arrow, where is my fucking limited box set of Tenebrae? Yeah, I mean, Cat yeah. and Nine Tails, Crystal Plumage, Deep Red, Phenomena. Where is my Tenebrae? I don't even. I, I know. I well, am thinking maybe that they, Arrow is either losing, but the UK one. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, they could yeah. put out a UK. I can import. I'm region free. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it might be a rights thing too. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they have. They have the rights to Tenebrae, right? It, they've if, released if, Tenebrae. If they have, but I'm just wondering if they still it's have just, the rights. I have every other Dario Argento release they've done in the limited edition box sets. Mm-hmm. And then they just like drop the ball for Tenebrae. My Tenebrae is Arrow, right? I mean, they probably do still have it. I mean, look what they did with the Bava films. They re-released a box set with all their previous releases because they're yeah. losing all the rights to Fair. the Bava films right now. Oh, so they, It was their last hurrah <clears throat> to, to the people like, hey, buy this box set because this is what this is the I, last shit you're getting before we lose the rights I kind really of thing. I so. really wish I would have grabbed that Bava box set. That is one I'll probably eventually try to pick up when someone sells it in a Facebook group because they need money for Coke. Wait, <laughs> Bava, I, there was a Bava box set. Yeah. Oh it's, my it's god. All the yes, previous release, but I, I, it is it is really nice and stuff. But I mean, I have all the previous individual releases, so I was like, "Fuck it." From know. Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so we're you know, talking about JP. I don't Bava, remember this. Bava is tied into our director tonight. 
Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, well, did you say what your favorite media release was? Uh, I said I'm. Ge- I guess I'm going to have to go with the Hellraiser Scarlet okay. Box because I really don't. I, oh, you know what? Arrow's release of the thing. Oh yeah. That sorry. and the Steelbook, the limited edition of the Steelbook together, because I hold both of them, and I just rub them on my nipples a lot with butter. They're both still sealed, so the butter doesn't hurt them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think I have a favorite one. I mean, I, I, I love really that don't... Elm Street box set, the DVD set. I mean, but it's nostalgia reasons. Mm, my Matango on DVD, maybe that one. I think one of my favorite things in my collection is something that is pretty, it's not expensive. Like, you know, I don't look at things like that. You know, there's more expensive things. They're not my favorite because they're more expensive. But I think one of my favorite things in my collection actually is still the original Anchor Bay Dawn of the Dead set. Um, the black one. The oh, black, yeah. I have, a, I have a signed George Romero version of that. I've got, well, you know what? I've got Ken Forey signature on mine and it was just it was a big deal but it was always one like one of my favorite things and i have more obscure and better sets and stuff but that one always just meant everything to me i like that i need to get a plastic and put mine in it because it's getting it's not it's getting old you know it's not horror but uh i've got the sinbad box set from indicator yep and that thing is fucking beautiful indicator does amazing so that's that's an underrated company right there man their sets are just whew Oh yeah, I got all those fucking hammer ones and shit, and the oh. uh, William Castle ones and shit. Oh yeah, they're really nice, man. Really nice stuff. But oh yeah, um, oh, moving along, man. Hot dogs. Great. How are you doing hot them dogs. up? Um, you, you know, I was supposed to have chili cheese hot dogs for dinner tonight, and oh. I put it off because I was like, oh well, no, it's getting too close to recording. <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> shit yourself all the time. I mean, uh, if you're, if no, you're an avid listener of the show, we fart a no, lot on this. No show. beans. No beans. Oh, that's right. I no do beans. no beans. Uh, when it comes to hot dogs, I either, if I, I either do chili cheese hot dogs where I just have the hot dog, mm-hmm. uh, Hormel chili, no beans, and shredded cheese, or I do just the simple hot dog, ketchup, mustard, oh mayonnaise. Oh, my God. Ketchup. I don't, See, <laughs> Jeremy's losing his mind. I was hoping you were going to say ketchup. <laughs> I don't fuck around. I don't like to fuck around and, like, at, like it's even the same thing with burgers. Don't put all this fucking rabbit food on there. Put me some Don't ketchup. Put rabbit put food. You mustard. put fucking ketchup put, on it. Yeah, ketchup. Yeah, rabbit ketchup is nasty. like one of the main fucking. It's the most popular. You condiment. know what, Jeremy? Just yeah, because burger, you're a fucking, a fucking communist doesn't dog. mean the rest of us are. Dude, okay? I would. Ra- I, America, I would rather. And we have... put ketchup on burgers and hot dogs. Yeah, I put it on burgers, not hot dogs. Though that's dude, fucking nasty. It, you're from Chicago. Y'all eat fucking, fucking hot dogs off the ground. <laughs> dude, hot dog, hot dog. Yeah, it's still probably better than your hot dogs. Fuck, I wish you could eat hot dogs right now, man. You can oh. come try my hot dog, Jeremy. <laughs> I'll give you some action. All right. I'll be tender with you, baby. It was a setup. <laughs> uh, it was a setup. Sometimes they just fall right into his mouth. Have you ever had a Chicago dog before? Fuck no. They put all that weird shit on there, man. <laughs> It's funny, man. Who's I swear, hash? everybody Who's from hash? Chicago is just like tunnel vision with that shit, man. It's like everyone that's outside the box is like, Chicago dogs are fucking weird. Fuck Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I say our pizza is weird too, but guess what? It's fucking good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of deep dish, but I I, I like thin crust, so that's kind of like I I, prefer, I like thin crust pizza. To be honest, deep dish is a little bit of an acquired soup, taste. Dude. It, it's it's too much bread. bread. It's because what am it's I so- fucking Italian? It's not even that so much bread. There's so much cheese. There's literally like fucking three uh, inches of cheese on those things. It's crazy. It's like a brick. I, 
I'm I'm not allowed to talk bad about cheese in this house, or my fiance will beat me. <laughs> so I personally thought the deep dish that Jeremy fed me was awesome. I thought it was amazing. But I'm sure. Is it weird, yeah. Wait, Jeremy? When did you start calling your ass deep dish? <laughs> 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 and and moves. Did you knew from the get go that you knew? were going to eat his ass? Did you knew? Yeah, I said it like you're like Canadian. Canadian. That's a the only thing you ever move? have. That's the only thing you ever have is Oh, you said well, you I agree because of, Well, you know what, Jeremy? No. Thanks for making fun of my speech impediment. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You jerk. <laughs> yeah, he he informed anyway. I agreed to it because we had an agreement that his mom could watch too and stuff, so that's really where it was at. Yep. Is Jeremy just really into moms? He's into watching my mom fucking. He's into watching or uh, having his mom watch. Jeremy, when you jack off to my mom, does your mom watch? Totally. You jack off? Yep. Really? Yep. Does she like, <laughs> does it ever get annoying when you're about to come and she's like, honey, do you want some of your juice box? And you're like, bitch, I'm trying to come. No, that's Jerry's mom's fucking... taking it in the fucking face right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is X rated. This, this shit did get X rated, man. Oh, I've heard your show before. This is nowhere near as bad. No one's even said the N word yet. That's <laughs> uh, because he's not reviewing Cracker Jacked or the yeah, Hip Hop Witch tonight. No, we didn't say during the Hip Hop Witch. I don't remember. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm assuming some shit was probably said. I don't remember. Um, I want to let everyone know you that uh, enjoyed the hip hop witch commentary. You're welcome. I was glad to make that happen for oh, you. Fuck that shit. Um, was ridiculous. No That's right. Was, you did. You you paid for that. Yeah. Yeah. I would also like to uh, say things that I've done for this show also include uh, starting the uh, long going series of making Jeremy watch shitty movies. I started that. Yeah, holy uh, shit. One through four. Man, I always thought that Mikey Fisher gave us the hip-hop witch, because that is totally nope. down his fucking road of shit. Nope, that was me. I wanted to piss off Jeremy. Actually, he's uh, nice I, to me and, J- and me and JP, though, man. It's fucking I'm hilarious. nice to you, too, also. It's just Jeremy. Because, and you know what? Let's also say, I uh, not only had Jeremy create the Hall of Fuckers, I was the first inductee into yes. it. Yep. And oh, Damn, Jerry actually had a lot of influence and on that we don't know about. <laughs> Jeremy started this whole war against me because of a review I left on episode 99 of 22 Shots because it was a hatchet, hatchet. review. Yeah. And was it was the and JP fucking murdered that. It was the and literally I've heard the worst hatchet review in podcast history. <laughs> and I've heard the best review in podcast history yeah jp so, lost his mind stuck in that movie dick in that oh one, my man. god and dude it was like my it was like my second episode of 22 shots of movies and horror i've ever heard so i didn't know who the fuck jeremy was i didn't know who the fuck <laughs> well he was. he was on the show i was gonna say he wasn't, that was Derek's last show i think so yeah, jeremy was me. off the show for like 30 episodes yeah 99 dropped and i was like oh shit i've only heard one episode before i just started listening to guys i'm gonna pop this in blew my mind it was fantastic I went on to iTunes to give them a cocksucking review about how great they were, and I turned into episode 100, and it was literally some new guy just <laughs> fucking ripping me a new asshole out of fucking nowhere. And I'm just like, what did I do? I felt betrayed. I felt like that scene in Cabin Boy where Chris Elliott gets put on a raft and given chocolate milk and put out the fucking drift. And I was like, well, what? What the fuck happened? And, uh, so I would just like to state um, that um, my place in the history of the uh, 22 shots 
is all because I innocently left them a good review on iTunes yep. and didn't got, mention Jeremy got, because I didn't know who he was you got because Jerry. he was a cunt and not on the show. <laughs> you got Jerry with the Hall of Fuckers. You got Sack with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the legendary Texas Chainsaw Massacre because Sack. That's about it. The two people yeah. who influenced the show. Yeah. Wow. That's to, quite. Uh, the, that's quite the history. I think. I think Jerry's contributed more than you have. Probably. <laughs> so you started listening that's to the shit. show like <laughs> late. Oh yeah, I didn't listen to like any fucking horror podcast. Okay, so I had so no what idea. What happened was yeah. is I was I was doing a retro gaming podcast. I stopped. Um, then I started doing a horror podcast and I wanted to go find more shows to listen to mm-hmm. so that I could kind of hear what people were doing well. And, um, I started listening to the Skeleton crew and, uh, y'all were on the same network as them. But then I saw your name was 22 shots of moods and horror. And I was like, I am not about to listen to a bunch of fucking assholes, get drunk and review horror movies. <laughs> so I didn't listen to it. And then that is fucking funny, man. <sighs> I just thought it was a bad name, so I was like, "Fuck that." Um, it is a, a bad lot of name. a lot of people tell us that. <clears throat> yeah, and then someone I can't remember who it was. It might have been Dave Z. Nobody um, has a worse podcast name than Dave Z and Watson. Man, that is the <laughs> oh worst God, podcast name ever. Uh, I love you both, but new no, sir. Well, I've told them both that. free to their faces. <laughs> I was skyping oh, yeah. Watson one um, day. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it was Dave Z who was like, "No, no, no, listen to Twenty Two Shots. They're real good." And so I did, and I actually don't remember what my first episode was, because I think I just picked one at random and listened to it, but the second episode was Hatchet, and it was phenomenal, but then with episode 100, every episode just got worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> what about, that, like, that was two, two episodes ago when Jeremy wasn't here, the anime show? That oh, that show was fucking awesome, man. I was rocking the <laughs> shit out of that. That was a missed opportunity earlier. I did think of that joke earlier when he was talking about the anime shows, thinking that when he was saying it was so good, but he didn't say the punchline. Well, well yeah. I guess Jeremy no, wasn't there. Next week's show, then, too, because Jeremy's not going to be here. And episodes <laughs> the other day, the Hell House trilogy episode, and that episode was really good. I couldn't put my finger on why it was so good. <laughs> but it was fucking awesome man it took y'all forever to talk about the fucking movies but you know y'all eventually got there well, it's, it's not, I mean that's why there's show notes right if you don't want to listen to this I know I eventually looked and was just like how much longer do I have before they talk about a fucking clown mannequin moving god damn yeah we uh we are it's funny most of our show is not the title of the show <laughs> it, is, it is not I think one time I told someone about the show and I was like, oh yeah, they want a horror podcast. So I was naming a bunch and I was like, well, check out 22 shots. Uh, but I was like, heads up. Here's a few warnings. One, don't pick an episode just because you strictly want to hear what's in the title. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Two, That's good. I like that idea. Uh, man. That's great. They, they fight like fucking, uh, a, Two different families brought together through fucking marriage <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day. But they love each other, but they do fight a lot. Oh, that's uh, great. God forbid anyone brings up choppy editing. <laughs> um, and then three, understand that sometimes they embellish on their character that they portray on their show. And one of them Blurry editing, maybe takes it a little too far, but it's part of the charm. It is. I didn't say the part of the charm part. 
to be honest. <laughs> but for the air, I'm going to say Can I Can you did. guys hear the fire whistle going off? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's Silent Hill. Thank God JP's finally going to die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into this. Uh, Argento or Fulci? Got to do it. It's the tally month. Um, you know, I have to say... I like Argento movies more. <clears throat> okay. But they don't get me as horny as Fulci. That's tough. Um, yeah, I've seen more Argento, so I'm going to go Argento, even right. though Zombie is a very special movie in my heart. Oh, man. Pierce I, I think Argento is the only answer. Uh, no. That's just, that's just absolutely ludicrous to say that. That's. I mean, I don't own a single Argento. Argento made the VHS, card player, but I have Zombie on VHS. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm rocking the Zombie shirt right now, man. You know, it was it was kind of influenced, you know, lead you towards the Fulci, but it is what it is, man. I own Zombie on VHS, and I've got two different Blu-rays, and then I've got like a bunch of the Zombie movies on DVDs. I've got uh, never seen it. Seen what? Zombie. You've never. You're on twenty two shots. He wasn't on that episode. That we I wasn't on that episode. Zombie, AKA zombie flesh eaters. AKA. Wait, you've other- really never seen zombie? No. Oh, well, okay, we know what okay. Patreon to give you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Patreon members, please get on this. Fix this bullshit. Don't. He's not. If he's giving out a four K, I would send him a Blu-ray of Zombie right now. It'll be my old one. I ain't sending him my new four K one, but. I'll send him the fucking regular Blu-ray. Do you have a favorite Italian director? Like, uh, no. Just because I really started getting into Italian, uh, t- t- not. I, I want to say it was not last year, but it was the year before with y'all's Italian Horror Month. I was listening to the mm-hmm. episodes and I was like, man, fuck. I haven't seen like anything from Argento besides like Suspiria. What mm-hmm. the fuck is wrong with me? And then, like, and I was like, okay, well, I've seen some Fulci stuff because I've seen his Gates of Hell trilogy. Yep. But I was like, God damn, I don't really know anything about Giallos. I haven't really seen them. So because of y'all, over the past two years, I have greatly uh, learned more about Giallos. But I would say if gun to my head, I'm picking a fucking director, Mario Bava. Yeah, well, I'm glad that we could help, though. You know, I mean, that's kind of what it's about, too, right? We don't just do the show for our own goodness you know we we want to spread the love spread yeah, the word I'm some of these films yeah i'm happy to hear that i wish more people would use the i want it to be actually a thing you know what i mean you know there's women in horror month and stuff like that i want italian horror month to be a real thing i've noticed um, even on ig even this month man people that i don't really associate and stuff are like hashtag an italian horror month oh, and shit yeah. so i don't know if it, it's oh, because cool. of my posts and stuff but i don't I was know waiting be- for it to catch on Last it even happened class. last year. It yeah. happened last year too. There so was people when, when do we start making money? What? Yeah, exactly. We well, we've been, we've, 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 we have. We've let's, been making money. Let's, 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 let's copyright this shit. Let's copyright. Shit. Yeah, let's yeah. trademark oh, yeah. this. I, uh, we did kill. We did an Italian horror month uh, in November last year on Kill the Cast. Um, and I know the episode we're recording Sunday is the Mask of the Red Death with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna try to make the other episode we do that month be an Italian film so that I can make it into uh, Italian months. Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, 
Bonus question. One last one. If you were forced okay. to go on a date with Jeremy, where would you take him for dinner? And what movie would you guys see? Oh, God damn. You guys uh, are in love. You guys are in love. See, me and Jeremy met down at the dock one day. <laughs> I, oh, I, I got to cue the music right there in the oh, edit, too. Fuck. <laughs> I knew as soon as I fucking saw him that this guy, he was going to be the one. So I walked up to him and he was like, hey, He's you like Howard Stern? And I was like, I'm cool with Howard Stern. Hell so yeah. he started he started quoting fucking lines at me, dropping Beetlejuice lines and shit. And I was like, <laughs> Damn. Howard Stern reference when you said when I said my gangster talk, I was gonna do yeah. a Howard Stern reference right there. Really this is Jeremy shit. Freeman. And I, I still think it's one of the most awkward things ever on this show is Jeremy reading those comments. Oh my lordy. That so anyway, funny. I look at Jeremy and I'm like, Well, you know, let's go do dinner in a movie. He's like, Okay. And I was like, hey, normally we wouldn't be able to get into Chuck E. Cheese, but we both look pretty young. Let's go do that shit. So we went to Chuck E. Cheese, right? Pre-eating pizza that was um, put together I, with other pizzas. I, yeah, and then I sucked his dick in the ball pit. And <laughs> he really liked it. It was That's it was the only dope. place to do that, too, right? In the ball uh, pit. It really That's is. Uh, I was throwing off my vibe. This fucking uh, six-year-old kept looking. And I was like, this dick's mine, bitch. Back the fuck off. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to fucking rock this dude's world because this dude's gonna be my life mate. And if I my my head ain't bomb, he ain't gonna do it. You know, I'm trying to work the neck here. I'm trying to trying to fucking dome dome this brain right now. So anyway, uh, we ate some shitty pizza. Um, we left, and I was like, "Let's go to the movies." And he was like, "Oh shit, for real? What's showing?" And I was like, "Oh, one not showing." of cannibal from 2006 because (laughs) i want i want us to be in the fucking mood and me and you and a true crime art film and i already pre-cut the hole in the popcorn bag this is going down yep we gotta prepare man so we went and watched a movie and uh, sounds like jp and carly's date jeremy definitely uh gagged and threw up but it wasn't from the movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's an appropriate one man cannibal yeah so um then after the movie we walked home hand in hand and he was like you want to split an uber and i was like oh a jew speaking german fuck me right <laughs> <laughs> so oh we gosh. went back to his house and i looked at him and i said jeremy let me pee in that butt one time and he was like, what? I said, like, let me pee in that butt one time. One time for the one time. <laughs> pee in your like, butt. Yeah, let me pee in that butt one time for the one time, girl. Can you never let no one pee in your butt? See, Moods, you said I was going to get corny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude. It's anyway, funny, though. <laughs> but, uh. What yeah, happened? So, you Did know, you pee in my butt or what? <laughs> hell yeah, I pee in your butt, man. I macked the shit out of you. Did you drink it afterwards? Dude, okay, okay. Too far, too fucking far. Jeremy, Jeremy, what's Jerry's uh, mom's email? Because I'm gonna send him. I'm gonna send her the clip of that story. You know, my mom one time was like, "Hey, let's watch a horror movie." And so I was joking around. I was like, "All right, let's watch Hellraiser," because I know she's scared of Hellraiser. And she was like, "Fuck no." And she was like, "No, but you gotta have some kind of movie that's real fucked up, right?" And I'm like, "All right." And so we watched Cannibal Holocaust. Nice. Nice. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. I was erect the whole time. I love how how drinking the piss out of my butthole is more nasty than Jerry blowing me in the fucking ball pen and Chuck E. Cheese in front of a six. Actually, now that you mention it, it's pretty gross because that is fucking – 
bacteria infected disgustingness in there. How the fuck could you suck Ugh. someone's dick in the in the ball? Ugh. I'm Ugh. white. This is America. We have it's uh, just kids, but white. their nastiness all through there. That's got to be the most filthy thing. That's, in the history. You know what? Fucking that's the problem with people like you, Moods. You're in Canada. You got free health care. You don't take no fucking risk. Fucking <laughs> over here, no risk. We, <laughs> over here, we live in life. We don't know what's gonna happen. We be out. 30 miles from Chicago, you could maybe get shot one day if you drive 30 miles closer to Chicago. <laughs> we out here living. What are you doing? We out here going by weird-ass names like Bird Luger. You out there going by moves, man. Fuck out of here. I don't really think that's any different, but yeah, we don't have free. I don't even know what but. I just said. I'm still fucking on the peeing in the butt thing. <laughs> of course, man. Fuck, how could you get away from that shit, man? Oh. Uh, okay, so... Literally. Um, I think I've embarrassed myself enough for one podcast by even saying I would go on a date with Jeremy, but you did say I had to answer, so I hope that was a satisfying answer. Well, that's good enough for me, man. Um, and with that said, we should probably move it along. That was a really, really long intro, so JP, you got some, uh, got some news for us? We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, so, um... First up here, we have a little bit of cast news. We learned, I think, last week or something that, uh... Jamie Kennedy would not be back for Tremors 7, but, um... Three from Hell star Richard Brake, who I thought was great in Three from Hell, and John Hader from Napoleon Dynamite... Uh, will be in Tremor 7. Oh, what the fuck? Dude, you're be... tight casting him, bro. <laughs> Has he, he ever done any... look anything like that again. He's never done like another role like that, really. Well, Benchwarmers. Yeah, uh, I exactly. guess so. <laughs> what else has he done? Blades of Glory. Fuck again. He was Napoleon Dynamite now. They were fucking dorks. I, mean, I don't know. Suck, I've seen him way. in other shit. I think. But what You're was like he in Napoleon that? Dynamite? No, I love Napoleon Dynamite. But everything after was shitty. I have never seen anything with him in it before that was decent. Blades of Steel sucked, or Blades, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, it was fucking Blades terrible. Glory. Blades of Glory was terrible, man. Ugh. Benchwarm. Oh my god. Benchwarmers. So I this like should be this nice. should be interesting. I hope he's playing like. I hope he's not like the fucking dork. No. Yeah. I guess, guess we'll so. find out. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I thought you were going to say you didn't like Napoleon Dynamite and my butthole is going to clench up even no, more. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't like Napoleon Dynamite. I, oh, I think it's awesome. but I, just, I don't like Napoleon Dynamite. I'm with JP on this one. It's fucking boring, dude. It's just a film of the time. It's it's just awkward comedy. That's what's funny about it. It's, just, it's dumb. It's not punchline. It's not fucking physical comedy. It's just awkward, nerdy comedy. It's, I, I think it's It's fun. one of the most over-fucking-blown basic movies ever oh come on you don't even like the shining shut the fuck up um and jerry before I you like, say anything you I shut like the fuck the up too i'm just not a big fan of it um, i just like i love the shining. uh all right so i know Car- it's carly's favorite movie I, the other day i was like all right we're gonna have to discuss your favorite movie oh, this I, I is probably why you don't one. like it you're just spiting her 
No, I told her she needs to pick a new one. I was like, how about The Thing? <laughs> you told her she has to pick a favorite new movie? <laughs> yeah. Because you don't like The Shining? We all about it in the car. You're holding a grudge because she stopped fucking shoving tacos out your butthole. We need no. to check and make sure she's okay. This relationship sounds slightly mentally abusive. <laughs> yeah, well, like, <laughs> well, I was like, listen, I think that you Who tells somebody that they movie? should pick a new film because they don't like your favorite film? <laughs> I was, That's I the most just, selfish like, thing I've ever heard in my life. Voices out there, like, why do you have to pick The Shining? <laughs> I don't know. This is bizarre. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. We're considering other options. But right I will now. say Carly does have good taste because The Shining is a great favorite film. And What do you mean she has good taste? Look who she's with. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, that, that's kind of my point. That's why she has good taste because JP sometimes says things like he likes fucking Phantom of the Opera more than Deep Red. He says retarded things like that. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. That's am I wait, JP? Do you not really care for Deep Red? No, no I, I don't. I think if he understood the movie, he would really enjoy it. I I, think... I understand Deep Red, but it's not one of Argento's movies I like. See, what? people act like it's the greatest. Did you guys plan this out? Are you guys sixty nine? You know, over there is that what the sirens are about? Uh, no, so you guys I've already told you that I'm going to pee in Jeremy's butt. Hey, Jeremy could be there too, but I'm just saying maybe he's watching this shit in the same no, room with Carly. No, because Jeremy will sit. Actually, I will say I really like when Jeremy Jeremy's sitting on the bed with Argento Carly movies. right now, eating cheese fondue, watching you guys sixty nine each other. Like I swear to God, that's that is not true at all. Okay. What the cheese fondue or the sixty nine part? Uh, <laughs> the cheese fondue. She is obviously eating chocolate fondue. Ooh, strawberries. Ooh, that's gross. Come on. Well, that way later on. That's not even. That shouldn't even be a thing. Fuck. If it's chocolate or not. Okay. Yeah. Are we talking about tremors? Um. No, that's over. The oh. next uh, piece of news here is Jeremy Solnier, um, who most people know from Murder Party, Blue Ruin, and Green Room, and also Hold the Dark from last year, uh, that was a Netflix film. Pretty good. Um, he is reteaming with Netflix for a new thriller called Rebel Ridge. Um, so that is going to come out probably next year or the year based after. based on Ruby Ridge? Nope. It is um, a high-velocity thriller that explodes in systemic American injustices through bone-breaking action sequences, suspense, and dark humor. Sounds like Ruby Ridge. Maybe Never what? heard of it. I, st- I actually completely bypass hold the dark last year i don't know why really it was good it wasn't really a horror movie um is it more it. is it more like a drama like it kind yeah. of yeah okay. but there's some super nat or like supernaturally uh, there's some like dark stuff to it but it's just yeah i didn't i didn't love i didn't love it it was a good movie though there's some gr- there's a great scene in it but it's not a horror movie so it was your number one movie of last year <laughs> i was <laughs> thinking the same thing <laughs> That's um, funny. But I've he, only, he, I've he had ne- a pretty good track. I, I've never done that except for with Deliverance. Deliverance, come on, man. But that's a horror movie, though. Oh, here we go. It's not. It is, though. Actually, I, I want to chime in for JP. As someone from Alabama, um, you don't know the real fear that Deliverance strikes into people of the South. Mm-hmm. It's. it's it's the jaws and water. No, 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 no of one's that. disputing that the content there couldn't be horrific and is devastating to people. I'm talking about the way it's presented. 
it's presented as a as a horror adventure as a way to trick you see i don't i disagree man think that oh you're just on an adventure and then you're getting raped in the the setup it's a set it's a false setup to trick you it's like the beginning of audition everything's all cool we're faking up auditions so you can get laid and then the next thing you know yeah what's what's horror about audition at the beginning nothing it's set up, man. It's switching bait. It's fucking Marley and me. But it's also this the way things sucks. are shot. It's not just content too. It's sh- like we've talked about this many times. It's like a lot Wait, of it has to do the way things are shot. Sucks. Can Dude, I? It's not good. Can I get out of this? How show? is it I don't not know if I can good? Jeremy. I don't like it. Listen What's to the episode. What's not good about it? Hey guys, let, let's just important. list movies that everyone else on this show right now hates, and then we'll just fight the rest of the show. <laughs> you know that sounds like a fun idea. Actually, I mean this is what's happening right now. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't really give a shit. I mean, you don't think Audition's great? Whatever. I mean, it's definitely one of those debatable films. I know a lot of people that don't like it. It is what it is. Uh, but Moose, it's a great do you movie. agree that Marley and Me is a horror film? <laughs> uh, I can agree that Knocked Up is a fucking horror movie because that idea is scary as shit. Uh, look your dog in the eyes and tell me Marley and Me is not a horror film. You know what? I actually own that movie because the wife bought it because she and I've never watched it because Dude, mom told me it's really? about a dog oh dying. Dude, I don't, don't like it. shit with fucking dogs. It's, it's the audition of Listen, dog movies. No, not, I can't do that shit, man. It's not like I'm a critter, you know, dude, when it comes to that shit. I'll be pulling oh, my fuck you. Listen, 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 listen. movie making you love this fucking problem yeah, child dog. I ain't fucking with that shit, dude. It's no not way. a movie that, like, you know, uh, at the end, the dog dies. Like that's not the that's not what's sad about the fu- the fucking whole movie's sad. It's ridiculous. Like I probably cried like four. Or no, five I know. Times I, that's that what movie. she's told me, and I'm like, I can't I can't deal with a whole movie that's crying or that's <laughs> sad. You know, like that alone just an ending where a fucking dog dies. You know, kind of thing. Yo, like, I always feel bad or, even in horror movies when the dog is not even part of it, and all of a sudden there's a scene where somebody just goes and kills a dog. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? You yeah, had, they had to kill the I dog. Wish- like why? Why, why? could have been better if it would have been in Maine, because then they could have buried the dog in the pet cemetery and got it back. <laughs> what about the dog death in uh that uh fuck I can't even remember the name of the guy. Friday movie. the thirteenth. No girl on the third floor moods. That was a good dog kill. Yeah, see I felt bad like honestly I've watched a bunch of movies recently with dog killings and I was like, really, dude? I- I mean, the aftermath of that death, yeah, it was pretty good, but you still feel shitty for the dog. I mean, she tricked the dog. That's just fucking rude. All right. Um, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror will return next year with a second season, which is pretty cool because I, I really <laughs> like that show. Um, so the six I've episodes. To, I've yet to watch the first season because, you know, fuck Eli Roth fucking frat boy whoa, fucking hate whoa. that guy fucking hate eli roth he's eli so roth, Rob he's Zombie so he's the same he's person so, you ever seen him in the same room together no no i know that <laughs> and i hate Actually, Rob. Zom- yeah i hate rob <laughs> zombie too up, jp fucking rob zombie's just like the polar opposite of him but they can both suck my dick no i'm just i i we have this conversation you, all the time i like eli roth. i like eli roth more time? as a person than a director and, the, and that's everyone's argument against Eli Roth. They more like it. Maybe they like his films. They hate him. No, they don't like his films either. Well, that's because they're they're just fucking oh, idiots. They're, they're just idiots. judging the person that they hate and then judging his films based on the fact that they already hate Eli Roth. I think the same thing goes with uh, with Rob Zombie too. But I, I don't know. Rob Zombie's only made one movie that I'm absolutely like this was pure shit. 31? 31? Yeah, 31. How do you make a movie that interesting? 
and make it that boring. <laughs> well, yeah. the thing about 31, it's not even even remotely re- original, but you got to remember it had major production problems too. So you got to you got to consider. What, wait, wait, what major production problems did it have that I'm unaware of? The budget, oh, man. Thirty. Well, thirty-one oh, is basically get, someone made a generic Rob Zombie film. Well, dude, when you have other, when you have shit Rob into a Zombie script, when you have to take shit out of your script and stuff like that due to production, you know, money being. Dude, it go-go. was he fucking made every money that he asked for with it way more hey, than he even asked for. But you know what? He really enjoyed changing the script constantly on thirty-one. That he did the same thing with three from hell. So maybe maybe he just overthought the script. You know, he's like, well, I'm, I'm asking for this amount of money. And he's like, wait a minute. I need way fucking more. I got to change the script now. And then it becomes a very kind of generic story that we've seen many, many times. I but. don't I don't think that's the problem with it, man. I just think that it was fucking poorly executed. But you don't think the whole idea was you think the idea was original? Yeah. Jeremy um, is the 31st exactly. podcast. That's I don't what I'm need the idea to be original. I like the idea non-originally sweet so we're going well i'm not stuff. saying the idea has to be original i'm just saying it just it's been done recently and stuff and then it just yeah you know the execution's not there i didn't hate the movie by any means but i hated it movies. more than i thought thought about it, it it's not great i've act, you know i've only seen it once man what can i say and i still haven't right. even seen three from hell yet because fuck rob zombie no, i'm joking what'd you say jeremy fighting about movies again <laughs> shut up um, okay, so the episodes will be about witches, uh, mishappen monsters, evil youngsters, hell houses, and the last episode will be body horror, which is pretty cool. What is a mishappen monster? Um, I'm thinking somebody, Jeremy, con- somebody conjures Jeremy, up a monster or something like, like that by accident. Jeremy, you know grammar. What is a mishappen monster? Oh, misshapen. I was oh, going to say, oh, is this even a word? And not misshapen? <laughs> misshapen monster. Well, what the fuck is that? A misshapen monster. That's what I call my penis. Good one. Oh, Jeremy's so butthurt right now. He's in the he's in the good one mode right now. <laughs> <laughs> that means he's pissed. <laughs> That's so good. Keep, All right. Keep throwing him out there, man. It's so funny. Uh, after that, we have uh, Paranormal Activity is returning in 2021. So oh, next ah, year, year now I'm being that. fucking serious. Shut the fuck up with paranormal fucking shittivity, dude. There hasn't been one in fucking yeah four years because dude. they suck. That's why they took a break. They realized uh, that I they fucking suck. Saw they don't suck. suck. And they, they came. They back. do not suck. I don't think the, the Saw well, franchise is shit. It's nothing I ever want to revisit anytime soon, ever. But I don't think the Saw franchise sucks. I think the Paranormal... I like... I, I, I wanted to watch the Saw films this year. I didn't get around to it, but I, I was kind of wanting to see them again. You're fucking serious. Aren't you, aren't you the same person that even said after we did those, you're like, I'm not watching those anytime soon. I know, but I, I was nostalgic for that. Era. It was like a year removed. How are you nostalgic <laughs> from a year ago? I just had fun doing it. I just I don't know. I they I wanted now to you had it. fun doing Saw. Yeah, dude, you're changing, time shit. you're changing shit, man. You're changing. I shit. bought uh, the Saw Blu-ray collection because y'all were doing it. I made it through the first two movies and then I stopped. Jeez, you stopped at the worst one, bro. Uh, yeah, that's Saw- usually what you do. You get to the worst one and you stop. Saw two is the worst one, so yeah, that's what I did. I don't, that's I, why... don't I, I honestly don't think it is, but I like I Saw two. Not me. Eh, there's worse ones later on, man. 
I don't remember even what you guys didn't like about it. I can't even remember. But well, um, dude, I, when I think of Saw movies, I just think of one big fucking lump of fucking Saw, man. I can't, I can't think of which is which right now, man. Uh, but yeah, that movie's supposed to come out March 19th. So they're moving from the October release dates that they once dominated. <laughs> okay, if you say they dominated, but. Cool. I mean, they, they made a lot no, of money. They, I mean, they literally <laughs> did dominate. They they were, they knocked Saw off of the pedestal. They, I'm strictly talking box office here. I know. I'm just fucking with you, dude. Come on, stop um, being Jeremy. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean yeah, stopping, stopping me. Can't yeah, don't butter it right now, man. <laughs> no, I mean, what, what did you say the title of it? Um, it doesn't. They, have they haven't had one yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so March um, from Blumhouse. Seventh paranormal activity film. Pretty crazy. Um, Spectre Vision, um, who is a great studio. I, I really like all their films. Um, Jesus, now we got trains. <laughs> Dude, I swear you're fucking doing this outside. No, that's just, I, I'm in a big area. Hey, it's, to be it's, fair, it, it's either that or Carly lives in a cardboard box because that sounds like you're outside. Nope. Crazy. <laughs> um, well, at least it's not Jeremy moving fucking furniture. Christ. Spectre Vision. Yeah, Spectre Vision. They wanted to do some HP uh, Lovecraft stuff. Um, let me see here. Including the Dunwich Horror. That's cool. I want to open up a sandwich shop called the Dunwich Whore. Good one. Um, so yeah, that's not they, a good. That was just, that wasn't a joke. I'm being serious. That would be delicious. I don't the think Lovecraft, it d- depends on the name, but this website's being shitty. Okay, um, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> Spectre Vision also says that they Eli Elijah Wood. Um, Want to produce a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Okay. Well, you, you know, when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street talk, I just, I just disregard everything until I actually see it in physical form. Well, wh- it just never I, seems I don't to materialize. Think we talked about it on here, but um, you, you know that law about the rights to a thing revert back to the original creator after like forty years or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that happened with Friday the 13th recently. It also happened with Elm Street. So Wes Craven's estate actually reclaimed the U.S. rates to Nightmare on Elm Street. So After 40 years? That math doesn't even make it's fucking 30, sense. 30, maybe? I don't yeah, know. I was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, is, 30, is 30 years the, makes more sense. But that would have reverted in 2014. The rights. Yeah. So I mean, if it is 30 years, would it would have reverted. To, what they're going to do with it. I mean, I, I assume. They could sell it. They could sell it. They can license it. Um, There's no point in selling it, man. Just license it out. You make way yeah. more money over time. Yeah. Okay, so they say, we have long fantasized of having a crack at Nightmare on Elm Street. So Adam Egypt, uh, who, ju- who just made Daniel Isn't Real, uh, that film and Elm Street have somewhat obscure but still tangible similarities of Dreamworld's as people have been seeing Daniel isn't real. Interestingly, there has been little movement on Twitter and Adam 
more timer to take over Nightmare on Elm Street. We've made it no secret. We've been in touch with the rights holders many times. Oh, so this is actually more than a pipe dream. Uh, it's a it's uh, it's a real dream project for us to have a chance to make a film in that franchise. And like I said, we have a very specific take on it. I think it would be very surprising and exciting uh, to remake the franchise. Is so it's Jerry another snoring? remake. Is Jerry snoring? Oh no, I'm not even talking. Oh, it sounded like I heard snoring. I was like, that's pretty funny, actually. If you were because. I yeah, know then you're like turning the into Derek. No, then he doesn't, because I know he doesn't like the franchise, so I thought oh. he was doing the... <laughs> uh, I was trying to be respectful. Hey, man, you can um, say what you want way, to on the I, I want another Elm Street. I just... Hey, do Whatever brings money to it, the genre. Don't bring fucking... What do you, what do you the think... The chick who played Nancy back. JP, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think the best option is? Remake Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Uh, here's what you do. Um, do you, you go, do you reboot, do you do, like, what do you do? Do you make you, something t- into the original franchise? There's or? two, I see two options. Uh, one option is to do a horror film based on Robert, uh, not Robert England, fucking Fred Kruger, the person, be, you know, uh, so a prequel Springwood fucking, uh, burning yes, for Springwood please. style or whatever from, uh, what the yeah, because that was Freddy's what Nightmares. Was that? Toby Hooper's film. I don't know what the episode was called. Mi- no more Mr. Nice Guy or some shit. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, but they um, also covered like his his life a little bit in one of the movies, and it was like the best yeah, part, part of the six. fucking movie. Yeah, that shitty movie. And yeah. like it was the only good part of the movies when they were showing him when he was like a real life person. And I remember when we covered on the show a podcast, I was just like, why can't I just get a movie of this? This would be fucking fantastic. Well, I, I just think I think fans would. Man, you really have a distaste stuff. for that franchise. That's insane. I do. It's like eating pizza, but the meatballs on the pizza are like someone's souls, and it's very unappetizing. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's the way it should be. But I think that you go that way, or yeah. um, you do a Elm Street film. You don't have to do the backstory. Set it with a bunch of teenagers in a hospital um, who are all suffering from this dream disorder, much like Elm Street 3. And then they become dream warriors? Well, you don't have to do it exactly like that. What do you think? What do you you think? Do you think a prequel would actually... I mean, at this point, it's all about... It's not really what we want, but... What do you think they're looking at to sell this film? Do you think a prequel? Because it, if you're doing a prequel, you got to remember you're not getting fucking Freddy. Right? Yeah, I don't think that a prequel you're getting the mail. I I don't think a prequel would, unless it was like one of those things where it's like a prequel that, um, you know, is maybe forty five minutes of a prequel and then like the last you know, a um, half hour or something. You know what they do? They make their remake Nightmare on Elm Street, but they make a deal with like Netflix and create like a Blair Witch like fake documentary <laughs> about the true crime. Okay, you need to stop of, talking right now. Right. No, no, no. Because <laughs> true crimes is popping right now on Netflix. You make a put, fake documentary. I'm putting you for on them. Time Wow, really? You think you think those, you think those documents like, I don't know, man. 
I think Dude, people just take it as like, like a joke. Like I don't think people even consider yeah, no, that but, as being. People know who Fred Krueger is. That's so the thing. I don't think it would work in this sense because it's just it just seemed like garbage to people, man. I don't think they want to see it. I think the well, prequel the idea is better. Franchise is garbage. The prequel idea is good for. <laughs> the prequel idea is good for fan like like us like hardcores, but people who want to see Freddy like that they don't want to see that movie. You know what I mean? They want to see Freddy. Yeah. That's why so, I'm saying yeah. make the movie. That, that's why I say it's make, a hard sell to, to do the Make the, the regular the Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Freddy Krueger, but you sell a little like package with it to Netflix to ramp it up. That's a, like a fake documentary about the real <laughs> I don't crimes. think Netflix is the savior here, man, at all. Yeah. They need something good with horror on them. It's a win-win. What the uh, hell is – what is your beef with the fucking franchise? Like what uh, don't uh, – do you like – you don't even like the first film? Oh, God, no. The only film I like is part two. Well, this makes sense because <laughs> because that's the sequel. That that sequel, you know, the thing is about part two that I've always said. I say part two is placed in the franchise poorly. It's not a bad movie. It's just it should not have come as a sequel. Part three should have been the sequel. Part two could have been if it came later in the franchise and they did something like that. It would have made a lot more sense, right? Can you change up the rules a little I, bit and things like that? Fran- I think it just doesn't work me. in the place of the franchise. The franchise doesn't have rules. They constantly yeah. make up new rules, change rules. Well, there's rules, rules that there is rules, you know, I mean, to a point in the first film. I mean, there's ideas behind it and stuff, but it changes drastically. It doesn't really follow those ideologies yeah, just, much at all. I, I've never been able to get into the franchise. Number two is the other one I slightly enjoy. I, I like I just I just think the first one's just an awful fucking film with bad acting and bad script writing. See, that's, cr- no. See, that's crazy. Like, I honestly no. don't think the acting's bad at all. I think Heather Langenkamp's perfect as oh my perfectly God. cast. It, it's all Depp because her mouth is open a little bit. Her, I've heard you and Carly talk about it. It's mouth is open the entire movie. That she doesn't she open her mouth? Closes. No, she opens her mouth. Her movie, her fucking mouth never closes. Oh, okay. Never. I was going to say, what it the just fuck? It hangs open. No, it's like, if you actually pay attention to it, they, they're not wrong like her the way she she postures her mouth it is it is open but i just i that's something that i would just is that really way to judge a movie like her mouth is open so i'm gonna hate this fucking movie but i I don't think i don't agree i I do not think she's a good actor in the movie i do not she's she's as good as jamie lee curtis in halloween dude you've never heard me talk about halloween (laughs) so uh the i i just don't i've just never cared for the movie i've never been able to get behind the characters i can i never believe her acting her fucking her and her boyfriend are not boyfriend and girlfriend at all i've seen jp beat carly and it looked more romantic than anything they did in that movie Dude, you gotta realize they're supposed to be 15 but I think yeah. that you're, you're pointing when out the you things that 15, aren't essential. JP, you were fucking to Night Run Oak Street 4 on VHS, so don't give me that shit. I think that you're is, pointing out that things that true, are, but... are, you know, they're still relevant to the film, but they're kind of irrelevant to the bigger picture of Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, you're pointing out bad acting and stuff. Most horror, film, most horror films from that era don't have great acting. I disagree oh, and highly by with the, the way, script. I think Jerry, the script is your, fine. Your uh, beloved um, Hellraiser, I hope you pay attention next time because good old Kirsty also has her mouth open the entire fucking movie. But she's a better well, actor. But that's because she's a slut what? though. She's a I've slut. actually, hell, I fucking love it. Moose. But I've actually <laughs> said before that I wish she played Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street because I think I would like the movie better if they yeah, were. Yeah, because they both have the same quality acting. They both look similar. No, yeah, she's I agree. a better actress. 
they're about the same. No, no. actually, Lawrence is, but she wouldn't. She doesn't fit the part because you know the Nancy character is supposed to be like the girl next door. Actually, no, they, bo- is, they actually. I feel like they both look. I've always. I've actually always thought that they're interchangeable too. She looks. Yeah, better I think actually Lawrence is better, better looking. I think they were going for like an average looking girl. Someone that's not ugly. Someone's not like super hot. Someone that's believable as your neighbor. Yeah, kind of believable thing, right? to get with Johnny Depp, right? <laughs> well, but you're looking at Johnny Depp as in like Johnny Depp, like Johnny Depp, like Johnny Depp yeah, in 1984 know, was not Johnny fucking Depp. He was like 18 years old or whatever the fuck he was, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Where's really look Jeremy at guys like that too. To but yell at us for he's probably problems. never seen any of these. I just don't really care. I don't like franchises, so I don't really care. Oh, I but you haven't even seen it. How can you say they wouldn't like the movies? Movie That's crazy. Takes. That's I like JP. Really, I just don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah, like. I, I, oh yeah, I, I forgot. This is a horror movie like, podcast. Of yeah. course, you wouldn't care. I <laughs> I give Nightmare on Elm Street its credit where in in its iconic it's status. A genius film. I do not think it's a genius film. I don't give it. It's I so I, I don't think it's a good film. It's one of the most original things ever created in horror movie in horror anything. The idea of the dream. It's it's a great idea, man. Come on. It's I mean, a great idea. It's executed terribly. Dude, you're telling me the finger knives isn't fucking See, super I don't rich believe that. itself. I think the, the ending the has look. a bit more to be desired, but I mean, it's that's just one thing. But pointing out bad acting, though, I just that sounds very Jeremy to me. And it, it just sounds super pretentious whoa, though too. Whoa, For, whoa, It Let's does. Slow your fucking roll, dude. There. He he's, he's said other. Off. He there's a, he doesn't like a lot of things about it. That's just the yeah. Thing. No, I, he did say, he did say the script and stuff, but I I just I can't get on board with the script thing and stuff. But but the mouth open doesn't that sound a little <laughs> that bit was nitpicking. Me, that was me making fun of him. That's not. Yeah, everyone fun. picks on me because I bring up her her mouth being open. I accept that I don't. You know, for a low budget it film, before. it's got I good think effects. I would, I would give the movie much more of a pass if they would have had a better actress playing Nancy. Okay, I mean it's fair enough. I mean, whatever. But uh, but I think, I think what I happened think when I watched the movie is I latch onto our main character, who I think is just a terrible actress, and once that once I have that in, everything else starts falling apart for me like it's i notice one flaw from that one flaw all the cracks start spiraling out and i and i see them that's why i've always said if they had the chick from hellraiser in there i think i would have enjoyed the movie better and i've actually tried to watch the movie with hellraiser playing so that i can like try to swap <laughs> the actresses. What the fuck? you fucking liar come on fuck oh that's how'd you go there for a minute but do, um, you, do you actually like the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street, the whole, you know, the whole dream thing and like, you know, the minor backstory again and stuff? Yeah, it's a good idea. And like I said, I think it's done actually a little better in Nightmare 2. I think it's scarier in Nightmare 2. I think Freddy is scarier in Nightmare 2 because Freddy not is only, damn like, scary in Nightmare 2. And Nightmare well, it's, 2, it's because of the reality part of it, though, too. Exactly. I mean, I get... But he's using your dreams to like, yeah, like really fuck with you. Like not just your friends and See, making you crazy. He, your here's board. what he I like about directly. Elm Street Two that isn't in Elm Street One. Like Elm Street One is is a simple slasher film. Uh, kids are getting picked off, you know, with with the I guess not simple because the supernatural element elevates it. But Elm Street Two is like a haunting almost. It's like this. It's a possession film. This one kid is being plagued by freddy not a bunch of kids you know what i mean it's just one guy and freddy's just fucking with this one dude and that's that's what's scary about elm street 2 to me everything makes sense to me now why you would like part two 
the most after hearing your story about you and Jeremy on your date and part two being the gayest slasher oh, film ever made, but everything makes fucking it, sense now. If you have a problem with Friday, or not, uh, if you have a problem with Nightmare Two being the gay film, you can also watch that movie from uh, him dealing with uh, mental health problems, and it works just as well as the gay stuff. No, I have it no just problem makes with the, the gay gym stuff teacher at all. look like a fucking pedophile. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just so brutal, man. <laughs> fucking snapping his ass and shit. I'd like, like to sleep away Ooh. camp now. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. God damn. Um. Anyway, let's oh. move on. Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, another franchise here. We have um. Jeremy Goody. Wrong Turn has finished. The newest Wrong Turn has wrapped shooting. Um, <laughs> I've seen a couple of people who lived by where it was shooting, and they were showing like photos of like production and stuff. So I guess it it's official. Wow. You like part six, the last one? I've only seen up to part four. Yeah. Yeah, part four was okay. Was this one, one but... sounds like it's a re like a redo or something. Oh fuck's sakes. Keep making uh, sequels. Actually, you know what's funny is the director of the domestics is directing this one. Oh yeah. It's a good film. Yeah, it was sorry. It, it, the execution was bad on it. Uh, uh, I can't I know, wait until the domestic top ten. And out. I love this movie too. Was number ten. Yeah, yeah. I it didn't even sniff it. my top ten. Uh, um, top ten too. But yeah, no, it was weird. <laughs> she needs to rethink her top ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. Um. I want to say that the right didn't I hear something about the original writer or something was involved with this one? Um, I don't know. You're the news man. Let me see here. The writer is Alan B. McElroy. Elroy. And he wrote. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, he wrote the original wrong turn, I believe. Hmm. Thanks for that tidbit of information that no one cares about. Max, Jeremy, this is what we I mean. Do on you the don't show. think you don't think that that's like interesting that the uh, guy who wrote the original Wrong Turn came back to write this one? Of course, it's totally relevant. Yeah. Is he writing it? Yes, I just are you fucking deaf? Fuck you. He's not listening. You're miserable right now. Do you want to get off the show and 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 take a break and come back when you're less fucking miserable? No, keep going. <laughs> Bam. Jesus! Bam. Do you even like this show? Do you even like doing it? Oh yeah. Okay, well then, fucking act like it. I, I could that that answer was so transparent, dude. Come on, you're not kidding anyone with that. All Continue right, along. Uh, Continue along. After that, we have uh, Scream Factory announced the direct. This is another great release by them. This seems like something Arrow would more do, but uh, Scream Factory is releasing the director's cut of. Me and Moods' second favorite horror film of last year, The House That Jack Built. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I thought I you were was... gonna say I thought you were gonna say that they're releasing the director's cut of My Bloody Valentine, and then I was gonna say like eight people posted about that on the page, and it was gonna drive me fucking mental if one more person posted about it. They already announced that though, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think so. Like a long time so. ago. Yeah, it was that was just the artwork show off. Yeah. Announcement kind of thing, but yeah. But no, I I'm I was actually really shocked by that too. I was like, wow, modern, like really, really modern 
that's not mm-hmm. part of the IFC line, line kind of thing, and they don't really do a lot of modern films. So yeah, at least did they picked s- a good one. Yeah, at least did they you see that, that film, Jerry? Uh, House of Jack built. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I, I I get it. I I like. I have a. I remember I called Watson because I had a whole theory of what I thought the movie was, and I ran it by him, and he said it made sense because I wanted to make sure I understood the movie. Um, it's not for me. I, I didn't care for the film. Uh, I thought it was extremely, extremely overlong. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's long. a. I don't think it's a bad film or anything like that. It's very well made, obviously. Um, uh, just not for me. I, I would have trimmed a, a lot in there. That, really you know what, though, man deep. that that movie like scooted by for me, though. I remember looking at the time because it's like two and a half hours or something, right? Is it like that. Really? It was like it was yeah. like three hours or something. I don't know. Okay, but I well, love those I remember structures. checking yeah. the time and being like three fourths of the way done and being like, "Holy shit, that just went so fast." Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I agree. I, I agree, man. I thought the structure was fantastic. It flew by for me, man. Yeah. It was a great movie. Yeah, um, that was the first time I think like ever we both had the same number ones and number twos. It was because it's usually. Your number one is my number ten, and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so um, weird. <laughs> okay, so if you didn't think the Amityville franchise was big enough, um, the uh, at the American Film Market, I think that's what AFM means, yep, right? Yes. Yep. Good job, JP. You know what that meant. Um, <laughs> fucking miserable. Man. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I didn't know you would know what AFM is. Um. Well, I mean, I do do this all year long so yes uh amityville 1974 is the title um and it is a prequel to amityville um back to where it began so is this gonna be a okay so, so this i this read is, that this is about the defeo murders yes which we just got a film last year about the defeo murders yeah but um i don't know i, I was just like would Why you? are we still doing this with this franchise? Can we just remake Amityville two and call it a day? That no. is it. That is that is the DeFeo murders. That's exactly but they're not what they're gonna doing. They're going to put incest in here. You know they're not. They're going to bitch out. Oh yeah, probably. Let's call. Let's let's. If it doesn't have incest. I'm not counting it as the a reason movie. why these movies keep getting made is because, like we've explained many times on the show before, the Amityville, Amityville name can be used by anybody. So people just keep making fucking films, whether they're in the franchise or not. Amityville, Amityville Prison, Amityville You're going to see Amityville pseudo-sequels, unrelated sequels, Ooh, fucking constantly until the end of Dawn of Time. I like that. But what's the... I don't understand. I mean, part two is already such a great film. I don't really understand what the fuck they need to do. Well, they're, I don't They already know. made the, that prequel. The DeFeo story is much better than the uh, Lutz's story. I... I hope they go into like I because really it's like an origin go... story, right? So it makes it, it just yeah. feels more natural, right? But I I, don't know. I'd like for them to go more into like the weird shit of like I'd like to see more. I know they're going to go directly into like Ronald DeFeo killed everybody, but I kind of would like to see them go into like one of the conspiracy theories where it was Ronald and his sister, or that the mob did it based off uh, shit his uncle did. Well, like, it's going to how... be a straight haunting bro <laughs> i know i, I agree like, i agree throwing conspiracy theories of... into a horror film 
Yeah, have uh, you ever looked at the like conspiracy? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot the of cool stuff about this. It's dope. Oh yeah, man, it, it just never ends, dude. Yeah, but th- so check this one out. This one seems to be like more big budgeted though, because it's from the producers of Get Out, but not Blumhouse. I was gonna say, isn't Blumhouse the producers of Get Out? <laughs> uh, just the guy, Sean Redrick. Reddick is producing it, and he produced Get Out. So, hmm. um, but you know, it, it might be. I don't know. We'll see. It, it could be a little no. bit uh, better. I'm always interested in in uh, the Amityville franchise because it's so weird. Jeremy, in your professional yeah. opinion, how important do you think it is? Like, how impressive is it to you when they're like, from the producer who brought you Get Out, like? Does that say anything to you, or are you no, just like, yeah, I just give that dude that. <laughs> coffee, and he sits there and scratches his dick all day? No, that's like, a second. No, producers actually do stuff. Not so much during production. They're mainly in charge during pre-production, especially on movies. Producers really, sure, they're there during the production, and they, they, they run things. I mean, but really the director is the boss during production, and the producers just all this stuff that happens before the cameras roll and stuff like that i don't really care about like the producers unless it's like blumhouse or one of the bigger producers in the, producers the genre just, but they're just the money they're just the backing behind no, it man executive producers are just the money yeah, the, behind the executive it. producers exactly so I'm saying. the producers are are the guys who are actually have influence the producers are the guys that the directors that. most likely if you're caught up in a fucking major corporation or the guys that uh, the directors have to answer to essentially I mean, during when pre-production you're, when you're, when you're producing a film but i mean a lot of producers will still sometimes they'll step on toes that's why you get a lot of production issues with producers and and you know and directors and butting heads yeah. on shit because sometimes directors have a vision you know based on the script that they've been handed to 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 create and then the producer's like nah that's not really working this way and then that's how shit goes all fucked up so i don't think anybody really gives a shit if they see from the producer no i fucking hate that shit yeah it's this corny if you tell me from the director of yeah i'm okay that piques my interest the producer means fucking dick to me when it comes to other than like if there is a named producer attached then maybe it might have more of a budget is so if I'm like from the producer of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast, that's not going to get you excited to listen to the next yeah. podcast. I don't, I don't think well, producer and podcast because, even fucking uh, matters. <clears throat> that's a little bit different because typically the producer is also like the editor of the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, it's a little bit different. <clears throat> yeah. um, but okay, so final piece of news here. Um, actually, two pieces of news left. Um, Severin launched a Severin Kids line, which is really <laughs> That's that funny. Cool. I liked it. Um, yeah, me too. The peanut butter solution or whatever the hell. I've seen that yeah. movie when I was a kid. If they do not release Legend of Gator Face, I fucking riot. Well, let them know on Facebook, I guess, then. I love the idea of releasing like these cult kids movies, though, from like the 80s and 90s and stuff. That's that's pretty cool. I, Little monsters. Films don't have releases, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, after that, oh, by the way, I love their little logo with the, yeah. this. It basically looks like the Severn chick, but with like pigtails, and it says "kids" next to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. After didn't that, say anything, so I guess he's not really interested in it. Yeah, dude, the kids line. I don't fucking whatever. It's it's. I just find it funny that Severn, but the same company have that's released what they have. 
Yeah, but I mean, your opinion on this matter is more important than all of us. Sure. Yeah. If they put out a severance cats, then I'm sure I'll have a very important opinion. <laughs> Severin cats? Are you a cat person? Yes, I have two cats. Oh my god! Of course you. They're are. lovely. I've always said cat people freak me out. Really? That would probably explain a lot. That's what's going on in the show. Moods, do you want to know what I'd do if you and I went on a date? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dog right. person, so yeah, I got three. Um, dogs. <laughs> final piece of news here. Uh, they the company Spyglass is um, somehow got a hold of the Scream franchise, and they are doing a new Scream film. No word if it will be a reboot or a sequel. So they're also the ones that are supposedly doing the new Hellraiser movie. Yeah, because they bought all the Dimension titles. So, like, and we haven't heard a single thing about the Hellraiser movie. So I'm going to call this, until they step onto a set day one to start filming, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't know. I just was hoping that it was going to be Blumhouse, honestly. Well, oh, what do you want? Was, do you want another was, sequel, or, or do you want like? Oh, sequel, I mean, hands down. I don't that, want to reboot. That's screen. that's the thing. But I don't think they're gonna. Do you think this far <laughs> removed now? You think they're gonna do another sequel, or just come Who up with their own idea with for screen? At this point, uh, yeah. you bring back Nev Campbell. They set. They literally set because they kind of already remade Scream with Part Four. four it's the same movie. New trilogy. It was originally supposed to be a, a tr- new trilogy, but it didn't do that well. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I I, I think that I, I mean you just bring back is if you all you really only need to bring back Nev Campbell, but if you could get David Arquette and stuff, uh you just do another one, man. I mean, is it gonna be convoluted? Yeah, the last three were. But at the same time, that's scream at this point. So I'm down with a, a straight up sequel. Would I'm you gonna, be like I don't have highly upset if it was a reboot? Uh yeah, I would be that's actually one st- film that i don't want rebooted at all because it's a product of its time and it the 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 core concept of it doesn't work in today's landscape you don't think so you don't think you could do is because slasher movies are not as big anymore isn't the tv show set in modern time yeah did it work no (laughs) but i don't think that they would try to redo that idea from 96 that craven did though i think they would you know, if they don't make a sequel and they they try to do, I think they just do something completely different. And but start then their that's own thing. not. I don't know, man. I I I guess I guess. But it's the name that. that's selling it, right? I mean, it's, I, it's, at I this point, it doesn't matter what the narrative is, rather than a remake. But I mean, it's the name that's going to sell it. I mean, if they do something different, maybe some people might latch onto, and others might be like, "Well, what the fuck?" Confused and shit. But I don't want to see a remake of Scream either. I think that's just fucking ridiculous. I just think that like. We talk about films and remakes and how we want them to be different. At the same time, what the only thing that makes Scream great is how it was done. And it just I don't think there's a way to replicate it in a different way. Yeah. I feel like if they That's did why a they do reboot, something different. If they did a reboot of Scream, it's going to go very similar with like unfriended. <clears throat> Like it's I, going to go being based well, on I like social those media. I, mean, I do too. I I was a big fan of both Unfriended, but I feel like if you reboot Scream now, you're going to go off social media. You're gonna go. Uh, I don't know how familiar y'all are with like ARG on YouTube, like um these these crazy ass fucking videos where like it's set to be 
quote unquote real. It's obviously fake, but it's quote unquote real, or it's like, and you're trying to figure it out. It's augmented reality game. Yeah, except it's not. I've heard of it. Some of those are like really fucking good and in depth and creepy. Mm-hmm. I can almost see them going like that kind of route. Eh, I just I don't, don't think mainstreams really made it that far. Cause even with like, cause Precisely. there's been like uh, an ARG that's very similar to unfriended Two. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. I can see a scream reboot going a social media or a like YouTube or unfriended kind of style, a Twitch live stream kind of thing. The, there was, um, the guy who directed the Scarehouse did a short film, and the whole thing was done. The whole movie was done mm-hmm. in one take, live streaming the entire thing, and it was about the killer live streaming his entire like break into the house, killing the people and all that shit. And they did everything in one take, live with like notifications coming up and everything. So it was a POV shot film yes but it was literally like you were watching the killer live stream mm-hmm. yeah, himself yeah, break in and it it was fucking it was actually really fucking cool i don't think they're gonna go that extreme with it i'm just confused though i mean the scream what are they gonna do with this are they gonna make a sequel or are they gonna reboot it or kind of thing but i mean i watched the first season of the scream tv show i thought it was pretty fucking average to be honest i gave it like a five i, I liked it i enough, got like but it wasn't it was I just it it didn't matter that much to me other than it was just like a slasher TV show. Yeah, it didn't. It, I just felt like it was executed so poorly. And like, I got four episodes into the second season. I generally always finish it, but I couldn't with it. It was so bad. I didn't I was, watch the second season. at all. apparently the third season's like even 10 times worse. So, okay. Jeez. So, but that's what I'm saying though. Right. So from what I've heard from people is that it's not getting great reviews and shit. So what are they going to do with this? You know, the TV series isn't doing great. Well, the TV series you... kind of died when the Dimension thing yeah. happened, but they For just sure. kind of put dropped the third season. So where does it leave these guys with the film? What do they do? I what do you truly it... think the best thing is? Do you think like a sequel? A sequel, would... yes. That's 100% the best thing to do. But if and, you do a sequel, the, but if you do a sequel to, and you, if you do a sequel and you really want to sell this thing well, you're going to have to work pretty hard to get some of the original cast members back. No, you, you, know? you have to have – you can't do a sequel without the original cast members, That's not of Scream. You could do it of other franchises, not of Scream though. It Scream is those cast members. They were That's what all. I'm saying. In do you all... think Nev Campbell's coming back? Do you think like fucking? I mean, Dewey... she's showed interest <laughs> in, in doing more Screams. So yeah, okay. Well, that, that's good. I mean, if you can get someone back, that's cool and stuff, man. Fucking Courtney yeah. Cox and her shitty ass bangs, but and her fucked up lips now. Good lord. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll. I mean, I, I'm curious to see the development of that because that is that something is something that's very important. It's like make or break for me <laughs> with that movie. Man, I mean, is- I'm a big fan of Scream. I, I I think that you know, it was my number one horror film of the '90s on the '90s podcast we did. It was my number one of '96, obviously, from when we did that show. Um, and it's just, uh, I like. I like the the characters and the story, and I, I'm not huge on the sequels, but the franchise is part of like my nostalgic growing up. You know, it's weird, man. It's the only franchise I've ever seen every film in the theater. It's kind of strange. I missed the third one. I've seen the other ones. Do we? Or no, sorry, sorry. I missed the first one. I saw the other ones. So, do we just cover franchise talk on in the news now, or what? It's a lot of franchise yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of franchise news, so... It's crazy. Hmm. That's the news. Fucking thing sucks! All right, 
moving along here. Um, Jeremy, do you want to do a dead mail? Kick the shit about the mail, man. You've got mail. Trust the mail, man. Now his ass is trash like a garbage can. Caught up in some shit with the mail, man. Dead mail. Issue number 14. This is from... But the bu- August 1981, and on the front cover we have American Werewolf in London, Tom Safini, The Prowler, Stan Winston's Dead and Buried, and that's it. All right. Hmm. Okay, here we go. This one is from Gary Faster from Indianapolis, Indiana, and he writes... Where does the MPAA, which is not no longer called the MPAA, may I say, they are now called the MPA. They just changed their name in October, so now they're even more retarded. But um, where does the MPAA get off telling me what I could see or can't see? I'm a responsible, law-abiding, average citizen, seven years into being classified as an adult. I see about 36 movies a year, pay my bills early, and have almost nothing left when everything is paid. And here's the MPAA telling me that my $4 mission does not entitle me to see a movie that includes a scene depicting a woman being skewered on a shower. Since I know who to blame for the atrocities performed on the atrocities shown in My Bloody Valentine, how can I correct it? It seems the only way is through letters to the MPAA. Can Fangoria supply their address? I would ask all your readers to write, but especially those who are in, especially who are those who are in adult, responsible positions and obviously capable of distinguishing fantasy from reality. I ask your readers to write calm, coherent letters without any gourmaniac references, asking the MPAA to change their system and to allow the public to form their own opinions about a film. Develop a system that will let us know whether we will see sex, violence, or hear rough language, but let us make our own decisions. This dude gets mad pussy. He's fucking, he's completely right about it, though, man. The MPA now, I guess, as it is, as Jeremy eloquently put. It's funny that they changed the name. It's just fucking bullshit censorship, man. That's all it is. It's bullshit. And, and he's completely right, man. People should be able to make up their mind if they want to go see that film that's rated R or unrated or whatever with all the gore and tack and shit like that. I mean, we ha- we should have that right. We live in a democracy for fuck's sakes. You know, we have rights and shit. And these guys are just taking it away by fucking, you know, saying what, you know, what they think is right and what's wrong for people to see and shit. It's censorship. It's bullshit. I've never been with it. I never understood it. And My Bloody Valentine's a great film to have that topic with too man because that movie was chopped to living shit when it got released and of course it did it it did really poorly well and it also did poorly because of all the controversy with it too because once word got out that you know it was chopped to hell and people like well what the fuck i don't want to go see a movie that has no gore in it have you ever seen my bloody valentine without the gore it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty bland slasher film and then when you insert the insert you know the the uncut footage it fucking changes the whole landscape the movie's awesome it's totally a different movie so you know, shame on them for fucking creating this bullshit censorship and, and ruining our experiences and shit now, like that. Fuck them. Moods, I hate I hate censorship more than any I can go off for years about it. I'm fucking hate but it. But Moods, did you know that Scream Factory is putting out a director's cut? Because I heard in the twenty two shots group that Scream Factory <laughs> is putting out a director's cut of my Bloody Valentine. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. It's too funny. It's too funny. I will I will say I actually do like that cover art though that they used. It's not bad. Yeah. 
All right. This is from Peter from Odina, New York. And he writes, Ladies and gentlemen, the fact that so few of the really good films are available on videotape really floors me. Video distributors generally could care less, and I see no open sight. Classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hills Have Eyes, Martin, Dawn of the Dead, Eraserhead, etc. I'm sure these tapes would do well financially with proper advertising and distribution. I guess my complaint is really with directors and producers of these great films who seem unwilling or unable to make an arrangement with a tape distributor. Instead, the bootleggers put out poor copies at premium prices, and otherwise law-abiding citizens had to take a chance with illegal tapes. Those goddamn illegal tapes... Yeah, but but the yeah the directors and shit. I mean, going back to blaming the directors for not you know putting more effort into it has nothing to do with them. It's the fucking companies that own these films and shit that distribute them. That's it's nothing to do with the directors. They can't do anything about it. So end of that. You're not going to win that battle with those fucking companies. So Hmm. I didn't even think about that. Like this is 1981. Yeah. Man, the fact that like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not on VHS in 1981. That's crazy. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't know when it made it appear is for or the first release. And Dawn of the Dead isn't either. Like I get why Eraserhead is and Martin's not, but like, well, Texas you Chainsaw re- Massacre, or fucking Dawn of the Dead isn't. That's crazy. But you got to remember, this is eighty one. This is really really early shit. Oh you know what I mean? yeah, I guess I guess like home true. video hadn't really like fully exploded. I mean, nineteen eighty one, not your average person had a Betamax or a fucking you know, a VCR in their house. It's pretty damn expensive and shit. So the media yeah. hadn't blown up for a couple more years after, but I, you know, the, all those movies made their debuts a couple years after once, you know, the whole media thing got sorted out with beta versus VHS too. It was one of those things, right? It was kind of like our thing in the two thousands with, uh, HD DVD and Blu-ray It was the same shit. Right. And once VHS won the battle, because, you know, it was simply because the tapes were longer and easier to, or you can get more, record time on them it was because of the porn industry damn it it was, it was. actually because of the porn industry because it, beta is actually a higher quality yeah yep. no i know yeah beta is 100 better quality but the big selling point for the consumer was with vhs porn. is that it didn't it did well yeah it was porn <laughs> it too was but it porn. <laughs> but it was it was it was that simple invention of being able to record tv and the betamax just didn't have enough room on it so they're like quality or quantity over quality at that point 100 right so vhs wins all right. All right. So, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one from Todd Mossberger from East Sparta, Ohio. And he says, issue 12 was fantastic, just like the others. I just saw Friday the 13th Part 2, and I was wondering, did the movie use cheap lighting? Some scenes were so dark that you couldn't see what was happening. I saw it at a drive-in. Could that make a difference? There you go. This guy's pissed off that he... Couldn't see Friday the 13th part. You know what? He pays his taxes, and after he (laughs) pays his taxes, he's fucking broke, but he still goes and sees 36 movies a year in a drive-in. He deserves better lighting in his films. Yep. All right. (laughs) This one comes comes from Rod Sadowski from the Animal Right Coalition. He writes, Enclosed is my order for a subscription to Fangoria. My free ad, I guess back in the day they gave free ads with a subscription, my free ad is somewhat unusual. Therefore, I would like to inform you of my intentions. I'm a member of the board of directors of the Animal Rights Coalition, a nonprofit group dedicated to animal welfare. 
One of the issues that we're concerned with is the cruel treatment given animals in films. This cruel treatment entails not only abuses during production, but misconceptions perpetuated by many films. The following is the ad I would like placed. There you go. I guess he's uh, pissed off about animal abuse on films. How often does Fangorio actually respond to these messages? Oh, they wrote, uh, not only are we glad to run your ad, but we wanted to call special attention to it here on our letters page. Please keep us informed of your activities. Okay, I think you should read their their responses if they've got responses. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? <laughs> like, right. what did they say to the guy at the fucking drive-in? They right. were they he like, said, yeah, it's a drive-in. He said, "Tom, you are one of the many victims of a madly known as bad projection, which strikes millions of moviegoers each year." As soon as Fangoria changes the rating system, get Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert to retire and convince David Cronenberg, George Romero, and or John Carpenter that they should bring back 3D, we are going after the projectionists. Wow, that that was kind of a fucking man, and that's even response, but that's I like even it. that's even pre fucking like Silent Night, Deadly Night controversy too. They were already being ripped on fucking Ebert and Siskel. Wow, man. wow, that's crazy. Yeah, man. What do they say to the guy who pays his taxes? Um, the Motion Picture Association <laughs> of America has its headquarters at 522 Fifth Avenue. We especially agree with Gary's suggestions that letters be calm, coherent, and polite. That's it? That's, That's it. Wow. wow, okay. They copped I mean, out on, they guess, copped out on that one, didn't they? <laughs> Well, I guess they didn't want to make a smart-ass remark like trying to get John Carpenter to bring back 3D. Because they wanted this one to be taken serious, so they were like, "Yes, please send." No, you, know, you can't. You can't. You can't tell the truth. Remarks. You can't tell the truth, man, and be like, "Fuck the MPA, MP double A or MPA." No, why do you and think say, twenty-two shots of moods and horror is yeah. not a uh, you know on you the Fangoria podcast network or whatever the yeah, fuck you don't want. Is. You don't want those because guys on your ass. You. you don't want those guys on your ass when you're running a fucking horror magazine. You know, to deal with movies and shit. Fuck that. So you, you can't say anything. It's a cop out. I should have yep. just said, fuck those guys, man. Yeah, right. they still get hit with the MPA of magazines. They're just, exactly. They're afraid that they're going to start getting censored, but it is what it is, man. It's going to be yeah. Night Trap all over again. Yeah. All right. Carl Glover from Johnson City, Tennessee writes. I continue to be amused by the complaint of many of your correspondents that you tend to uncritically praise every movie you write a feature about. What these readers apparently fail to realize is that the articles are not designed to inform, read the cinematic value of the movies they discuss, but rather function as pre-release publicity pieces whose purpose is to build interest in the pictures in the hopes of increasing that all-important first two weeks box office. In this sense, Fangoria acts as a shill for the studios and distributors. I have no objection to advertising as such, but only as so long as it's called that. It seems to me that you insist on continuing your precedent policy of writing opinionated articles on films not yet released, and thus sight unseen, you should inform your readers of the economic motives underlying this activity. A failure to do so is intellectual dishonesty of the worst. Ooh, well, Fangoria wasn't very proud of uh, Mr. Carl's letter. <laughs> and they responded, first of all, what is a giant intellect like yourself doing writing to a monster magazine? Secondly, <laughs> you have seemed to confuse journalism with criticism. All of our features are filmmakers' <laughs> interviews. It would hardly be polite to be granted an interview by a well-known horror director and use the opportunity to tear him and his films apart, would it? And it would hardly be sporting to do the same 
to a first-time director. On top of that, it wouldn't be a damn bit of fun. The difference between us, Carl, is that we like movies and the people who make them a lot more than we like empty intellectual games. (laughs) That's a great answer. I mean, really, they're in in the fucking business of selling, not fucking shooing away their fans and stuff. So, really, come on. It's just logic, man. Fucking idiot. Yep. All right. And last one is from John Kirsch from Fort Worth, Texas. And he writes... Dare fan Goria. I love any gory movie I could see. I will always fork over my money to see horror movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Zombie. Unfortunately, I haven't seen that. The problem I, is that... I love that that he says he loves to see gory films and he mentions TCM. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. The problem is that I'm only 13 years old and have no big brothers and sisters to take me to see any horror movies, so my parents have to escort me to the movies that they usually don't want to see. What should I do? And they said... The best solution to that problem was suggested by Joe Dante. When you buy your ticket, pay for it with a $20 bill. It also helps to ask the cashier if they have popcorn for sale inside. There you go. Okay. I think he's saying bribe your way in. Pretty much. Pretty much, I think he's saying buy a ticket for something else with the wink wink, you know, and fucking hand job in the bathroom. Didn't we all do that at one time? I definitely 12, gave 13, a, a movie theater a owner a hand job in the bathroom. Exactly. No, I never had to do that shit. Oh, well, I mean, why people is this? where well, you live don't care about their kids. Do Mexicans so. just look really old at 12 or what? No, I, if I if I had trouble getting in, I would ask somebody to, at, you know, be my parent or something. They're pretty really? good at stop. Yeah, they're pretty good at stopping, uh, stopping the uh, going to a different theater type thing. Especially nowadays with picking seats, I don't think you could really get away oh, see, with we, that. See, like we don't do that in mind. We don't pick our seats and shit, and they don't really have anybody at the entrances either. So it's like one dude's ripping your tickets, and he's like, "Cinema five, three, one, two, six, kind of thing, whatever." You just Man, yeah, go to go to the other one. Going wild, seeing whatever they want, whatever seat they want. It's the wild, yeah, wild west up there. It is the fucking wild, wild west, man. Fucking wild, nice. wild north. Wild, wild north, yeah. All right, that's it for Dead Mail, issue number 14 from 1981. 1981, man. Such a great year. All right, so let's move this along and uh, let's quickly do our box office brawl predictions for Dr. Sleep. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! All right, so when Jeremy was doing his um, dead mail, I went ahead and added up all our tallies and stuff like that. And so we did a really bad job of keeping track of box office brawl this year. I'm going to work harder next year to make sure that it's like all accurate and stuff like that. Why are you saying we? It's you. Don't no, Jeremy started this fucking – I don't know why it's my segment all of a sudden when Jeremy Look. started it. Guys, guys, we can all agree at least it's not my fault. No, it, it's not the ginger's fault, but yeah, you are right, JP. What the fuck, Jeremy? Yeah, oh, this, this is, the, this is Jeremy, supposed to be- Jeremy cheated me out of this season, too, by d- no, purposely JP, you're not just, doing... What do you mean cheated you? Like JP's a sore loser right exactly. now. Exactly. Dude, he cheated me, too, man. I was in the same boat as you, man. Come hey, it sounds oh, like no. me. If he was like, winning, he'd be like, oh... Sore loser right now. If he was winning, he'd be like, oh, yeah. Jeremy, you have to admit, when you got that lead, you slacked off on purpose yeah, just to save your $20. T- totally did. 
hundred percent, man. He did, yeah. Yeah. Um, he sat on a lead, which I did not do in the first. I was down to do everything in the first season. So, so does it turn out that actually right. winning it's by five? Right. I actually <laughs> didn't <laughs> technically lose yet. Uh, I actually anyone... can still tie. Okay, what are the scores? Fuck. Okay, so the uh, scores. Hold on, hold on, real quick. I just want to say I always feel like JP's the one that tries to fuck everyone over because he's always pulling the fucking as Mike says, Price is Rice bids. And you're right. You are Price right. Is rice. You know what? Price you know is what? rice. I've actually talked to the guys about a new role in season three of Box to where Office. Only oh. you can do that. Yeah, no, this is never where, gonna get perfected. I swear to God. I, I I've figured out a solution to that. I, actually, you know what? I'll say it right now. So next season, instead of it being moods versus me, me versus Jeremy, Jeremy versus moods, it is whoever gets closest to the number sounds like an idea you should okay have. are we gonna decide if it's if it, is it under or over it doesn't matter it just closest whoever to the... gets closest to the number so if okay. you you know uh you know so it, what, what it is, is it. now there's less of like if you go third you have a better shot because you're like okay i only care about beating jeremy so i'm just gonna go under you know what i mean it's it's uh let yeah. it's and you want the the closest person gets a point. Nobody else gets anything. So yeah, I get it. It's yeah. it's more about it's more about accuracy, um, at that point. So that's what it's going to be next season. Uh, and it it stops the fact that all of us could technically win. You know, if if I beat Moods, Moods beats Jeremy, and I beat Jeremy. So basically, one point is wait, given Jeremy out every beats, week. That's Jeremy it. beats me. Then yeah, it would be it would be like a bullshit tie but um anyway so i technically still can tie moods you're actually in a better spot than i thought you there are five we there are five movies left if we count 1917 if not there are four movies left um and moods is only three points behind jeremy so there's Mm. four to five movies left and you can still beat jeremy uh you also are one point ahead of me and i'm five points below jeremy so i could only tie or lose depending on if we count 1917 um so that's where we stand right now uh terminator really fucked me because i thought that movie was gonna do what you would expect out of a terminator movie not me well moods actually nailed it it made 29 million and that's what he guessed yeah fuck really wow yeah that's pretty good damn all right so dr sleep moods uh 27 and a half I'm going 23. Wow. It's really low. Hmm. So let me type this in. 27. I've been doing, re- I've been looking at the seating, how many tickets I've been seeing. Dude, been... you fucking go too hard on that. No, nope. I love how, I love how he just tells us that he's cheating. I'm it's not fucking... cheating. I'm doing research. I'm looking at how many seats are being sold at my theaters. How is that cheating? It's just research. For the record, I, I just want to chime in. I hate to do this in his defense. Cheating is only cheating if rules said that he cannot do that from the get go. And I oh, don't shut the fuck up, y'all. Jesus Christ, that. this so, fucking guy comes on the show, starts talking about fucking Jesus. Don't be defending him. Good I'm just God, saying that. Saying. I'm just saying that for the 7:25 showing tonight of Doctor Sleep <laughs> at my theater, there was only four tickets sold on a Friday. Damn. So is I'm it just because saying. I don't know what the fuck is up with this man. I don't get it. Why it's yeah, not I'm doing actually well. I'm actually surprised. 
I'm shocked, man. I, I'm a little bit shocked too. It's crazy, but <sighs> JP, waiting well, on you, man. What, what, what did you guess, Jeremy? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Hold up. Let me let me fill this out because this is another reason why we don't. Why it's hard to keep up with because I don't fucking fill it out when we do it. Twenty-seven point five for moods. You said. Mm-hmm. All right, Doctor Sleep. Um. Well, I'm actually surprised that it's not doing as good. I, I honestly thought this was going to be a big, especially when the reviews started coming out and everybody was saying that it was really good. Um. Well, that's why it's going to do shitty because don't <laughs> like Jeremy always says, man. The good movies always do shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go 22. Wow. Going even lower. Fuck. I thought you were going to, okay. I mean, I'm just at this point, I don't think that I have, I mean, I'm not going to beat Jeremy, but I could still beat you. Mm -hmm. True. True. All right. And then the next film we have won't be for until next show. I will do a prediction for it's knives out. Which is the Who Done It? It's actually pretty cool. A, a, an actual Who Done It, reminding me of like Clue or something. Um, like, that one like, stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Ray like Johnson, an Agatha, like an Agatha Christie film. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a horror film. It's more of like a thriller. But it's uh, it's like a straight up Who Done It. Cool. They're always fun. So that's it. Box office brawl. Yep. All right. That's box office brawl. And now, our feature presentation. All righty, moving into the featured reviews here on episode 167, week two of Italian month here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. And for week two, we are going to be talking about Ricardo Freda. Yes. A question arose as I think JP was... No, well, not who he was. I think because JP probably maybe looked at his bio quickly and quickly noticed that he was born in Egypt. <laughs> and he's like, this guy's not even fucking Italian. Uh, it's actually not man. true. He was just born there. He's actually, you know, his parents are full-blown Italian. He was raised in Italy, went to school, obviously did his whole career there. It and depends died in what, Italy. what you count as Italian. Is Italian where you're he, from or is it your race? He was an Italian citizen. Yeah, he was born in... Egypt became an Italian citizen when his parents went back to Italy, and that's what it is. Yeah, if you were born in Italy because your parents were there because they're in the military, mm -hmm. you're still American. Well, it depends how your citizenship goes. Like, you I've still, got... I... I yeah, you can get dual can get, citizenship, yeah. but yeah, for sure, you're for not sure. going to go around and be like, yeah, I'm Italian. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I actually know a guy, a white dude, that was born in Japan and raised in Japan. And what do you say? He's Japanese. He's Japanese. Yeah. That's what he says. It's it's, it's it's funny when you put it in that perspective, but he was literally born and raised there. His parents went over there. And, Steve-O's so. technically from South America. Yeah, no. see, there you go. No, I thought London. he was born in England. What do your parents say you are, Jeremy? <laughs> An accident. White. Oh, that was a good one. 
white. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ricardo Freda, man. Um, Jerry, Jerry, didn't you have a little? Yes. Uh, born in Alexandria to Italian parents on February 24th, 1909. He was a sculptor and an art critic before joining the film industry in 1937. He worked as a screenwriter and production supervisor, working on films like Leave All Hope, Fireworks, and The Little Adventurers. In 1942, he switched over to directing, and in 1957, he directed his first horror movie. Kind of. The movie was Italy's first horror movie on the sound stage, meaning it was the first horror movie with sound in Italy. But Frida left the film, causing his cinematographer, the future great Mario Bava, to finish the film. Wow. I didn't know uh, that. This was a vampire yeah. film called I Vampire. His a- next horror movie. Oh, do you guys have the same movies? Uh, yeah, AKA Lust of the Vampire. Actually, Screen Factory recently released the movie under Lust of the Vampire. Um, but yeah, I Vampire. And the reason why I didn't pick, I was going to pick this one for it, but it's just that whole thing. I just wanted to film that Fred actually did the whole thing because the whole thing where he stomped off and Baba fin- finished the film and stuff. And I was like, ah, it's like that whole Keltiki thing too, right? Oh, I'm about to get into that. So yeah. with that one, he with with I Vampire, aka Lust of the Vampire, it was arguments with the producers. His next horror movie would follow the same formula with Afrida walking away again. This time, he claims he did it because he wanted Bava to finish Kaltiki the Immortal Monster to give <laughs> that sounds him like a dick. Thing. Well, in this one, he said he did it because he saw the potential in Bava and wanted to help Bava out. So he left to let Bava finish so that uh, Bava would have more experience mm-hmm. in the field. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, that I mean, when you look at Bava doing Kaltiki and what he went on to do, it's just like, it's just <clears throat> yeah. so different. Right? It's oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Freda would hit a few other dark crime movies and a horror fantasy with The Witch's Curse before doing the first movie in our reviews tonight, The Horrible Dr. Hitchcock. In 1962. Well, thanks for reading Wikipedia. That is right, man. So 1960. Dude, that was actually good. There I know, is literally like no information out there unless you're going to buy a book. Trust I me, just... I fucking looked. Yeah, I know. I, oh, I, I, I've looked into Freda before, too, and I'm just like, there's really not a whole lot on him. Quick little bio, but I mean, it's good enough, right? So that's right. So Apparently not. I'm not good enough for Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy's <laughs> never right. getting your dick sucked in a ball pit. Ah oh, man! Not anymore. Oh, the peanut butt. butt. <laughs> Stop peanut butt. Butt one time. It's Never the one time for the one time anymore. <laughs> okay, so the first film up here or tonight is 1962's, of course, the adorable, the adorable, the, the horrible Doctor Hitchcock. He was kind uh, of adorable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Uh, synopsis. In 19th century London, a woman weds a doctor with necrophiliac tendencies and whose first wife died under mysterious circumstances and might be coming back from the grave to torment her successor. So that's right. Yeah, this movie takes place in, I believe, 1885. Yes, so London it, 1885 is a start. So it is, a, so it is a period piece, which is really cool. And I, You know, the first thing you notice about this film, I mean, it's just straight Atmosphere. in your fucking face. Oh, it's super atmospheric. Really, really atmospheric. Great wardrobes and everything. I think they did a really good job with being such a low-budget film, but it's not even that, man. I mean, you expect that type of films, these gothic-type films and shit like that. Um, it's the content, man. 1962, dealing with necrophilia is See, okay, let so, me stop you right there. It's taboo, because, man. Because if I... 
I didn't read the synopsis to this thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way you would get that get that from that. From from what he's doing to his wife, I'm like, okay, what is he? He's like poisoning her or something. What's going on here? How would you ever come up with necrophilia? You, you, unless you, you get it later on when he's in the morgue and he's literally like caressing yeah, was, a corpse. Yeah, he was gonna fuck her right there. Yeah, but and I then the guy walked in. See, I, I I didn't put those two things together honestly until yeah. after I read the synopsis. I was like, oh, okay, so he's like had a fetish that he was trying to, I didn't even know he was having sex with his wife at that point because all he does is like lean on her. I'm like, okay, did he kill her? Is he like trying to kill her and make it no. look like an accident or something? It's just, it's well, dated. No, it's uh because she's like totally just accepting it. Right. You know, he's sedating her to do, to fulfill these necrophiliac fucking, yeah, but you know, I fantasies just, I and just, shit. I feel like if you didn't, like, if you didn't read that somewhere, it would be hard to get I that can see where, that I can see where JP's coming well, from. Well, let me say something. Let me say something here. So, I'm assuming that we probably all watched the version that Olive put out. The Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's actually a cut version. That that version that all wait all I know I actually you know what it's, it's actually cut by it's cut by Amazon. twelve minutes I'm not a hundred percent sure what's cut out of it because I've never seen the uncut version I was talking to Tom aka Horsball uh, yesterday about it and I didn't I should have asked him what was cut out of the film but he does actually have a bootleg version of it and he said it's different you know okay, and I, I'm wondering version, what they did cut out of it because what? dealing with necrophilia I'm assuming it's more maybe it's an opening scene or something that blatantly it's shows just him 1962 though so I, I don't know how much they could have showed what's the timeline on that blu-ray because I read that there was a cut version that's 76 minutes but the version I watched was on Amazon Prime and it was 82 minutes or 89 89 minutes I think uh, the all the Blu-ray is like 77, 70, whatever it is. Yeah. Then Amazon Prime might have the uncut because it was like eighty nine minutes. I'm about to I'm about to look right right I, now. I watched uh, the Amazon version too. Wow. Okay. So don't you don't you have this on Blu-ray? I do, but I was at work. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know. Eighty six minutes on so I, the Amazon Prime. So was there? Is, I one second. I had to go into work the other night for twelve hours just mm. to be there while they redid all of our computers. It was the most annoying, like boring night of my life. Oh man, <laughs> welcome to management, right? And fucking salary. Do you watch movies? Uh, yeah, I watch. Well, I watched this that movie, and then I just fucking watched sports and different shit on my. I was like, couldn't. I didn't feel like watching any more movies that night. Okay, since uh, JP already said, you know, I, I thought maybe there might have been a scene before the scene with his wife, you know, sedating her and shit like that. It's just, even the whole idea is still it's fucking crazy for 1960. It is, but, but honestly, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, if you didn't know yeah. the synopsis, there's no way you would get that he was like, uh, that he was into necrophilia until later in the film, okay. which I didn't really put two and two together until after reading the synopsis anyway. But I mean, do you really need to know in the first scene, though? You're kind of wondering. Maybe it's more. Of I didn't know ever a build until, up to it. I, I just know thought he was he, trying to bring his wife back to life. I did, I just didn't know what the fuck he was doing, man. I bringing was like, his wife, I but didn't she was. Know. Al- but Jeremy, she was alive though. Why would he be bringing her back to life? Oh, <laughs> I didn't, dude. Honestly, I had no fucking idea what he was doing. I mean, until I read it, it read is, about this. Movie. It is a valid. It is a valid point because I mean. When you see a willing participant to, you know, take a needle and all of a sudden she's like, why should she dead later on? Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Wait, 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 wait. 
even if he was doing that, right? Even if she was a willing participant, for what? Like, you don't know that he's like that has nothing to do with necrophilia, right? Like, you, unless you make the comparison from from no, being it, told that it does. It do, no, yeah. she has nothing to do with his fantasy in that sense. She's just letting him do whatever because she's married to a fucking doctor, Listen, or whatever. If, he's not. If he's somebody, not. Into, he's not telling her has, what he's doing. If somebody likes to have sex with like unconscious people. I don't necessarily think right away to necrophilia. You know, I think like, so, more like no, it's a simulation of necrophilia. That's what it I is. Know, yeah. but I don't think you would ever come up with that in like, like, because there's Why? no dialogue telling you. It's just in the synopsis that it says that. No, okay. no, I already, I already agreed with you, man. I, I totally, hundred percent agree with that. I'm just stating what he was doing. Right? She has yeah. no, she doesn't know exactly. I mean, she's just, she's a willing participant because. You know, she's married to he him. He likes to get hot. You know, he's a doctor. She trusts him and whatever and stuff. And then we all, we, we know that it goes a little bad for him. You know, he's, I just think there should have been her. dialogue that like explained even what they were doing because I, I did, I had no fucking idea. I just knew that she died eventually. And I didn't even know that was her that died at first until I went back and rewatched that scene. Well, what oh, about really? the opening? What about the opening scene where he's like, you know, he's digging the, the grave and stuff. Don't you think it has something to do with that? Why would a doctor be digging a grave? I thought it had something to do with like, you know, like the, 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 so uh, you know, grave robbing or like experiment. I didn't know what the, uh, it opens up with like medical scenes and stuff. I'm thinking that it's mm-hmm. going to be about um, like a, like a, uh, you know, the, just trying the, to bring her back to life. The doctor and the devils type, you know, <laughs> Jeremy, but she was alive though. <laughs> but not at the, she died eventually. Yeah, I know. That's the accident that happens. That leads into our whole kind of ghost story type thing or yeah, revenge story that, or whatever. I think the whole opening of this film is done really bad, honestly. I just think I, that I unless think so. you know what's going on, it's fucking confusing and doesn't make sense. But, dude, that's there's nothing wrong with reading a synopsis. Though. I mean, it's kind of your own I, fault well, for not reading it. No, really. come on, dude. You shouldn't have to read a synopsis to know what happens it's, at the beginning of a movie. It's four lines. I mean, dude, he's a doctor digging but up I'm a fucking you grave. It's implied that he's doing something. It's right. implied that he's doing something. Fucking, I think he's Herbert West and everybody. You know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. Yeah, it's like, it's fair <laughs> enough. It's fair enough. I just I don't think it's done poorly at all. I mean, it doesn't have to be fucking you know straight up like spoon fed to you too. I mean, there's a scene where he's digging up something, then it, it cuts it, into I'm him fucking with his wife a little bit. Homie. I'm just asking for like any you know idea of what's going on at all well the idea is the synopsis read the four lines and then there's your fucking idea here's the thing like (laughs) what like you you shouldn't we make that argument all the time like you shouldn't have to read a synopsis to know like the synopsis isn't the film that's somebody who is explaining the film that's not part of the film what do you mean it's not part of the film? It just gives you a general interpretation. That's somebody's interpretation of what of that's you know a, an, an executive or something writing what ha- the film's about. That's not well, the dude, film. Okay, regardless of the beginning of the film, there's still is scenes where he's like groping fucking dead corpses and shit. I mean, really, like why else would he be doing that? He blatantly lies to the doctor that comes in there. Oh, I was checking for this and that. Like, what the fuck's he doing in there, man? You know he's know. not That's in there doing saying. that. I don't know what he's doing because it doesn't show you or tell you. Well, maybe you should read between the lines. Maybe pay attention to the fucking movie, man. I just thought she, he was trying to steal something to try to bring his wife back to life. Yeah, I'm. Go- <laughs> we're, you got to realize we're uh, we're going into this movie not knowing anything. You know, Jeremy, I don't know anything. But Jeremy, at that point where he gets caught in that room yeah. with the doctor, he's already. It's twelve years later, and he's remarried. Right. I know. So I thought like he was gonna like sacrifice his current wife to try and bring back his old wife. 
Well, that's that's where the movie takes a really strange turn because it's like such a strange thing. We get this like opening where you know apparently it's not anything to do with necrophilia. According I to thought he was people. trying to Doctor Fives it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's so many ways that you think the movie's going to go because it doesn't really. There's no real dialogue or. You know, it's because it's also 1962, and they just can't show certain but shit. But that's the way that's the way movies were filmed back in the day. I mean, if you look at any film from like the 30s all the way up into this point, they always have choppy storytelling in the beginning of films. It just kind of get you ever notice when you watch a film it, from the 30s? I, I do know that, but the movie starts like in the in like the middle of a scene where you think like, holy shit, this <laughs> should be 30 minutes into the movie, kind of thing. Yeah, I get it, man. That's exactly what's going on here. But so essentially, what happens here is that this doctor. You know, he's playing these fantasy games with his wife and he accidentally gives her a lethal dosage of, um, of, you know, this, whatever Poison it is, or this point, whatever Hold he's up. giving her. I want to say it's a, he did sedating, not do whatever. it accidentally. Really? No, he, he does went do it. Back. No, because he pulled it and then he was going to do it. He turns back around, grabs a different vial, refills. But now that doesn't make goes sense. Then does it. It does make sense. He... He had a wife who would do he his He wanted thing, a real necrophilia. But he wanted it to be real. And so he killed her. And then as soon as he killed her, he actually regretted it because he really did love her. And he freaked out and took her out of the room. His fetish went too far. But you're right about that. He actually does go back and get a, a, a change out, a second shot with a different vial. Yeah, but what's in the vial, though? It's not. It's not like the scene. It's not the scene where he actually fucking tries to poison his current wife, Barbara no, Steele. No, he's saying. He's saying wife. there's a there's a scene where the dude's about to, you know, hey, honey, let's do this thing with this yeah, vial. I know what scene he's talking and about. He like fakes her out yeah. and gets a different vial. Mm-hmm. So the intentional murder. I'm saying. I'm just saying it's not accidentally. I think he did kill her intentionally. I know, but I think but he it, did immediately regret it. But he did do it intentionally. See, it's funny because I think that I thought that he was just getting another dosage of the sedative that was. He might have been going, but I he as See, a that's doctor. That's the problem knows with this film is that it's that, not really done well enough to to know for sure. Because his reaction, like when she dies, I understand it can go either way. That oh shit, like I fucked up and you know I shouldn't have actually killed her and stuff like that. But I mean, it does make a little bit of sense because the first thing he does after she dies is instead of burying her like normal people do, he, he put her in the fucking dungeon of his castle, which is kind of leading towards the fact that maybe he's saving her for later to fuck her. Also, right? it's why that first scene where he knocks out a person uh, in a graveyard is so important because it shows that he's having a harder time to control his urges, which well, is why he ends up killing his wife in the first place is because he couldn't control his urges anymore and the whole fake sleeping thing wasn't doing him for it anymore. He, I mean, I guess they didn't See, have ice back then. He could have gave so her an ice bath easily. lower the fucking temperature. And all I mean, this would be so much more easily digestible if you just like knew that he was a necrophiliac at the beginning and not just hinted at because I, then you have people like me who don't know anything about this movie and get like all the way through the movie and didn't even notice stuff like that because you don't think that he's a, there's nothing you wouldn't know unless somebody told you. I think, I think there's a part in the movie that you should have figured it out regardless of if you read anything. But I, know, I didn't really put two the two together either. JP. I, the, the, when he's in the autopsy room, yeah, that's and the scene he, I, was, I already talked about that scene. Yeah, I know, get, but I'm just saying, like, that scene also coupled with uh, the guys when they were doing the surgery on her saying, oh, he could have saved her. 
And it starts to make you go, oh, maybe he didn't save her for a reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe he yeah. wanted her dead for a yeah, reason. But see, I just, my mind doesn't go instantly to necrophilia. Well, you're not best friends with Kenneth because if you were, <laughs> you would go to necrophilia right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, yeah, mean, so- I, I knew that this movie was about necrophilia beforehand. Yeah. See, I think I that's the big agree. aspect, man. I think and, if you know that, then it's it's a different watch. Like, yeah, I feel like I, it. I feel like you, it's harder to pick up than you might think. Yeah, like I said, I agree that there is a lot to be desired when it comes to dialogue and storytelling in this movie. Uh, in fact, I had two instances where the subtitles told me what was going on, w- revealing stuff to me. Um, <laughs> When uh when uh fucking Barbara Steele's uh getting talked to by the random voices in the cemetery or not the cemetery as she enters the place for the first time after dark uh the, after they get back from the opera and she's there by herself and she starts hearing a, a voice the subtitles clearly told me that it was the housekeeper talking like it really wasn't, yeah, really it literally gives you away. Like, I wrote, uh, well, the subtitles of the voice telling uh, Cynthia that she will die in her sleep that night. She comes home from the concerts, give away that it's uh, Margaret, his dead wife. And what the hell? And literally turns around and fucking says that it's the fucking uh, um, maid. And then at the very end of the movie, when it's uh, Martha dressed up as the dead wife. But they don't show you that it's Martha. These subtitles tell you it's Martha. She speaks and it puts Martha says this. <laughs> wow. Um, really? And, That's crazy. And, and okay, JP, did you know it was Martha, the housekeeper, dressed up as the wife? No. No, I didn't know See, that either. <laughs> the movie did not communicate that at all. So I no. understand the movie not communicating well. Um, I get Here's that. another thing. What's up with the fucking, uh, this dude leaves his house for 10 years and like just comes back in his same fucking housekeeper still there. Oh, I know he's sad. Like, Actually, yeah, that would, be, that would be pretty common. For a lot 10 of those people, fucking years? 12 yeah, years. Yeah, a lot of those people years. lived on site and worked there every day of their life, lived there. Where are they getting money them. at? He's, a he's rich. He's a fucking famous doctor. I mean, mm-hmm. is he mail? He's mailing the money back. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally wasn't uncommon. Well, also, that wasn't uncommon. He's not, he owns the property. He doesn't have to like. And yeah, I guess so. Well, no, and I, I think it's implied that he was he was going away for a while because he was so distraught about his wife's death and stuff that he was going to go away for a while. I mean, I don't know why he needed twelve years to to get over it to come back, but he comes back with a wife and shit. <laughs> yeah. But that's why she greets him like nothing is out of the ordinary because she knew he was coming back sometime, and that's just how it is right yeah it was still his property so i think it's kind of implied that and stuff and but yeah like the end of the movie that's a little bit fucking wild jerry with the fucking subtitles that's pretty crazy shit man actually yeah like i was sitting there and i'm like wow i did not know that this was this person i I really thought it was uh like the whole time i'm watching this i'm like this is very Screaming skull. The whole bar See, I, now, now I'm, screaming I'm, fucking, skull. I'm confused here, man. I am so confused now because the way the movie leads you to believe is that the corpse that basically comes back, like she was like kind of never dead kind of thing, right? No, and, that bitch was dead. 
that yeah the, that's the way it, it plays out that she was actually never she never did die that's why she was put downstairs blah 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 and that it's kind of this revenge thing because mm-hmm. you know you know and it seems like the the maid marta marta is actually in on it kind of thing right like she knows about the wife that you know was supposedly killed or whatever and it's like a revenge thing it's that's the way it plays out it's kind of so, this revenge tale and it's like so if you're telling me that the subtitles are telling you that it was her dressed up what was her motive yeah. to so, what was okay. so what was her motive besides she the fact is, that that she was does she she just blames him for murdering uh, his wife and that she's going to murder well, his he, new wife played by barbara Steele. like is that what's she, going on here then well she doesn't like barbara Steele. She clearly uh, was friends with the first wife, really liked the first wife. Well, I know um, she doesn't like Barbara. That's my point. So what, it's, yeah, it's so not it's protecting when, her. So she's when, not trying to save her ass. No, God, no, no, no. So that's no, what no, I'm no, saying. No. That it doesn't make sense to me. Then. She's trying to kill her. Um, she's, trying to, well, she's trying to scare her away. Yeah. Um, but there's, here's my theory on what happened here. Mm-hmm. Our housekeeper, Martha... Yeah. was very much good friends with the original wife, uh, yes. Margaret. Yes. When Margaret died, it kind of fucked with Martha's head. Well, she had 12 um, years to think about it too, right? And she had 12 years alone yeah. in yeah. that house because exactly. we never see her quote-unquote sister that's there that got taken away. But yeah. we also never see, Mar- we never see Martha, the housekeeper. Anytime we hear voices... Or hear a scream, or know where she's at when. Uh, no, isn't there, isn't there one the person? Is there not one scene <clears throat> where she's? Oh, maybe she's just explain. Oh no, that's a scene actually where she's talking to. Yeah, she's just to Barbara. She's stuff. she's explaining it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. she living inside this house by herself mm-hmm. for twelve fucking years goes a little crazy, um, and dresses up in Margaret's clothing and i think she starts fantasizing about becoming margaret no longer being a housekeeper the guy who worked who she works for is not there for 12 years she's running that place living in a giant fucking mansion yeah yeah. she starts taking the place of margaret and and when they come back and a new fucking wife is there she's got to get rid of her Fast. So, she... um, do you think that do you think that this film is definitely inspired by uh, Psycho? <laughs> uh, no, it's inspired by the Screaming Skull. Okay, but um, there's a premature burial fucking um, shot in the this, film too with you know, Edgar Allan Poe. Are, are we shit. sure? Are we sure that this uh, Freda isn't a big fan of Hitchcock? No, he's a big fan of the Screaming Skull. This is literally okay because I'm just saying, like that. the next film too is very. St- fucking psycho-ish really y'all have to explain that to me i don't see it in the next film at all yeah that's interesting yeah we'll, we'll have to get to that but continue along um i'm trying to figure out how this is even psycho in this movie well, what do you well, see psycho because, about what do you this mean movie? because the uh you know the the person being dead the whole time and the the housekeeper dressing up like the person and I, it's I mean, called fucking dr hitchcock I mean, I can kind of see the... Okay, it's Hitchcock. It's Hitchcock. I, I, I can see where you're going. Okay, I can see where you're going. Well, I mean, still, I don't it's close I, enough to Hitchcock. It's Hitchcock. Yeah. I'm still going to... I kept thinking the Screaming Skull when I was watching it. Uh-huh. I've only seen that like one time forever ago. I, you I only do. need to see that movie once. That's yeah. fine. 
Um, so essentially all the scenes that we get with with Marta going down through which I always thought was the funniest thing in the in the film too is that she's kind of got this uh the secret pass passage passageway you know down to the dungeon and it's like this mirror door but it has a fucking handle on it I, I never yeah, understood that exactly. if you want it to be secretive you know with that little push little angle thing on the side there why the fuck would it have a handle on it what the hell is the handle going to do Yeah, I, it does. It literally does nothing because it just gives really away that there's a door there. It just gives it away. But anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, she is going down there. She she goes down to the basement, what, a couple different times in the film? And shit, so it kind of makes sense that, like, I mean, you guess you kind of have to interpret what she's doing down there. There's but, I mean, a lot of interpretation in this movie. Because I'm, cause if, really cause if she is the one that's dressing up as, you know, the fucking, you know, the the dead wife and shit. So she was going down there just kind of planning out her fucking attack and shit like that or what? Pretty much. She was trying to drive uh, So where'd the uh, body Barbara go? Steele's character. What do you mean? The, the, the dead body? Yeah. Well, we only, see the, we only see the dead body once, really, of Margaret. Uh, and we only see it from the back. And that's when Barbara Steele thinks she sees uh, Martha's sister who mm-hmm. went crazy and is still there but was supposedly was sent off. That's the only time we see the corpse. And technically, we don't know if that's a corpse. That could be a fucking mannequin. It could be a watermelon. I have no fucking idea what that is. Yeah, it's wait, weird, wait, wait. So fake. wait, the um the Did we ever see her sister? I don't even no. remember. No, we no, never see her. Sister. So who the fuck screamed then? She did. She's covering up her own craziness because she went fucking a yeah, little bit. She's loopy. with them when the scream get, happens. No, she's not. Is she, I'm pretty sure she's there, right? It's it's all three of them there, and then you hear the scream, and they're like, "What?" And she's like, "Oh, that's." See, I thought my there was sister. a scene like that too. That I thought there was a scene like that too, and that was what I was alluding to. I'm like, I swear there was a scene where everybody no, was in the room and there was a scream. I could have sworn. No, those two hear the scream, or I actually think only Barbara Steele hears the scream, and she asks about it, and that's when. They go, no, oh, well, I'm telling you, saying. I'm pretty sure that she's in the room when that happens. I don't think she is, but we'll have to. I, I guess yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, I mean, maybe play. you're right, but I, I just. See, for I some thought reason, there was a scene too. That's what I was alluding to before. It's like right like, at the beginning when they if, first get there. If there is a scream in there, then they definitely fucked up because there should <laughs> not be a scream with it because there is no supernatural angle to this movie. There's just not. Mm-hmm. It is all just. And actually, stories. when you really think about it, the the whole necrophilia aspect doesn't even need to be in the movie for it to it really doesn't that was them just be the, yeah like because she could have died from murder actually it would have made it which you're saying she did if that would actually make more fucking sense as like a he's the villain type thing but i don't yeah. know it's i don't know you don't really need it but no of course you don't it doesn't really pay much of a factor because you know when they put the body downstairs he doesn't really do anything with it right yeah. So it's kind of in, like I said, it's kind of showcased to you that maybe he's kind of saving it, but nothing. Did ever they really say comes how, it, what so. she died from? Uh, no. no, no, they never be, say it because he would have because he, he would have been the one doing the he autopsy. Been the so. fucking doctor, but <laughs> yeah. he did. He does mention later on that he doesn't. You when uh, he kills the blonde, uh, I think she was blonde, the blonde chick that he's gonna try to fuck on the autopsy table later on. Mm-hmm. He mentions because they go. You could have saved her if you would have used your um, uh, serum, whatever the fuck it is, the anesthesia that he has that he was using on his wife. 
And he goes, I'll never use that again. Uh, we don't know clearly how much it takes to do what on a human body, which is him referencing his wife. Which he's referring to it as anesthesia, though. Yes, he's right. So that goes back to my point that it, like, he didn't read, he didn't grab the poison because they never really show the bottle. Oh, he might not have been poison. He went back to it. Could have, but I know it was a second bottle. It could have just been a second bottle of more fucking liquid, and he pulled enough that he thought either he does reference that there's two different types of anesthesia and i think what he was i think what he was possibly doing is when he gives her the first shot she's still kind of conscious so he goes to the other stuff that obviously is not proved to be you know usable in the medical field and it fucking did her in kind of thing right i think that's i still think he did it on purpose see i don't think so i don't think so like i think if they had a I mean, you kind of have to allude to the fact that, I mean, they blatantly show the poison bottle when he tries to kill Barbara Steele later on in the film, right? I mean, it's just yeah. fucking blatantly obvious what he's doing there. But are you going to rely yeah, on this movie it says to poison convey... in big letters. Yeah, yeah but... but are you going to rely on this movie to convey any information you need? Not really, but in dialogue, he does He does say, you know, like you just referenced the part where he's like, well, I'm, n- I'm never going to use that anesthesia but again because... that could be a symptom of deep regret because he obviously regrets her death but he but they did he also did say in the film that it wasn't it wasn't fully tested yet and he regrets kind of using it i mean obviously so the wait, result what, of what not you, fully what would the reason for him to do the the double the double take then because he wants to fuck a dead body and his fetish is not working anymore with her just passing out from the drugs i mean yeah, that's no, one I'm, I'm saying for moods oh, oh i just told you is... i just told you because the first dose that he gave her she was still conscious, right? He, wa- he she wasn't. I mean, fully that would make sense to- for an overdose, right? You give that's, a little dose, and then he's like, saying, "Okay, that, that's what I'm saying." Accidental overdose. I'm saying overdose on purpose. Yes, I, I, I'm aware what both of you guys are saying. I'm just, yeah, yeah. It's just I'm two different interpretations. Out and, both of your points to and see I'm what trying to. Sense. I'm trying to throw in the dialogue too, where you know he seems. I mean, honestly, he does seem a little bit genuine after he realizes that the second shot that he gave her kind of fucked her up and killed her kind of thing right and i mean you know, it really can work both ways i don't think that it necessarily matters in the core you know narrative of the film um at this point it doesn't really considering <laughs> the, I kind the whole of, thing with marta i kind of wish that it was that it wasn't accidental just because it makes him more of like a villain that's why but, i think it works better like that's the way I interpreted it because he does say in that one scene, like I'm not using that shit anymore because you know, and you kind of lose the fact it hasn't been fully tested properly. And he knows the end result of that anesthesia. It fucking kills. But I also think he, but it, but it, it was that lady it on the autopsy table. That's why he didn't use the anesthesia. He knows how to use it properly. He knows he could have used it to save her life, but he chose not to because he but wanted here's to fuck the, dead here's body. The flaw in that argument moods is, um, it wasn't the anesthesia that did it. It was the, extra dose according to what you're saying happened because he gives her a dose and then he gives her too much of a second dose well but no it's, that, it's, that it's, does it's, play into what moods is saying no it's, moods is saying he doesn't know how, that he killed her on accident he thought he would give her enough to put her down he didn't so he put a little bit more killed her so later on in mm-hmm. the autopsy table he doesn't or when he's doing whatever it is to that girl to save her life he doesn't use the anesthesia that could have allowed them to do surgery because he doesn't know how much to use yeah. without killing. He doesn't know how much to use safely. 
he has well, like probably an untested the first amount. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing because they, like you said, he alludes to the fact that it's it's kind of untested. Yeah. He's not sure what and, the dosage is, well, and that, I and, mean, and I would say know- that the first amount that he gave her when she was still alive was probably the appropriate amount. Yeah, but that was the first fantasy. Like this is like a different bottle. Yeah, right. And so it's a different thing. So my interpretation, he's he he is a horrible doctor. He is. A oh yeah, essentially, he is a horrible doctor. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. purposely killed his wife. That's the joke purposely, of the episode. My interpretation is this guy is actually yeah. a horrible doctor. Uh, yeah. He purposely killed his wife. He purposely let the woman on the operating table die so that he could uh, fuck her dead body. And he's pretty much doing everything on purpose, and he eventually does want to kill Barbara Steele because he, uh, his basically his necrophilia has gotten to him, and he kind of cracks and goes crazy, and that's why he kind of does believe that his wife is back in Martha, even though they do a goddamn shitty job of explaining that because they don't really show him going crazy; they just show him as a guy who really wants to fuck a dead body. It is really. It's just My so head's awkward. Gonna explode. It's just so fucking awkward too. It's awkward. Wrong when, podcast, Jeremy. Because like, <laughs> goes to kill his wife, and then fucking, you know, he sees like what he thinks is his wife, and he's like, oh, he's all of a sudden just like on her side, like let's get her, let's do this yeah. kind of thing, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? It's just, it's an awkward transition with the character arcs. I don't know. It's fucking no, strange. The whole man. movie's awkward, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, from a narrative There's standpoint, the, uh, my favorite parts of the movie is honestly the shit where nothing's happening, where yeah. it's like the girl wandering through the fucking creepy oh. house like thinking that she's being haunted. But, but those but those points totally make like those are the awesome aspects of the film though, man. I mean, if you look at, you know, just the atmosphere of this movie and just the the set pieces. Yeah, it shit, does have good atmosphere. I want to steal huge has, ass fucking eyes. Yeah, man, and it's got a lot of good shit going on in it. Yeah, narrative-wise, this one is a little bit messy, more that we talk about it. it's. But, I mean, really, man, when you're watching gothic horror films, I mean, it's, more, get, about, it's more about the aesthetic. Fan, let's re- review Phantom of the Opera. It's it's more Sad. about the aesthetic. Yeah, I know, but that aesthetic is not, as, it's not even close to as good as this. But, I mean, when you're watching gothic horror films, I mean... Do we need it to have a shitload of logic? Yeah, maybe sometimes. I mean, yeah, but, I, I need it, I need some logic well, no, in this thing. But I mean, I there is. I mean, there's interpretations with... here. I think there is. Well, <laughs> it's open for logic it's and interpretation. That, it's not that there's not logic. It's sloppy. That's yeah, what it, it is. Yeah, right. I don't think this movie has an issue with logic. I think it has an issue with not delivering important information it needs to deliver. Yeah. Well, there um, is there. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, the there, only there, reason I have as good of a grasp on the movie as I do, you did really good, Jerry. I'm, I'm actually very happy for here. It's mm-hmm. only I, the two scenes of subtitles that that made me go, oh, so this is this and this is this, and I was able to like type out a uh, see, what I don't notice shit happened. like that because I don't see. Ever I already remember like, I already noticed that names but I, don't work for me. I can't believe that the subtitles just like that's weird that it even says that to you though. <laughs> it's kind of I dude, that. I almost took a picture of it and sent it to y'all and was like, "That's really funny. so." This when the first one happened, I was like, "Cause the first time it does it, it tells you that it's the dead wife." Yeah, see, that's bullshit, man. And that's... then, but but then at the end of the fucking end of that scene, it tells you it's Martha. So it's trying to confuse you then. So, first, so so it's like, oh, it's his dead wife. And I'm like, oh, well, thanks. Now I don't know if it's the dead wife or Martha. It's clearly the dead wife. And you ruined a reveal that's going to happen. And yeah. then at the end of it, it's like, just No, kidding. because at it the time, Martha. it's telling you what the person, what the viewer is perceiving. It's supposed to be thinking. Yeah. But then they ruin that by revealing that it's Martha <laughs> doing it. I yeah, See, yeah. I don't even – I didn't know, remember who Martha even was. I was like, is Martha the, the dead wife? Yeah, yeah I know she's... now. I'm so, saying yeah. while watching. 
I I have a thing where I, when I watch a movie, I try my best to make. It I know. I do. Where it's I'm just like Martha, sick. housekeeper, Margaret, first dead wife. I just can't say Barbara Steele's name in this movie, so I just kept saying Barbara Steele. Barbara Steele, yeah. yeah. I do that with famous actresses. I'll just refer to them so people know who we're fucking talking about, right? Yeah. Because a lot I of times, we listen to reviews, they don't know what the fuck we're talking about, so. Yeah. That actually that actually turned out to be a pretty fun review. But that's good. I'm glad that you interpreted the film differently than I did, because it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's pretty open for and interpretation. It kind of is. And it's that. pretty funny, because it's literally one scene yeah. sets us apart from having a he's a darker villain to yeah. uh an accident leads him kind of mentally astray for the rest of his life yeah it's completely changes that's interesting yeah it is interesting uh, yeah yeah but anyway well let's get into ratings all right jerry you go first oh i go first uh oh okay so i actually i really wanted to like this more um I felt like it should have went deeper with its subjects, but it being in the 60s, I guess it really couldn't. It's filmed beautifully. Um, it's a little dull at times, and the dialogue leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. It just it feels unbalanced as it bounces between our two haunted characters, uh, making neither really feel like they stick with us. Um, so half the movie having two different issues with two different characters... Just it just made it to where neither one were well done. So I ended up giving it a six out of ten, and I do kind of wonder how much of knowing that uh, there's a historical part in this with it being necrophilia if that bumped my score up to make me think it's a more important film or not. <laughs> but I think at least because the script and story and dialogue are very fucking lacking and it's not clear in its thing, so. I could see someone rating this lower than six, um, but I do think it's a solid six. All right. Well, you you are correct, sir, because uh, I think this movie is pretty sloppy. Um, I think the the best parts of it are like this the uh, slow burn aspect in the creepy mansion. Um, but I, I thought that it was messy at the beginning. Um, now I think it's even more messy after discussing it. Uh, I thought I, I truly do think if if you guys didn't know that it was about necrophilia, you would. Or, or, even though that tended to not even really matter so much, I think that you wouldn't have picked it up as easy as even even with the scene where he's like kind of loving on the body. Talk about or giving whatever. us no credit, eh, Jerry? We, we could. I, I just, I just, I just, I'm not saying you can never. I don't even know why I'm on this show. I, I'm <laughs> I just, I just came on to talk shit about Jeremy. I stole this whole review off the Body Bags channel. Uh, this guy <laughs> who was reviewing <laughs> the Howlin' said all this shit, and I just wrote it down. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking well, this, dumb, this movie actually is a little bit—I wouldn't say famous, but it has been noted for being that early necrophilia film. So, I mean, it's I mean, that makes—that's cool. I've heard that's that cool. before, even knowing that, even before I saw this film a and, couple years ago. And and honestly, now that I do know that it's. Uh, has that aspect i think it's even more cool because i do yeah. think that necrophilia is a cool thing to have in a film um but I do you too, know man i i think it's awesome I, I, yeah i think necrophilia is an underused um horror uh subject matter mm-hmm. but uh you know i i'm not saying that you couldn't ever guess that that's what it was about but i'm saying from my perspective it's not easy 
uh, I think that it's a very fair to assume that somebody wouldn't get that. Um, so uh, I'm going to give it an extra half point for the cool, fun atmosphere and the necrophilia a- after the fact. But I'm coming in at a five and a half out of ten. I just don't think it's a very good movie. Oh, Jeremy. So it seems like I clearly didn't get the necrophilia either, and I thought it was totally something else. And Jerry's subtitles kind of helped the fact that what was really going on now that he explained it. I didn't really but, think we were going to get into that far of the ending, though, until Jerry <laughs> mentioned the subtitles. I'm like, okay. But I was at a seven at this before, but now that we've been talking about it and stuff like that, I guess that it is pretty sloppy and the story really doesn't make too much sense with the dialogue. So I'll knock it down a point to a six. See, that's what you need to do every every film is to explain your thought process behind your rating. Like that was fine and it was quick. Mm -hmm. You know, what's wrong with doing that instead of like four out of ten? I just want to say I think I've inspired him to. <laughs> you probably well, did, damn it! You, you fucking scared him. I wouldn't say inspired him. Jesus, what do you man, mean scared? How did I scare him? The date I conversation, man. Butt, he, he went pretty. He wow. went. He went pretty fucking quiet after you said you're gonna fucking uh, urinate uh. in his asshole. Come on, dude. I'd be a little quiet after that too. Um, yeah, dude. I, you know, it, it when it comes to when it comes to films like this, sometimes. I don't know. I, I I can be a little bit more lenient with messy narratives and shit like that. I mean, yeah, this one, it, it was it was very interesting because the way I interpreted the film, I just that's the way I interpreted it. It just works for me. So it worked for me on that level. Um, you know, you know me, man. When I watch these gothic films and shit like that, it's all about aesthetic atmosphere and shit like that. That's really what I'm watching the movies for and stuff. I've always been a big fan of this. And yes, the narrative is a little bit messy, um, but I think Barbara Steele's pretty good in the film um you know you can never get away from those fucking huge bulgy beady eyes or whatever the fuck she's got man it's awesome i just love her um but uh yeah you know narrative wise is eh, kind of all over the place but i'm gonna come in at a six and a half out of ten out of this uh, on this one also um it's fun i actually really enjoy the shit out of this but you know it is pretty damn messy to go any higher for sure so. i think a, a rewatch i would not, I'm not saying like soon, but like in a couple of years, I would probably enjoy it more knowing, not being confused for the first like you know, couple minutes, <laughs> a little bit of the movie. But, but it's, um, it, it's that typical choppy fucking narrative telling, you know. I can. Oh yeah, it's very I know. Giallo. Like if you uh, put Italian on films are fucking known for this shit. Trust me. Um, me and Luis talk nonstop about it because he's trying to. He's been like going crazy on Italian films. Been watching like a bunch. And like he's he does he sends videos to me of like shit that don't make sense and I'm like yeah you're right it doesn't <laughs> yeah I mean but everybody knows that that watches giallos man not everything makes sense in those movies it's just the way it is I mean the fucking goddamn writers will tell you that shit so, yeah is what it is man yeah okay so moving along ten years later into the seventies. 1972 did you guys have you guys didn't watch this film for the 72 show did you you know what i thought i did i thought i did but i didn't it's actually one of the reasons why i ended up picking this movie because originally i was going to go with the ghost which came out i think two or three years after uh the horrible dr hitchcock um it's actually a sequel to that movie and i was like uh but you know it's dr hitchcock 
It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a direct sequel, and it's got Barbara Steele in it. And, Shit. and she's a fuck. Yeah. So I was going to do that, but the thing one is... One year later. Oh. Is it one year? Okay. Well, whatever. Whatever. Um, I didn't pick it because I, I just... I don't know, man. They... There's no good transfers that out there. Out there, like it I have was an Alpha on Amazon DVD. Prime. I know that because I, I, when I was looking up Frida stuff, it, I noticed that the ghost was on Amazon Prime. Was it really crazy? See, I don't. We don't have any of that shit up here, so didn't even think of that. But, uh, but yeah. So, anyways, I went with tra- Tragic Ceremony because you know it is what it is. 1972 Tragic Ceremony. Um, Snops this. Actually, this one right here is actually featuring Camille Keaton, who's. Probably most famous for being in "I Spit on Your Grave," aka I "Day of the Woman." Have the ugliest pair of titties around. What? I don't know. I think they're ugly boobs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you missed a boob expert over here. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to disagree and say that any movie with Camille Keaton nude in it is an automatic ten out of ten. And for you to say otherwise uh, is revolting and shows Camille why Keaton's you super cute in this do movie. Do not I didn't say she's not cute. Action. I just said she has bad boobs. Yeah, she definitely. This is probably one of the best she's ever looked. To be honest, she looks better in this than a spit on your grave. But um, well, Carly's gonna have because I had to reference this. So Carly's gonna have Camille Keaton boobs in her search history <laughs> on her laptop here. Dude, her really? boobs are absolutely fine. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about, bro? Jeremy, what are you comparing it to? Your mom's? Like, I don't understand what you're <laughs> sure. fucking doing. Probably here. my mom's. <laughs> All right, synopsis. Four young people witness a black mass at a remote English estate and find themselves terrorized while they attempt to make sense of what they witnessed. It's Man, I didn't weird. like this movie. Really? Personally. Right off the bat, coming out. Oh, Just by personally. the way... Um, this is not the one I was talking about. I was talking about the next movie as being kind of psycho-ish. Uh, I did, I did, I watched them out of order. I watched this one last. I was going to say actually, because you said the next movie, I was thinking that because you even said that you watched Tragic Ceremony late today. Yeah, I watched it today. Well, since Jeremy's coming out the gates fucking thing. Personally, I just said, personally, I don't like it. Well, what, what are your thoughts on it? I don't know. I just didn't really care for the characters too much. I thought they were all pretty bland and boring <laughs> and of course the dream sequence is insane i mean of course it's like the best part of the movie kind of but it's just like absolutely ridiculous and i just thought the narrative was pretty boring and not dude, dude wait, that's you're, talking really you're, 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 movie, you're talking about the other you're talking about the you're talking about murder I obsession was thinking, like dream sequences like no, there's and then dr- i was thinking of like that fl- that quick flash of the uh of at the beginning of the movie, the, not where, the dream uh, sequence, the, the murder sequence, whatever, when they all go crazy and they start killing each other. Oh, the cult. Uh, okay, that's yeah, not yeah, a dream yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's the best part of the movie, but I just think that the rest of the narrative, there's n- nothing really much going on. To be honest, this is a lot of dialogue and talking between the characters who I really don't care about to begin with. And I just thought the story was kind of shitty. So, just personally, I really didn't like it that much. I like the whole possession part of the film, man. I think it's because it kind of throws you for a loop at first because you think that they're running from, you know, these cult members that are coming to get them, even though they fucking offed each other in a fit of rage. It was like the weirdest scene ever. Yeah. And then you kind of think that 
you know, they're coming after him because that's how it's portrayed. They're like, they're scared. You know, they go to the mom's house and then they're, oh, fuck it, man. You know, dad's out of town. Let's go to his cottage, you know, kind of thing. And they're, they're camping out, you know, waiting for shit to blow over. Yeah, and, then and nothing turns, happens. It turns into a fucking supernatural. It turns into a possession slasher film, essentially. It's what it is. People get picked off one by one. So, so what is the, um, well, that's putting it f- quite slowly. <laughs> it happens pretty fast. But um, what what is the what, what was the reason? What were they running from? The, uh, the guy killed because he the killed the lady. Girl. He killed she put the, the lady. dagger in her chest. So our main character Bill. So is they're scared. They're, the, they're like going to go to jail for all that shit because yeah. they see it on the news and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, because okay, I was just making sure that that's what it was. That that's why they were because like I would think like oh well they kidnapped our our friend and like we had had to defend ourselves type thing i mean you Uh, probably could have chalked it up as that but technically they didn't kidnap uh jane she kind of they were doing some kind of ritual on her so i mean she's essentially got hypnotized to go down there because why would you just randomly walk down the stairs kind of thing but no the reason why they're running we know that as viewers but i'm saying like their defense to the police would be like they fucking were doing some kind of cult shit on our friend clearly you could see that that's what they were doing i know but like even try to explain that away to a cop like hey there was this cult and they tried to murder my girl and then all of a sudden you know with self-defense i stabbed this other chick like you don't you just never want to try and explain that to somebody so they're like i mean you don't want to but in in an actual like realistic and i know this is a movie but in a realistic sense like i think that would be better than trying to run away from a murder um well i mean they're also scared that you know not only that they ran or not only that bill killed the lady of the house there but they're also scared that you know something or that they're actually going to come after him too because they don't know that everyone's dead and everyone didn't die technically they said there was only eight bodies and there was more people than that so Um, i mean at that point i mean if you're running and getting the fuck out of there they don't know that they're still alive right so this movie's very weird man like it's it's a um it's a weird one and you're right because it goes one way and then like in the final act and and what i meant by like it happens fast is like um it's not like picked off one by one like slasher style it's like oh like this this all happens in like the final like 15 20 minutes <laughs> I, I always felt like the very first time i watched tragic ceremony that they had an idea for a film and but you know there's the okay so they had these idea an idea for a film and then they just kind of decided that oh we're gonna do this kind of thing it just seems like they just kind of chopped it up and like well we're gonna turn this into a possession thing where but i think it kind of works because you really don't even think about that fact of you know jane being you know possibly possessed and becoming this fucking killer type thing yeah but Uh, then it really uh, it gets really weird in the final like you know the final couple minutes where you're like okay what like (laughs) well it's it's easily explained because what happens is the lady essentially well i think that's what her name is actually lady something lady Alexander. Lady Alexandra. So that's the whole point of this thing. Like when she dies, she ends up fucking, you know, kind of possessing her body and stuff. So the way that she can kind of reincarnate herself is to kill the host and then kind of steal her. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what how, they're implying. The way that the All I know is that doctors are like, how the Jesus. fuck would the doctor know that? <laughs> well, I know. And that's where I was leading to the whole explanation by the doctor. And it's like he was, was with like, the whole movie, dude, right? Literally, when it happened, I was like, <laughs> I literally, my mouth was dropped and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm like, See, that, that's what they went with. It's super poorly executed because that doctor would not know any of that shit that was going Dude, on at it was all. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, so what I really think happened is like, and I'm like, what? Point I'm A, like, point B, point C. Lots of the movie. Dude, it basically the feels the like. Movie besides the other funny part of the movie is, um, and you can tell this one's way more fresh in my head than Dr. Hitchcock, which I watched earlier in the week. Um, 
that when they get to the gas station and mm-hmm. the fucking camera like it, the like the sound effects and like the camera zooms into the fucking gas station clerk in the window and i'm yeah. like oh fuck is that supposed to be scary like what the fuck was that about so, i'm glad you brought that up man because that's where this movie gets a little bit messy i wish they had have explored the ideas that they presented to the to us the viewer so when they get to this gas station um obviously there's a scene there where they're out of gas with their little dune buggy thing and reminded me of fucking speed buggy like scooby-doo ripoff type those thing things, i love those things those little beach fucking oh yeah those buggy. things are cool as shit there's totally awesome. had- you can tell these guys this kid was like super rich and shit but anyways they run out of gas and he's a shit that can't start well what? they were also out of gas dude later. right well that's- later on they're not out of gas and it doesn't start and then it magically does start yeah i don't <laughs> that that's a problem too so anyways they, they get to this gas station and stuff and this guy clearly gives them enough gas so they're gonna run out right in front of this cult place Right. I mean, there's even a scene where he's even kind of peeking into the uh, into the place and stuff. But it's yeah, I didn't loop. know if that was even real. Was was he really there? Well, that's that's the odd thing about the movie is that because is in dialogue, real? the cops even tell you that, you know, this the owner of this gas station died 15 years ago. And in the, the townspeople thought that he may have been the reincarnation of the devil and stuff like that. So they kind of allude to the fact that he was setting these people up because he was the devil. Well, no. You because, are setting up so many pieces that I'm going to talk about here shortly. Yeah, so <laughs> they basically, and that that was kind of the point of setting them up to run out of gas in front of the place so they could essentially use the girl to do their sacrifice and stuff. So that would lead Yeah, so he's that. a ghost. He's a ghost then. Essentially, because they allude to the fact after they escaped the place, remember, the fucking gas station wasn't there anymore. They're like, yeah, well, the gas I, station go? You know what? I missed that part where the police... <laughs> said that because i just thought that the other people like came and ransacked the because they here's why though because they mm. zoom in on his glasses as if he was ju- like this just happened yeah yeah that was a bad choice to do that they shouldn't have zoomed in on his glasses but i still think the weirdest thing in the film so i mean they're at this house doing whatever and it, it, actually one of those weird scenes where they kind of reach in, it looks like they reach into the cupboard and pull out like meat and cheese that should be refrigerated it's like the weirdest thing i swear that was not a fridge but anyways i started laughing about no, that but anyways <laughs> it's like a straight cupboard right like who keeps their yeah. cured meat but and it, cheese it looked like like pepperoni style meat so you yeah it was it was like genoa salami that. and it was like genoa and shit like that yeah so. But anyways, and all of a sudden, like, you get this weird, like, you know, the lady of the house and there's this cult down there. And all of a sudden, Jane is being kind of drawn to them and stuff. And it's like this really strange kind of awkwardly set up scene. And then once the shit doesn't go properly with Jane, I don't know why in the fuck they thought this was a great idea. It was entertaining as hell. But these cult members, like, instantly start fucking attacking each other. Dude, that scene was uh, executed so bad in terms of, like... Yeah, what the it, hell you're supposed to think? <laughs> well, that that's it's so awkward because you're like, why are these guys killing each other? I mean, I don't really. At the end of the day, it was super entertaining because there's some really funny effects, like oh, the, the sword head, through the, the guy's head. head. Oh, dude, that's the best one. It's yeah. so fucking funny. But then you're like, why are these people attacking that's each other? A good and, effect. And of course, the lady dies and they escape. Yeah, and that's shit, why and you're they like, show it eight thousand times. Yeah, they, they show it in the recap at the end. <laughs> oh, so like four times. times. It's so <laughs> fucking funny when they do that. But yeah, that whole scene. But okay, going back to my point was you know, they explore this whole devil thing and stuff. And then it just kind of ends there because once they make their escape and they get back to this cottage, then it, you know, you don't realize, I mean, the, what's happening to Jane, but people start ending up dead. And there's this really awkward scene where our main character, Bill is the first victim. It's like the strangest fucking thing. And it's like, wait, uh, yeah, I guess so. It, it's a um, little bit strange, you know, but so let how me he ask does, you this. 
It's it looks like four year old kids painted him. Yeah, I don't understand why he's blue. I've always wanted to see what someone would look like after a Smurfs gangbang, and now I know. <laughs> didn't it? Didn't it just but look no, like me, a bunch of kindergartners were like, "Hey, we're gonna paint the shit out of this guy." Like, at at the beginning the of the effects. movie, um, you have that dude give her a pearl necklace. Oh, and they go to like theory. they go to like kiss, it, or he is trying to kiss, and then she yeah. gets a vision of him blue. <laughs> All right. See later in the film, what's up with that? I have. A it doesn't make sense, theory. man. Oh no, 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 no! I can make it make sense. Oh, oh, maybe I don't go. think okay. so, though. So I have a huge theory that the pearl necklace and the story behind it are absolutely true, and it's used in this film as like the ex machia. So we're told. Oh that fuck! You think they were going that in depth with the ex machia and shit like that? Like I don't think so, man. Well, let me fit, let me let me point out my evidence. Okay, and, fair enough. Fair and throw enough. it out there first. Okay, so um, I do believe that the pearls are actually given and used to bring people to this place to attract people to this. Well, place. There, there's definitely an huh? emphasis on the pearls because they show them a few times, and they show the the woman at the place pull out I, other and pearls. I will get to that in my list of evidence. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, now they first had to get the pearls to someone and they are told the story of the pearls being possessed uh, by a demon. This is very important because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is kind of our whole, okay, well, these pearls must mean something. So uh, Bill's mother doesn't want the pearls yeah. uh, because of that. But later on, she asks where the pearls are, mm-hmm. and he lies to him. Uh, there's something weird there that I haven't quite figured out. If uh, exactly. the well, well, here's my theory on it. The I'm assuming that Bill told the guy who sold him the pearls, which I'm I can't prove it, but I want to say is somehow related to Lady Alexandria um, in her rich people circle. Uh, well, I mean, maybe it, specifically looking for someone to hand these pearls to, yeah. and with her body swapping, she wouldn't want technically a teenager. She wants to hold the stay forever at the same age. So, what better way to do that than to get a rich mother who's probably taking very well care of herself, like Bill's mother? Now, this is kind of go. She's kind of going sight unseen, but you know what? If they show up and it's not good, fucking take the pearls back, send them fucking and try again but when his mother won't take the pearls he takes them back and he ends up giving them to jane Mm -hmm. jane putting the pearls on actually gets a flash of what is going to happen in the future because the pearls are tied to lady alexandria hence the ex machia right hence the ex machia what you dig into shit I do. Uh, well, well the there's definitely yeah, there's I've definitely casted a lot with Jerry. He does this. There's a lot. definitely something there, but yeah. I mean to go ex machia. Like I just don't believe that's <laughs> I don't what their intention. Fuck ex machia is. It's uh, the whole, we just talked about it on Donnie me. Darko. It's, we just talked about it on Donnie Darko, man. It's like that, that whole alternate reality and, uh, and shit okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it's you can use an ex machia as a driving force that pushes everything together that would not have normally come together. True. Uh, okay. Yeah. So in that's this an easy case, way of explaining it. Yeah. yeah, it's the pearls, and so 
using one of her people. She sold the pearls to Bill, who's supposed to give it to her mother. Her mother didn't take it. He gave it to Jane because he wants to fuck Jane, but Jane is fucking Joe. Yeah, that uh, was kind of that was kind of fuckery how they sh- did that scene where like, oh, Jane just, and like, Fred, <laughs> Jane, yeah, Joe really, and right? Fred are all assholes. They are scamming their friend for money because he's rich, and they're dicks about it the whole time. They even give him shit about knowing he wants to fuck Jane. Yeah, yeah. he does. And when they're playing the cards at the table, yeah, I was like, oh so, man, that was kind of cold, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why because those pearls are actually possessed and hold a connection to Lady Exelandria, that's how she actually gets that random flash. So are you saying that she's the one that possesses these things? Um, Like, so, if they're possessed, who possesses them? Because to me, it doesn't seem like she has, like, that much power. Like, I don't know. It's, see, that's it's not well, explained with her. It's not Why explained did, with her. But here's the thing. So we got to keep in mind we are talking about a actual, real Luciferian Satanism. And she basically could have turned that whole ceremony of having everyone end up killing themselves. That could have all been a, okay. So going back, going back a second, then what's the point of the original ceremony? They need a sacrifice for what? So, okay. So the sacrifice, the ultimate goal is for her to get a new body. That is the ultimate goal. That's what I said earlier with, uh, the guy selling it to Bill for Bill's mother because Bill is rich. You know, this movie actually makes more sense than I gave it credit for. <laughs> I mean, and, like, do, like I have evidence to prove a lot what I'm saying, but at the same time, a lot of what I'm saying is if you choose to interpret it the way but that's I'm, what I'm saying. Well, I, I think, like, the, I understand I the that, whole. Pr- I, I think now thinking about it, there's no way that that flash at the beginning when he it literally the, is right after he gives her the pearls. Yes. It's not intentional. It's, it's it's to show the significance of the pearls and that they're oh, that of course, Lady of Alexandria, course. you will find out later, is playing the long game and playing all this. I also think it also <clears throat> explains why the doctor knew what was going on because he's seen it happen before and they could have followed this up with a sequel where he actually goes and hunts them <laughs> down and tries oh. to figure it out. I would have really liked to see that shit. So if she, want, so she it, wants a but, new body. So she wants a new body. Yes, so the the pearls are may not necessarily be possessed by a demon, but they definitely have they definitely have some kind of magical connotation to them that she has gained through her dark arts with Satan. And actually, having everyone kill each other is probably her uh, doing some kind of of like ritual that will help her get in a new body. That's why hmm. everyone kills themselves unexpectedly because you have shit like that in Fuck. chaos magic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, so, I think so, this is. I think so, this is, makes sense. And now. that's why, like, like uh, you brought up JP. You brought up earlier when uh, she is in the bath taking uh, a bath, and she has the pearls on. She tries to take them off. Cannot. And they get can't them come off. off. Yeah, I and remember that. We well, yeah. See, I mean, all this stuff makes sense, but I'm just yeah. So, we, lady wanting a new body. What's the purpose of it? Because she's to clearly live forever. If you change your body, older. die. But if you change out your body into a different body, but that's the thing. Body. She's clearly not old in this, though. She's but like she's young. Not, she's not. She's not young, though. She's living. She's fucking. I understand. You know the whole immortal thing. Of course, that's. 
how I was interpreting it and stuff like but that. She but she could have also just wanted a new fucking body. She could have been done with this one. She yeah, wanted people to do shit. Yeah. To See, that's the thing I was questioning about this film. People that are doing these sa- satanic rituals and shit. Like sometimes it's just the power too, see, you know. See, I'm you know I'm I'm on board with you for a lot of the stuff. The X Mac, I didn't go that far to put that into there and stuff. Well, you like don't that, think but... the pearls are 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 being used in a way to force this story along? Well, no, yeah, that, it, 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 it actually, it's one hundred percent the driving force behind it. One hundred percent it is, but it's just in how you interpret it too. I see. I didn't think of this at all, bro. And yeah. when I was looking at it surface level in the tub, fucking Lady Alexandria pulls out a pearls shows it to the screen mm-hmm. and leaves and in fact the only time when jane finally loses the pearls it's on the stairs when she is already entrapped into the ritual and goes and walks up on the thing mm-hmm. until that yeah. point she was kind of being uh slightly controlled by the pearls but it was more of like a uh like she didn't realize the pearls were pushing her to keep going forward just like they had to have the ghost of the gas station guy send them. Yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. To the and then I was going to bring that up. Place. So, um, like when that, I was and looking then we at see this, the ghost guy at the end of the movie, he obviously works with her. We also see another person who is for, the driver, which makes me think she has multiple people that work for her, which makes me think. Oh, see, that, she has I never thought of that. Selling the pearl necklace to certain people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm on board with you. I, I didn't even put. I didn't even think of the connection with the doctor at the end. I just assumed it was, you know, now, it's it's very the, typical in Italian cinema too to have, you know, that end scene where they just explain everything, you know. It's like, yeah, or they yeah. they either do that or don't explain anything. Exactly, yeah. and that, that's <laughs> like why I didn't even movie. put that connection. But what you're saying <laughs> they with the connection, either explain with the, everything or don't explain anything at all. See, you because you, also, you explained. Don't you think it's weird that she at the end she goes go back to the to our house? But yeah, I'm not the even cops sure. be there with all these dead bodies, but but for, but she has. The power of Satan to fix all this shit and the and the money to also grease some palms. That's why the doctor knows this is happening. She's done this multiple fucking times at this castle. That's why the doctor knows what the fuck is going on because he. I mean, that, seen this happen that at, at his mental hospital. Yeah, that makes sense. See, I'll be damned. See, I'll I was, be motherfucking damned. Listen, you, no, you explained wait, it a I, little on, different than me. It. But <laughs> listen. I was going to say this for a long time. I don't want to forget it. So when I was watching this movie, before I thought of any of this stuff, I was just like, man, this movie is convenient as hell. Like, they just round out it, like, gas here. That, like, But it all makes sense now. So I am actually came up high, higher on this movie. Um, I did like it to begin with, unlike Jeremy. I, I actually thought it was pretty cool. And I like the – I just like the um, – you know, even them breaking down and it all raining and stuff like that. It was it was just kind of creepy and um, I just was kind of into this one. But yeah, now I like it even more because yeah, I think I, it makes a hell of a lot more sense than I ever thought it did. I've always liked this movie too, man. I mean, it's a little bit slow at the beginning. I think it takes probably, eh, you know, probably a good 30 minutes to kind of really get going. I mean, you're showcasing things and stuff. But that's a, that was a good explanation, Jerry. It's different. Yeah, it's, was... it, it's different on how I I wasn't gonna try and explain you know that in depth. I mean, it's pretty much the whole movie now <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah. but you did approach it differently. I w- I didn't think about the ex maca or the doctor at the end in that connection. But what you were saying with the with the pearls and stuff is definitely where my mind I, was at and stuff. I'm I just that's good on the doctor. The doctor is what because the doctor was the thing I thought y'all were gonna rip me apart on. Well, when I was like, and that's how the doctor knew because this has happened multiple times, and the girls 
always seem to have some kind of mental issue. That's why they go to a yeah. mental hospital. It, it actually no, and it he makes figures sense, it out. And well, I the thought way- y'all were gonna be like, "You're so fucking dumb." No, no, actually now because I because I've watched this movie a few times and I've never put that connection together. I just always thought it was that where JP said, you know, convenient thing to explain away at the end of the movie kind of thing because it happens well, so it happens so much and I've seen so many of these movies and it just. It happens so often. I just I had that embedded in my mind. That's just what he was doing. I didn't even think of the connection with, with Lady. So yeah, that's so really, watched, that's interesting. This yeah. was my first time watch for this movie. And I actually mm. only got to go back. I didn't get to go back and watch it again. I wanted to watch it again before we oh, recorded. Fuck that. I ain't got um, time to do all that. To, so that I could like go. Oh, I wanted to like solidify all my points that I made. Yeah. And double check everything. But I didn't have time for it, so I was just kind of like, well, fuck it. If they tear me apart, they tear me apart. But this is – because it really bothered me at the end of the movie that it was so fucking convenient. And I know Italian films a yeah, lot of yeah. times are very, very convenient. But I was like, this is way too convenient. And then I thought about the pearl necklace, and I was like, why so much shit about this pearl necklace? It didn't mm-hmm. even fucking do anything except is its only payoff is this pearl necklace was left at the crime scene in pieces. So – or are they yeah. going to be able to fucking track the pearls? Get the fuck out of here. This is 1970s Italy. They ain't got that well, you, technology. You, I mean, you have to be drawn to it, though, man, because that, you know, the scene where, you know, it flash, it has that flash scene and stuff. You know there's something up. And, yeah, like, so, it, it, it all connects itself perfectly when when they get to that uh, that cat or that house or whatever. And, you know, all of a sudden she's just kind of drawn there. You're like, there's something yeah. there. But what's and your, what, what's your interpretation no- of the gas station attendant, though? The gas station attendant is, 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 no, actually, I do not think he's the devil. I think he is a servant of Lady Alexandria, Mm -hmm. uh, who in this movie is either a servant of the devil or could be like a a representation of the devil. But I think she's just a servant of the devil who has found a way to keep her power on earth. And she never has to go to hell if she can keep changing out bodies. He, on the other hand, probably sold his soul to her for some kind of false like uh reward he was supposed to get and didn't get it well you gotta remember he's not he's not real he's an entity he's a he's like basically a demon yes you're right he's probably he's probably just you know he's a a servant he's a servant to her and that's why he does what he does you know he kind of leads them there a little bit even though that doesn't make sense if they were already drawn there if they're already drawn there from the the pearls and stuff he didn't really need to be no. in there at all so it's kind, it's, it's kind of a little bit of push exactly i guess but so um, that's why the pearls are sold to a specific person yeah that's why yeah. they're at a specific gas station mm-hmm. that's why it's sent over there because at first i thought this was all fucking thrown apart because i thought they were at an island they had to sail to but then i realized well no because they drive all the way fucking home yeah, exactly so they're not on an island. So no, what see, see, they're actually returning from their vacation. Yeah, right? they, so they, they were like, they were they had just returned and then were, they were on their way home, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it all kind of lined up in the gas station tenant. He could have been a real person in real life at one point, like the cops say. Well, they totally tell you that that he was yeah. he died he died fifteen years ago, and you know he was considered to be a devil. But they're just alluding to the fact that you know he was definitely he part was of a satanic the devil cult. Worshippers. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I was fucking surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie because at the end of it, I was kind of like, man, he does not know how to tell a story. He fucked up with Hitchcock, and now he's fucked up with this. 
None of this makes sense. It's so fucking convenient. Why were the pearls in the fucking movie? And then, bam, clicked in my head. Wait a second. Why were the pearls in the movie? And as I started replaying everything and going through my fucking head, I was like, okay, well, I have a theory. And like JP says, I like to get theories about movies to try to explain them with stuff that may not be in the movie. Dude, you would do this shit on Married with Children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would. I would do Sharknado 6, he'd come up with some theory about something. Uh, I'm no Don and Ellie now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just pushing it, man. Come on. So... Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that uh, my theory worked here. Uh, it seems like I'm. Too well, it's it's honestly Italian it, movies. It's not really a theory. I mean, I think that's definitely. But yeah. Well, I but, couldn't find anything to back up any of these fucking statements. Like as for other people saying this, I looked. No one talks. No, about that's this. yeah. Like holy shit! No one talks about this movie, and this movie. All right. Now with this theory is fucking like explained and awesome, and more people need to see this movie. True that, man. True that. Let's go ahead and uh, rate this bad boy. Um, I will go first. Uh, so, um, I like I said, I like this movie to begin with. Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, I, I like the, you know, it, the, the the beginning stuff on the boat is a little dry, but then once they're at the beach or whatever, it's it's not very long. And then I like when they go to. It was reminding me of like a Scooby Doo type thing or something. I don't know. It was bunch of kids out and spooky shit happening i don't know and once they got to the house i was just like very curious to see where it was going with the uh whole ritual and stuff like that then it got a little batshit after hearing jerry explain like everything and and kind of look at it in a new perspective uh i'm i'm coming up like a whole point on this one so i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten is it me it is you me uh yeah man actually Uh, no it's jeremy jeremy me okay it's interesting that there's more here than what i thought there was i think we all think that there's more here than what we initially thought there was because of jerry maybe jerry isn't so useless after all i'm just kidding <laughs> <clears throat> maybe i'll rewatch and i'll get a new appreciation for it but i'm at a five and a half cool jerry Oh, uh, so as for me, I think I've said everything I really want to say about it, but uh, let's be honest, the gore was pretty good, the mystery was fun, uh, Camille Keaton was topless, Satan bless her beauty in the 1970s, dear God, and I uh, gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, um, it's a fun movie, man. You gotta love that opening fucking song, it feels so happy, good feel with the boat song that shit just fucking cracks me up man um but yeah no i'm i'm glad that you, uh, that um that you were thinking on that level um uh, with the doctor man that was something that you opened my eyes to that's kind of crazy i just assumed it was just pure convenience didn't even fucking even hesitate to think that it wasn't um but i mean again you know that's it's still a theory but i think that we were pretty much on the same page with the with the pearls and shit like that. Um, it's definitely something that you can probably look into and interpret a little bit differently, but I think it's pretty good though. Um, I think it's great, man. I, I still think the, the selling point to this film though, man, is the, uh, is the cult scene. That shit is just ridiculously awesome, but I'm going to stick with my original rating at seven and a half out of 10. And I think it's good, man. I think it's definitely worth a watch multiple times. So, yeah, and that is Tragic Ceremony. We got to go home. 
Alrighty, moving into the 80s, specifically 1981, with a film called Murder Obsession, a.k.a. Murder Syndrome, which is the American title for it. Uh, 1981, man, that was the height of the slasher film. And, of course, the major, major decline of Italian films, too. So, it's kind of an interesting time to make this movie. It's kind of like American, or it's kind of like an Italian version of, like, a slasher film, in a sense. A mixture of everything. Mixture of everything, yeah. This one's... This one is actually kind of got a little bit of an interesting story because I know um, originally they had like a a lot more for the budget in this and the script was a lot different for this movie. And I guess something happened with the studio and they cut the budget right in half for the movie. So then they had to change the script, hence probably why there's some really kind of slow moments in the scene and or in this film and a little bit of bizarreness with, you know, dream sequences and shit like that. But uh, all in all, Freda hated this movie. He even <laughs> he even quoted it as calling it a piece of shit. And it's probably because of the shit that he went through making this, but yeah, just a little bit of uh, backstory into it. Synopsis. Michael is a successful actor, but he has a scandal in his past. <laughs> At a tender age, he knifed his father to death. Holy fuck. He and his girlfriend, Deborah go to his mother's for the weekend and are joined by the director and others from a recent film project who are given a rather cool reception by the superstitious housekeeper, Oliver. Soon rude things happen, begin to happen to some of the guests, and Michael fears to re- a repeat of his nightmare past in his progress. Uh, yeah, so this movie starts out actually with a pretty decent scene. You know, it's it's got Michael... And, you know, he's basically strangling the shit out of uh, this character, uh, played by Laura Gersmer, who, of course, is Emmanuel in all the fucking Emmanuel films. It's kind of cool to see her in a film that's not an Emmanuel film. Uh, so what they're doing is, like, they're shooting a movie inside this movie, and, you know, he kind of chokes her to death, and it kind of sets up his character, like, you know, this guy's fucking psychotic and shit like that. Um and of course, I don't know what the fucking deal is with this. I guess they end up going to his... Yeah, who mm-hmm. let a dog on the set? yeah so why is he dressed like a gay leather daddy i have no (laughs) idea i have no idea but anyways they finish shooting the scene and they decide that you know he wants to go see his mom they're they're around the same place and stuff like that but also they're going to do some location findings and stuff for the the next scenes that they got to shoot and stuff and the thing is with michael is that yeah he has this history apparently killed his father and he hasn't seen his mom in 15 years so it's kind of like this warm welcome you know go see his mom after 15 years type thing Gets I there. They're gonna fuck each other. Yeah, pretty much, right? So she opens, you know, she welcomes it with open arms, and and of course later on, some of the cast members, the director, and stuff like that show up, and then people start getting picked off one by one. And of course, he's the main suspect because he admits to everybody that he has a past and he killed his father. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is just an oddity, man. I don't. I, I, I think this is definitely a product of production problems and having to change things around and putting in like a 15 minute awkward, not really awkward. It's definitely the best scene in the film, but there's this really strange nightmare sequence oh, I love explanation, that scene. but it's funny because it doesn't really play into the film at all. Right. It's, it's just a dream. A, she just, <laughs> she's I know. just like, this is my dream. Exactly. It's just <laughs> the like, dream actually uh, proves one of the, which theory is correct at the end of the movie that uh, all the explanations are given like it's a fucking game of clue. I know. Uh, that dream sequence is supposed to tell you which one is real. 
Exactly. It does. But I mean, yeah, this movie, it pretty much like the last 40 minutes of this film is like, the, it's like changing the end. It's like yep. pick which ending, you know, kind of thing. Right. But I don't know, man. Who do you this, believe? Yeah. I mean, well, it, no, they, it, it, it basically it, tell you which it, one it is. It tells but, you, no, but the dream sequence, I mean, it, it plays into the end, but I mean, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense and why she would even have that connection to it at all. <laughs> How come Emmanuel's getting choked out in a bathtub, the dog can hear it, and is clearly notifying the humans that there is a lady screaming in the bathtub, and this bitch just sits there and acts like she doesn't hear that. All that splashing around, all that yelling, all that gurgling, yeah. and the dog is notifying you, and you still don't know. Are you Bro, going that, that scene is someone literally tell me? fucking stupid, man. Like, you, know, you know what's funny about that scene? Like, that has the most crazy, obvious red hearing I've ever seen in a movie. So she's getting strangled to death in the water and shit like that. They come to her aid. They rescue her and stuff. The director walks in with a fucking black glove and a fucking <laughs> hair, dry, or hair dryer in his hand. And he puts it on the on the counter. And I'm like, he's obviously not the fucking killer because why would he yeah. have strangled her and just not thrown in the fucking hair dryer and electrocuted her? It's like Because it's not it's, plugged in. It's the most fucked up well, thing. It but in. why was he even holding the hair dryer? Listen, here's the I didn't even there, fucking realize that was the director. I didn't know who the fuck it was. I um, had a hard time trying to figure out everyone in this fucking movie. It's and funny I too because it's like because it's like four characters. Care. But tell dude, me why why no, he was even honestly, holding a hair dryer. This movie this <laughs> movie no isn't sense. that bad, honestly, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's, it's fucking it's dumb. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's I, like okay. That scene is so bad right there, though the bathtub one because it's like how would he even have got out of there with that? Like it just didn't. How would he know to stop drowning her? Like it just nothing about that scene makes sense at all. Um, well, not when I, you think back of who the actual killer is. Yeah, I absolutely love. Well, the two killers because there's technically two killers. Technically, bouncing right. back and forth. Uh, yeah, but uh, I love yeah. the giant rubber spider. Dude, that was uh, awesome. I love I think that whole dream sequence. It's fucking that in awesome. 1981, we are still using Halloween decorations uh, from your local Walmart to decorate the sets. Uh, those rubber bats were uh, fantastic. Um, also, who remembers this much from a dream? Because I, I don't <laughs> well. dream often, but as soon as I dream, as soon as I wake up, every 30 seconds that goes by... I forget another chunk of the dream. Dude, I swear I to God, to check this out, Jerry. Way. I had a bad dream today, right? I woke up at like 3 p.m. I had to run to the you. bank by 4. I woke up at 3 p.m. I was like, fuck, I got to get ready. I started getting ready. In the it's, By the time I got in the car, which was like 10 minutes later, I was like, what the fuck was that dream about? Could not remember a single thing from it. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I, no I think I had a nightmare this morning, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, but, but honestly, man, in her defense, though, I mean, when you have a dream involving giant spiders, fucking zombies, oh cults, black masses, when fucking burning spider- crosses, fucking puking zombies, Yo, decapitating dude. black chickens, <laughs> flying <laughs> fucking bats snakes tits with, with no dialogue that shit is fucking amazing turn into fuzzy mittens as it rubs her feet i died i was yeah, like dude. oh my god they literally gave the spider hands by just putting on fuzzy black mittens and had it rubber legs but dude you gotta admit though man i mean if you're gonna do a dream sequence you incorporate it all everything horror has to offer in that in that one like 15 minute fucking dream explanation oh i love the dream sequence it's like insane. the dream sequence is, is fun as fuck. I I want more of that. 
I yeah, give that, a fuck I less like about like sequence, Mother too. wanting to bang the son and all dude, this that other mother shit. is like Show me the dream way sequence. too attractive to because, be that dude because she's just insane man she's actually we'll talk about her next week too she's in uh uh sorry i think i think she's in that really movie. yeah she's actually in that which is a little bit earlier so she's even oh, what do we so. have next week La- lato all oh, the lato yeah she, that's actually a film from 72 which i don't think you guys watched but anyways she's in that oh, younger so um watch ship she's good looking good looking but uh, um but- well, yeah, because she thought that her son was the movie. fucking reincarnated fucking. Yeah, I know it does. It. it I mean, really, shit, the first like, together in the last twenty minutes. Well, the first forty minutes is basically, you know, her accepting her son and them kind of showing their affection and introducing all these cast members that the film they're working. And it's like, holy! It just takes forever to get going. It's like ridiculous, man. Yeah, really? and then like, I didn't oh think my god, that was that long. Really? Oh, uh, no, no, I'm ninety-seven minutes. Not that it felt long. It's just that the plot took forever to actually come together in a way that made any kind of fucking sense and that's only because they were like here's an explanational uh thing from one character no 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 we're gonna tell you that exact same shit but from the real perspective no 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 here's actually the are you talking about the final thing. final like yeah. 20 minutes yeah the plot does not yeah. come together well, i mean but the, there's and you had to I, sit through that's because the, the plot is the next scene i've ever seen the 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 plot beforehand is is a slasher plot where you think that, well, I don't think anybody actually thought that he was the killer, but no, no, it's obvious. Um, no, I never thought well, that. there's, t- yeah. I mean, this movie is so filled with red hearings. I mean, they allude to the, you know, it just has all this, you know, the fucking tropes and stereotypes in the films too. It's got the creepy ass Butler who quite, I mean, there's a scene where I don't even know why the fuck he says this, but he's at dinner and he just, he says to the fucking wife or to the, to the mother. And he's like, he's like, Oh, and by the way, you know, I can't find the chainsaw. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about, right? And yeah, like, even okay. though he later admits that he's the one that uses the chainsaw yeah. to kill someone. And the fakest chains that chainsaw scene is so fucking fake. Yeah, it's funny. The well, it's odds sure of we me know convincing someone that it's real, I would have an easier time getting Jeremy laid from a chick who was sober and I did not have to pay her. <laughs> You know what scene? You know what scene is so. I, I think it's the I think it's the first when he kills Laura Gershwin. It's all right, JP. Just breathe. Dude, did you guys even hear that fucking? Yeah, it was funny. You know, I can't get laid. It's only that eighty seventh time he said it. I know, but here's the here's your your thing. To defend yourself from stuff, you just say we we know. That's not a good defense. You like whenever you come at me and make fun of my spelling, and then I make fun of your English, and you're like, "Yeah, but we already know I can't talk." It's like no shit. Everybody knows everything about fucking things that we make fun of each other about. That's not a good defense. Well, here's the thing: he doesn't listen to my podcast, so he doesn't have ammo on me. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it th- there's like. The, the, the fucking scene in this movie, man, with Michael when he goes and you know basically cheats on his fucking girlfriend. Yeah, that chick's hot. With the Laura Gersmer, cheats on us. With. Yeah, that's Laura Gersmer, man. So that's Emmanuel. And uh, but anyway, there's this really fucking weird scene. Like, of course they're out there doing spot scouting and stuff like that, and she's like laying by the fucking water and shit. And he, he pulls up. He comes up with a knife. I'm he like, pulls up and he like well, pulls out this knife and he's just well, staring at her like. 
that that it doesn't make sense for the ending but There's like another red hair if, if you if it's, you it's so take it as he's believing the his own hype like it's starting to fuck with his mind it kind of works a little bit where he's thinks he's he's thinking he's a killer so he's starting to act on it but that's my problem with that's definitely reaction. what they're alluding to but it doesn't make any fucking sense because yeah. then he just like he just realizes he's like oh she's really hot right now so he puts it in his pocket and then fucks her like yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Her reaction, Italian, she's been choked Italian. out twice. In the beginning of the movie, he went too far with choking her. That's why they're rushing to stop her. Then she gets choked in a fucking bathtub in his mother's house. And now he shows up with a fucking knife looking all fucking crazy. Murdery. <laughs> yeah, he looks like fucking uh, Bob from fucking uh, like, uh, House from the Cemetery, all kind of cracked out. Realistically, she should have been running for fucking the hills when yeah, he pulled out that knife. I mean, considering running. what she's been through, considering she finds out before that scene that, you know, obviously he choked the shit out of her for real. And then I think he even admits like, oh, did you want to fucking, you know, kill me for real? And he's like, I'm not really too sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. Well, that's after he sits down. Yeah. When he puts away the but, knife. But still, she's been choked out by him. Well, that's she's what I'm saying. choked out by a mysterious person. He has a knife. She, and she's just sitting there like. Oh, I guess I took the same quaaludes that the other fucking chick did because she didn't hear me in the fucking bathtub. That's what I was saying, man. You know, and then he fucking admits that to her. And she should have been fucking running for the hills, dude. Like, really? Like, you're not sure if you wanted to kill me or not kind of thing? You got a fucking knife? Like, what the fuck is that shit, dude? It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that whole did scene, it's just awkward down, to me. Did anyone, like, besides me write down, like the explanations at the end of the movie that they gave just in order in notes. Did anyone take notes and do that? Well, I, I know that. I the mom says that it was the housekeeper who did it. The housekeeper said it was her who did it. And so, then, well, essentially what the explanation is, is that, yeah, she, her ex or no, it's her well, explanation it is in real time as they were explaining it in the movie. Really? Uh, yes, and this is what I wrote. Michael's mother said he has never killed anyone, including his dad. Father was unfaithful. It was Oliver. He fell under his spell. Oliver yeah. loved her. Oliver raped her. From that day forth, she submitted to him. One day, father walked in and caught them. Oliver stabbed him. Michael, as a boy, walked in. Oliver created the lie of Michael killing his father to stop him from beating his mother. Mm-hmm. Then we yeah. go into... Uh, Michael finds Oliver. He is dead. A tape recorder. He drank poison. Your mother is a monster of evil. She hated your father, who was a good man. She seduced uh, me and controlled him. She arranged for your father to discover us in bed. She stabbed your father while she was stra- while he was strangling Oliver. Michael woke up and came in the room. She blamed you and said you killed your father. After you were sent away, she got into black magic. Combined with my psychic powers, he legit says my psychic powers, because in case you forgot, he has them. Uh, Your monster killed the hot tan chick, because I couldn't remember her name. Uh, It's Emmanuel. Uh, Not in this movie, but we know what I'm talking about. Oliver couldn't kill the blonde girlfriend because the Solomon seal that she was wearing on her neck. um, Fucking dumb. uh, Which is dumb, because that was not a proper uh, Solomon seal from the Key of Solomon. But that... Uh, that whole thing told, is so retarded, man. Uh, I mean, technically, the Solomon Seal does use a Star of David, but there should be some other shit with it. 
Um, but it saves her life. Like she doesn't die because yes, of that. it doesn't Give make any f- sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, fucking I sick. can't kill you. Because- escape. No. Uh, escape. Michael. He tells him. Mother walks in and says it's all lies. But Michael believes Oliver. She just called him William and said he will play music again. It's not really uh, son fucking if you believe the father spirit inhabits the body, right? Yeah, I mean, what she believes, man. I mean, she was clearly fucking insane. She thought that Michael was the obvious. I mean, but they play, they allude to this the entire film, which kind of makes sense leading up to her psyche and how she felt that Michael was fucking William, right? And then she tries to fuck. Well, she's trying to fuck William, not her son. Yeah, it's not incest. Sorry, JP, because the father spirit is inhabiting the body. That's what she believes, but she's clearly fucking wacko, man. Like, she's, man. I don't know. She wins in the end. So, you know. It's it's Um, weird. It's a weird thing. You know what's stupid is that when she tells her story that, you know, she's the guy basically, like, starts raping her and then Mm -hmm. the father sees him and he kills him. Why the fuck would that even makes sense well no no no. he rapes her after that day she falls under his control they have sex constantly Uh, okay i thought the father happens to walk in uh and that's that's her story but oliver that says no she seduced me and then she made sure we were having sex when she knew your father was coming home to start shit because she'd be about that drama which I believe the explanation that is the explanation though that she's yeah, fucking uh, she yeah. she's Oliver's, she's insane. Oliver's explanation is the one that's true because it turns out she really is into black cult shit. Yeah, um, yeah. and we we kind of we see it at the end. Isn't it weird who lives and who dies at the end of this movie though? Uh, yeah, technically the mom dies. She's with and I actually I will say this: there's one image in this movie I really like, and it's at the end of the movie when she is sitting down there in the Madonna pose. Uh, with him laying in her lap uh, like Jesus. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, Michael seems yeah. to die and the blonde girlfriend, Deborah, whatever her name is, well, she and the lives mother because are they, alive? They try... Yeah, the mother... Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm, her, technically her son, Michael, ends up dying because she kills him. But uh, yeah. the girlfriend lives and it's all because of this <laughs> ridiculous explanation that you know she was saved by the fucking pentagram. But it's kind of lives with a question mark because there's yeah. you know, yeah, we're not going to tell you. Check out this book, though. I know, right? <laughs> I think, honestly, man, like, this movie has a couple really good... Oh, man, I actually forgot to say, man, the one scene where I think it's the, the director, actually, when he dies. Yeah, it is the director's death scene when he gets fucking smoked in the head with the axe. Now, tell me that it didn't look like Michael Myers' face exploding from the axe huh i will it, have to go and look you at have that. to you have to take a look at this because it's obviously it's the fucking you know mannequin head or something just straight up plaster type thing that they put the axe through because they show the axe going right in right but like when it cuts to it it looks like michael myers mask <laughs> it's fucking hilarious man i love that death it's funny as hell but this movie needed more kills really i mean the body count's pretty low. Uh, it's considered to be a body count film, but I'm like, there's like four deaths in it, really. I mean, I guess there's enough deaths in it to to count. Well, you think about it, they all happen in like the second half it, of the film. There's no kills in the first like pretty much almost this, hour of the film. This movie really feels like it's a giallo trying to be a slasher. 
Well, it's an Italian film. I mean, there's still. I, I, I mean, don't you got to remember this Fredo. film has too much giallo elements. It's it's more slasher for sure. No, it's totally well, I know, them trying to do fucking... an American slasher. You got to remember when this came out, 1981 was the highlight and the peak of the slasher film. I mean, yeah, I think it's a giallo creator trying to make an American slasher. One hundred percent, he is. He even he even used the pseudonym when he directed this film under Robert Hampton. You know, it was marketed oh, as he an used American slasher. Exactly. Used for uh, horrible Doctor Hitchcock. Yeah, but this is yeah exactly. But I mean, you know, trying to sell us as an American slasher, which totally made sense for the time, right? So, ratings. I, I gotta say, man, the girlfriend's titties in this movie. Fuck, they were nice too. Yeah. A lot of good. Lot there was there, some listen, some Italian. One thing about the Italians is they get Anita Strasberg women Strasburg, to be in their Strasburg. movies, and be, they're always naked. Mm-hmm. Even the mom. That's true. Yeah, who saw her die, man? We'll be doing next week with her in it. So, nineteen seventy-two. Goodness. Yep, she had nice titties in this though too. Ratings all around. She was actually pretty. She was like in her forties in this film too, and she's showing her boobies. You know, that's the problem with with Doctor Hitchcock. Barbara Steele didn't show her tits, but I don't think she actually ever showed her tits. No, I don't think. I, I can't think of a film that Barbara Steele did. Really you can always go to my favorite website, Mr. Skin. Check it out. Fucking, of course it is, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I come with a free bottle of KY, too. I prefer aznude.com. You sign up for it and they just send you a fucking man. Costco bottle size of fucking KY. Nice. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot more to say about it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. Uh, she has brief nudity. In 1966, in the she breast, uh, you can see them a little bit, and that's it. Can you see nipple, or is it like side boob shot? It says, if you're quick, you can steal a look at Steel Sacks as she rushes to cover herself from a peeping tom. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, not really nudity then. See, Mr. Skin has everything. So, except. A way for you to lose your virginity. All right. Oh my Here God. we go. All right. All right. Ratings. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, he's, I think it's Jeremy. Jeremy. All right. First. This movie's all right. I had fun with it. You know, it is what it is. So I give it a six. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, oh, fucking stink bug. Please that's, stop um, calling that's, uh, Harley Jerry. names. What the hell is a stink bug? Are you actually being serious? Used to pop. Yeah, I'd probably just have a different. Do you oh, guys those... not have stink bugs up? Do you guys yeah. have stink bugs? Yeah, Jerry? I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Actually, Dude, those little fucking, fucking they kind of look horrible. like beetles and shit. Yeah, they're fucking mm-hmm. horrible. Dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Jeremy... fucking the Japanese that they brought them from fucking China or something to deal with ladybugs, and now we got these fuckers. Uh, am right. I am I reading this after Jeremy? Is that what I heard? Uh, yes. Okay, um, I feel kind of Actually, no, it's moots. <laughs> okay, I'll shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah, Murder Sin, it's, you know, it's not a bad movie, man. It's entertaining. I've seen it a couple times. I Really, the, the thing you take away from this film is the fucking dream sequence. It's pretty entertaining. It's just ridiculous, though, man. I, I'm not a big fan of movies that have, like, 19 endings. I never have been. Kind of annoys me. Um, it just, it, to me, it feels crazy anticlimactic. When you like have an ending and you're like, no, this is an explanation. Then you got this explanation and stuff. But that's just me, man. It's an all right film. I'm going to come in at a six out of ten also. Um, Jerry. I uh, 
I will probably never watch this film again. I've seen enough. I will just look at the nude pictures on the internet. I uh, I did not have as much fun as y'all did with this movie. I was constantly like, oh my god, please get on with it. Please end it. Let's just go. <laughs> kind of thinking about that. Uh, your See, I, I, okay, good. good. I'll, I'll say it in my part. Um, and I was just, I like, it had the same kind of issue with that I had with Dr. Hitchcock where it really should have been giving more clear information, but in this one it was different because it was trying to do a twist ending that just didn't work, and like Mood said, it came off very anticlimactic. Uh, I ended up giving this a 5 out of 10. Uh, if it would have had more rubber spider, I maybe would have came <laughs> You You can't give it a 5.5 for the rubber spider? Okay, 5.5 for the rubber spider. Let's you almost see. have to give it props just for all the ridiculous red herrings in this, man. This one... Uh, they're they're blatant as shit in this. Yeah, crazy. they're just not good. Like the whole. Well, that, like, that's kind of the funny thing about them, though, is that they're good. so obvious and bad. You're just like, what? Like, come on, man. They're not even like trying to be cool about it and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, me on this one, uh, I don't know. It's probably just the the fact that I'm a massive slasher fan. It's my favorite genre. Um, that anytime it's a slasher, I just don't hate like fit i'm not bored by them usually i don't know it's it's kind of weird I, I guess that's a little bit of a bias on my part but um i was kind of into this one honestly and i i thought it was ridiculous and stupid but it was never boring for me um and uh i i'm coming in at a fuck man this movie is kind of bad though it is pretty bad when you really think about it but i think you're coming it, in at a fuck taking <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, I think that it is entertaining, though. That's that's the the mm-hmm. gripe that I'm having. Um, you know what? I, I'm gonna stick with my original rating, even though I do think it. I think qu- in terms of pure quality, it's an average to below average movie, but it has some entertaining aspects. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah, I think Fred is probably screaming at us from his grave right now, being like, "You motherfuckers rated this shit way too high. I hate this movie." <laughs> Dude, he lived to be like ninety or something. Yeah, he was ninety. Yeah. He died. He died. He was born in like nineteen oh nine or some <laughs> shit, and lived to the nineties. <laughs> you know, Fred had definitely had you know better moments in his career than you know. I mean, than this shit right here. I mean, he did he some did pretty do good a ju- bunch of movies. He hasn't I, done a I ton. I want to check out his sword and sandal movies because he did a couple of those, and that's he did a lot of uh, dark crime movies. I wouldn't call them giallos, but he definitely did some like crime thrillers. I'd like to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he did a couple pretty decent, you know, giallos and stuff. I mean, Double Face is pretty cool. It's got uh, um, Kinski in it. It's pretty interesting. Arrow released that one, and the Iguana with the Tongue of Fire is another really good one too. So. Um, but, you know, Freda will always be remembered as the guy that, you know, directed the very first, uh, you know, Italian commercialized horror film, which is I Vampire or a.k.a. Lust of the Vampire. So that's kind of a cool thing that Freda has underneath his belt that he can't be taken away from. With so, an asterisk on there. Yeah. So, I mean, probably should have done that movie, but in in hindsight, but it is what it is. Oh, I still actually, had fun. I've seen Caltiki. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that him and Bava kind of. You reviewed it on the show, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. well, that was the second one. I, Vampire, was before that, but it was the same situation where he kind of directed some of it, and then Bava directed some of it. How is the uh, cur- the witch's curse? 
Uh, I've never seen it. All right, that's uh, his. That might have been the one that was on. No, the ghost is on Amazon. Yeah, I, I've looked into uh, that. I don't know that. I don't know what that is actually. So, I'm not really too sure. It came out the same year as Hitchcock. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a different movie. I was thinking it was the, but I was like, no, that's a fucking Spanish film called The Witch's Curse. But don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Definitely not my favorite Italian director. Well, I will say, go back and see <laughs> I Vampire. I think you might really enjoy it. And, you know, even check out... Yeah, but know, am I want... giving Bob a credit for that one, or am I giving... Freya you know what? The way I perceive that, it's it's like the Fulci, Bruno Mattai thing. You know, Fulci always said that, you know, he directed, like, not even half the movie of uh, Zombie 3. But Bruno, Bruno Mattai has been on record in interviews saying, he's like, no, he just doesn't want to take credit for it. He's like, he directed, like, 70, 80% of the movie. I came in and did certain scenes, right? And... Matai is, you know, he's credited as directing most of it, but he didn't. He got sick towards the end of the film and stuff. So so that makes sense. So that's why everyone, I consider it to be a faulty film. And even Bruno Matai does. He's like, I just came in and and did what I had to do. It's a a faulty film. It's not my film. And as for Lust of the Vampire, um, rumor has it that he directed pretty much 80% of the film. So Baba came in and finished it. So. No. Uh, well, all I know is I had not seen any films by this director at all, which is why I chose him. And uh, I'm glad to know that the tragic ceremony exists because that movie was fucking amazing. Yeah, it's cool. interesting, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at least you, you took something away from it. That's cool, man. But again, you know, it's it's about showcasing these different Italian directors this month and stuff. And like mm-hmm. Jeremy, you know, his pick is very, very obscure um, with Roselli. So uh, mm-hmm. that'll be an interesting show, too. So, but I had know, to find year, him a non franchise. I actually already know what I'm <laughs> picking for next year. I actually already know what I'm doing. Me for too. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dick. You're a fucking dick. <laughs> um, next week we have, cause we haven't announced the rest of the, the season, but there's three more. Um, next week will be Aldo Lado. Aldo Lado. Um, featuring Mike Merriman. So Mike will be back on the show. Jeremy will be off the show. Um, not because he performs bad, but because he uh, has something <laughs> to work. To, to do uh we're doing the, the night train murders who saw her die and short night of glass dolls i'll be honest i watched the night train murders like like two days before you messaged me about this jp mm-hmm. and that's honestly that's the real reason i i chose to do this guy because well, mike, mike was a, mike was already train. on this show anyways like you read from the start so no, no i think no, it was, he wasn't no, i still had the option yeah, I Did gave you? Jerry the list of shows that were available. I think there were three so, available. So you didn't like the Night Train Murders? Man, I fucking I actually prefer that to okay, Last House so on the Left. Okay, so here's the thing. Next week. <laughs> I feel yeah, yeah, I'll, I, I feel like I accidentally because I was lazy and didn't go get my Blu-ray and I just watched it on Amazon Prime. So I feel like I watched a heavily edited version because there was no like fucking really any what, brutality in that what movie. D- what DVD did you watch? He watched uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Oh, on, I'm, even though oh, okay. I have the Blu-ray. I could have just got up yeah, to yeah. fucking five steps, gotten the Blu-ray, and fucking watched it on there. <laughs> but I didn't. I watched it on Amazon Prime, and I feel like I watched a heavily edited version because I did not have a good time. And I fucking love The Last House on the Lot. Yeah. All right. Well. Interesting. Thank you for coming on. Check out Kill the Cast. Um, Jerry did a really good job tonight. I'm I'm very. I knew you. I know you. I've recorded with you. These guys don't really know you that well. I know you're a great podcaster and and really uh, funny too. So 
I knew you were going to be good, but I'm glad the other guys, you really brought your A game, and I'm glad the other guys got oh, yeah, to see to make, it. To make JP laugh, man, holy shit, dude. This guy's fucking, he's rock. He's a fucking rock. Uh, you know, he does. He doesn't laugh at shit, man. Yeah, just Probably. call me a virgin eight thousand times to make sure you laugh. Yeah, I mean, even if we just... remade Revenge of the Nerds and casted Jeremy in the lead role, he would still not get laid, and that was technically right. Oh wow, <laughs> it's just brutal, man. Uh, All right, I need to go to sleep. So, Jerry, Jerry, do you have any? Do you have any selfish plugs that you want to do? Uh, JP just said, uh, "Check out Kill the Class," but kill the class, kill the cast, <laughs> kill the class. Uh, yeah, real quick uh, on the Kill the Cast feed, we also have uh, a few other sideshows like Jerry Hates Action, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Atomic Hates Awesome Derek and, and oh, I Jeremy, like that. stop oh, it, stop it, Jeremy. No, I'm doing it so people can't hear what he's saying. I know, but I, mean, that's I want fine, to say bitch. something. I'll send links. They can look um, in the description. The, uh, uh, also, I've been hitting YouTube pretty hard with some fucking horror yes, essays. I was going to mention those. Uh, go check those out. They've been a lot of fun to do. And uh, I'm going to have JP voice one here coming up soon. So it's nice. going to be fun. i got to write one for him. But uh, yeah, so Dude, check me what? out. Dude, so He's going to have to read that? Yes, yeah. I'm going to have I'll, him read I'll it, do it and record it. Um, why do you want? Why do you want him to do it? Why do you do, get somebody that can actually read and has a good voice? I have a good because voice Carly voice. wouldn't answer my fucking phone calls. <laughs> I got the voice, man. I'm not doing uh, it. Though. Fuck you. Jim <laughs> Moods do one. <laughs> I yeah, have he'll, he'll never. He'll never idea. ask me to do anything he ever. He did. He I asked didn't... the whole Fresh Cuts chat. <laughs> yeah, I literally. And I was like, like, yeah, oh, sure, I'll do one. Oh <laughs> no, dude, I haven't been paying attention to the chat much. <laughs> Since, yeah, since you only paid attention when I when I when I didn't know hockey. It's funny because that was the first time I clicked into that pretty much all day, yeah. and was like right at that moment I was like, "Well, come on, man, you got to be fucking with me." Right yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, check me out on Kill the Cast YouTube podcasting, all that kind of shit. Uh, JP just said he loves House of Wax. We just did House of Wax. Uh, we're about to do Mask of the Red Death, and then I'm going to try to knock out some Italian film for Italian Horror Month. On awesome. Kill the Cast before November's Jesus over. Jesus Christ, get on so, with it. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh, stop it. Jeremy, uh, before I go, I would like to say uh, you are a dried up dick looking cum guzzling son of a fuck face cocker spaniel. And thank <laughs> you for being on this show with me. I am so glad to be in your presence. <laughs> Maybe he you can come are, back next time. <laughs> um, a god among cunts. Oh, that's good to know. Thank you, Jerry. I still You're hate welcome. you. And fuck you. That's- that's fine. I created everything you're famous for now, bitch. So fucking accept it. <laughs> All right. Wrap it up, Jeremy. I got to go. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the 22 Shots of Moots and Horror Podcast. Oh, so if you want to follow the man Moots himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash moots 616. If you want to follow JP, you could do so on his channel at youtube.com slash double shot J. And if you want to follow my virgin ass, you could do so at youtube.com slash I think it's really 22. <laughs> And as always, please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shootshotspodcast. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com, search bar 22shots of Moots and Horror Podcast. If you have any questions, you leave a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina, patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. That should do it, everybody, for this week's episode of the 22 Shots of Moots and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with another week in Italian Horror Month. And as always, fuck Jerry.
Deuces. Awesome. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. We should probably move it along. That was a really, really long intro. So, JP, you got some uh, got some news for us? You motherfucking silent. <laughs> I like it. It just, like, announced that you it's were about the pur- to The purge. Is the annual purge has begun. It's okay, man. I can just make it. You can just wait for Is that thing going to stop any minute? Jeremy, you know? what are, Jeremy, what would you uh, do? Wow, that is really loud, dude. Holy fuck. Yeah, if you want to take a little pause for a minute. Like, that is really Ooh, fucking yeah. loud can on my end. Can we take a piss break? <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. What the hell is that? Ooh, it sounds like the, it does break? sound like the purge. Do, do you guys not have fucking fire whistles around you? Like I don't understand. What do you no, mean? No, we is don't it? live in the ghetto. It's like whenever some crime happens, there's fucking fire whistles. Okay, no, okay. That's just, that's just police sirens. Though. Moods, can I go take a piss? Go! You could have been back go. already. Jesus Christ! Hell yeah, you no, it takes a long time to get my dick out. It involves a microscope. 